Hello and welcome to the ninth annual Tupperware Award Show. I am, uh, it's the next morning after recording. I'm a little hungover right now, so yeah, that's going on. But last night what we did is we all got together and uh, we recorded uh, our favorites from the year 2021. And uh, yeah, had a good time. Had to cut out a few categories this year because we didn't read as many comic books as we would have liked. Didn't have any manga. I uh, didn't have a toy. So there were a few categories that were left off this year, but uh, probably a good thing because it's a long freaking episode. I didn't think it was going to go this long. I think I, I think a lot of that's my fault. I think I need to shut up. But anyway, had a great time talking with friends, going over our favorites for 2021. Just remember, like when you're listening, if you didn't hear one of your favorites listed, these are our favorites. And maybe we didn't watch that thing. And maybe you can still appreciate that thing, even though we didn't list it. Just... Just go with it, guys. This is our favorites of 2021. There's, uh, so just enjoy the episode. Have fun. And, uh, and I hope everyone has a happy new year with 2022. All right, guys. Enjoy the tuppies. Episode 408. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Something has crept or has been driven out of dark waters under the mountains. There are older and fallow things and orcs in the deep places of the world. And you're listening to one of them. This is Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. You shall not fast forward! Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're we're the Leftovers, leftovers and welcome to, Jake, this is the, uh, is this the ninth annual? Eighth or ninth? It's the ninth. It's the ninth, ninth annual Tupperware Awards show where we're heading out tuppies to our favorites of 2021. And what a year it was, Jake. What a year. Much better than last year. It was much better than last year. There was, especially like in the movie category and in the comic book movie category. Like, what was it last year? We're talking about New Mutants. Was it? <laughs> and, and Bloodshot. Bloodshot was the big winner last year. You know. <laughs> I am going to put an asterisk on this year's awards because Morbius did not come out. So I am putting an asterisk on this year's, Jake. Mm, we you all think know it could have been a contender. We all know the true winner would have been Morbius. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Yeah, yeah. I'm already. You know what? It's already my winner for next year. I'm just spoilers for next year's Tupperware Awards show. I'm just throwing it out there. across the board too. Right, Leto for Best Actor. I'm sure. Chick, let's not get carried away. 
<laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We are not alone. We do have some guests uh, joining us for the Tupperware Awards show. Uh, let's see here. First, we have Mr. Paul Hart from the Apple to Oranges podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on for my second Tuppies. I'm really excited for this. There you go. And uh, also returning for fourth or something, I can't remember. Rebecca Daling, welcome back. Hello. Thanks for having me. So excited. Ah, settle down there, Jesse Spano. I say it every time. I'm so scared. (laughs) (laughs) They're just caffeine pills. Okay, Jesse? Yeah, I know. That's all they were. It was just caffeine pills. Jesse needs to relax. Yeah, I know. She acts like she's on fucking opioids or something. She was a crackhead now. It's like, it's like caffeine pills. Relax, honey. I drink more coffee than yeah. that in the day. Well, the next is going to be the very special episode where Screech is sniffing pixie sticks. You know? Oh, it's- God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just set him down. <laughs> they did do, uh, on the new season of uh, Safe by the Bell on uh, on the cock, uh, the first episode <laughs> at the, at, yeah, Peacock the cock, at the very end. All right, class, settle down, settle down. All right. Um, I, I had a science teacher say that to me one time in class. The cock? No. <laughs> no, in, lo, no, listen, true story. Um, in sixth grade, um, fifth or sixth grade, we had science class and we were supposed to name body parts of the rabbit. And I didn't know that this was a, like a funny word at the time. And we had like a list of all like the different body parts. And she's like, you know, raise your hand and, give me a body part on the rabbit and like one of the parts labeled was the rectum and i didn't know what it meant (laughs) and so i said rectum and all the other kids started laughing and i didn't know why and she's like don't laugh that's what he wants and i'm like oh my god i know i was like i didn't know what i did wrong you fucking rectum bitch (laughs) (laughs) and listen no here's here's the funny thing her last name was cox (laughs) no No wonder she was quick to the trigger no shit your your fucking last name's the punchline you fucking bitch i couldn't stand her anyway yeah i didn't mean i didn't mean to do anything i just uh, wrecked him i didn't know what it meant and then when i looked at where it was on the rabbit i was like i I finally got it it took me about 10 minutes but i finally got it Ten minutes later, you start laughing in class isn't it weird just how like shit like that sticks with you it's crazy yeah, you weren't even trying to like get. I wasn't. Either. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do my one time where I contribute to this class. That way, she won't call me for anything else. And of course, I fucking name off the one fucking body part of this rabbit that's gonna get that fucking reaction from her. Oh boy, it's all about perception. That's how she perceived you already. So yeah. Oh, I know, I know, Mrs. Cox. <laughs> anyway. All right. No, happy to have Paul. Happy to have Rebecca here. Uh, we're going to be going over our uh, our uh, favorites of 2021. Jake, I was watching. I was watching. Uh, we're going to get to it. Chill out, people. We, let's. We're going to have fun. Um, <laughs> the people are like, oh, we are finally. Um, <laughs> I was watching Lethal Weapon for like the first time in years. Um, the other day, that movie is batshit fucking crazy. 
Yeah, I should give that a rewatch. I probably haven't seen that for 15, 20 years. Like it's no, like it's fucking nuts. Like, like it is just like right out of the gate. That movie is just throwing shit at you. Like from the beginning of the movie, like this young, uh, attractive blonde girl who's been hooking has, is that the correct term? Is that the PC term hooking, Jake? Is that what we say? What do we say? I don't know. What do we say uh, in 2021? I think there's a better term than hooking, but <laughs> it's escaping my mind right now. What, what do we say? What do we say in 2020? Escorting. Sex workers. Sex, oh, sex workers. Sex workers is the uh, best term. The here. best term. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, what did I hear for, uh, you can't call homeless people homeless people. You call them unhoused. But I heard another one that was good. Organic free-range human. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I never heard that one before. Well, I think that's where we should go. It shouldn't be unhoused. It should be organic free-range human. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm into it. I like yeah. it. I adopt it. Anyway, this movie is fucking nuts. So she, like, like does these drugs and then thinks she can fly and she jumps off the balcony on top of this guy's car. This She's dead. Literally, like, one of the next scenes is Danny Glover's entire family busts into the bathroom where he's in a, in a tub. He's naked in the tub. And his entire family, like, fucking rushes in there with a birthday cake and starts singing him happy birthday. And then they just proceed as he's naked in the tub to sing him happy birthday. Fully nude. Fully nude da- Danny Glover. It's like, there's, it's not like a huge bubble bath. There's like barely any bubbles there. Then the rest of the family leaves and his daughter has like this little talk with him for a couple moments. I'm just like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> All while still in the tub. Jake, he's in the tub the entire fucking time, naked, taking a bath. The entire family piles into the bathroom as a nude man is in the tub and they proceed to sing him happy birthday. Don't you think that there may be, it may be a better time to sing a man happy birthday than when he's in the tub naked? Maybe he normally runs away. They had to trap him in the tub just to get him to hear it. Now, don't make excuses for this. It's a naked man in a tub. and The, <laughs> the 80s that's, were a different time. No, no. <laughs> there is no – what planet is that normal? In what – no, I want you to put yourself in this situation. Oh, it's dad's birthday. He's in the tub. Let's go sing him happy birthday. Dad's dangles hanging out in the tub. Happy birthday to you. Come on. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> Does Glover like motion like, hey, go away? No. See him. <laughs> no. If it was up to him, they'd all jump in there with them. <laughs> Oh my! I'm not. It doesn't slow down from there. It does. It just keeps ramping up. The movie just keeps ramping up. It is insane. (laughs) Director of the year, Richard Donner. (laughs) Richard Donner for Lethal Weapon, 1987. It was fucking crazy. You can't make a movie like that today. It's so insane. For some reason, it's the second one that's clear in my mind. I don't. I don't know if that's the one I saw the most or what, but just the whole sitting on the toilet with the bomb yeah, scene. Yeah, that was in the Joe, that, Joe Pesci is introduced in that one. It was in the trailer. the 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 whole toilet bomb scene was in the trailer too, which made that scene very memorable. By the time you watch the movie, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, I love the second one too. I think it was played on um, H. Like when we got of age, it was on HBO the most. So that makes sense. And the third one's the Jet Li one. Third one's the Jet Li one. Yeah. And the and the fourth one's like the we're doing this five years too late. One. No, 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 no. The fourth one is the Jet Li one, and the third one was like, aren't they in a hockey rink at one time in the third one? 
Yeah, the third one is the we realized Joe Pesci is a hot character and now is in the entire movie one. And then Chris Rock joined him in that one too, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then Chris Rock and Joe Pesci both came back for the fourth one. Okay. All right. Anyway. Now that we got Joe Pesci does the okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Like over and over and over again. Oh, he's great in those movies. <laughs> I was thinking of this, like they're talking about doing Lethal Weapon 5. And Danny Glover in that first movie, he's it's his 50th birthday. So by the time that they do this movie, he's supposed to be like 90. Oh my gosh, you're, you're right. Right? <laughs> I think it's time to introduce time travel into the Lethal Weapon franchise. I think it should, I think, I think it should be called Lethal Injection and they just kill off the franchise. <laughs> I'm into, I'm into that. I'm into that. I'm so done with Lethal Weapon. I feel bad for Danny Glover, but Mel Gibson, eh. I don't need I don't need old man Glover and old man Gibson running around doing anything <laughs> like they're like oh my god it's ridiculous. The, uh, the poster itself is going to say I'm getting too old for this shit, right? It has to. The poster should just be falling down off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, the poster should be I am too old for this shit. <laughs> there you That's go. It. I there you reached go. it the moment I'm too old for it. <laughs> This movie's so tired and old, we didn't even de- we decided not to make a poster. <laughs> what's what's worse though, Lethal Weapon Five with the old guys or the reboot? I mean, I guess the reboot happened, right? It was like a TV show. Yeah, they did a TV show, and that went on for a few years. It was yeah. popular. One of the stars was like, yeah, he got canceled or something. Yeah, the guy really, that played Mel Gibson's character got canceled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real method actor, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Was it Damon Wayans in that show? Yeah, his his son, Damon Wayans Jr. I think it was Damon Wayans' son was in that show. Damon Wayans' well, son? Damon, I thought it was. Damon I thought it was Damon Wayans. What, what do I know? I never watched an episode of it. <laughs> I don't think it's Damon Wayans' son. I I I it, love. It was Damon Wayans. Yeah, Damon Wayans Jr. I, he's he's I love him and I. I love Damon Wayans too, but I never watched. I, I never watched it, but I'm pretty positive it was Damon Wayans. Yeah, I thought Damon we watched Wayans. the pilot for the podcast. I don't think we did. Oh, okay. And if yeah, it was Damon Wayans, because I watched the first couple, like I think I watched the whole show, and they replaced Mel Gibson with uh, I don't know his actual name, but the guy that played Stifler oh, in yeah. uh, American Pie, he came on as the lead. Is it Sean? Is it Sean William Scott? There you go. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. From the Goon franchise in American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> they made two Goon movies. Those are good movies. They are fun movies. It's got who's that? Who's that actor that's in there? She's in, she's doing the Star Trek thing too. That's a, she, her eyes are really close together. I can't watch too much of her. She's got her eyes are too close together. <laughs> gives and you it, a headache. It does. It gives me a headache. It makes me feel like my eyes are going to cross. Like they're going to just like. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. It does. It does bother me to watch. You know, people that don't have like some people have a face where like it looks like their eyes and their nose and their mouth are like all squished into the center of their face. Yeah, that's a uh, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, <laughs> that is very disturbing to me. Like I have a hard time watching people that look like that. And it's, I mean, like, I feel, I feel bad. like he can stare down at his mouth and look at it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, I feel bad. Like, you can't help, like, how your face looks. Like, you have what you have, but 
it's like when it's everything is squished into the middle. It's like, oh, I don't want to look at you for a long time. Oh, we can, you know, let's, we can celebrate people's weird faces. Let's do that. This is what this episode's about. <laughs> oh yeah, good. I'm so glad. I have a long list of people with weird faces. No, I'm the, so glad. the the actor I was thinking of, it's her name is Allison Pill. And All right, I'm looking it up. Oh yeah, yeah, she's on Picard. She's on Picard, and her eyes are really close together, and it makes my makes my eyes hurt when I look at her. Oh, uh, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, her eyes are. are it makes me feel like my eyes are going to keep crossing and just get stuck in it. <laughs> and I'm not joking. Whoa. Yeah, Jake, you're oh blown away. God. I know. It's like when I'm doing one of those things where I'm trying to make the sailboat appear. Uh, it's That's how my eyes feel looking at this. She's like, I think like every generation they get just get closer until like one of their like kids are going to be like a cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Anyway, yeah, this is a fun way to start the episode. I don't even know. We went from lethal weapon to I don't even know what. Uh, oh, we got a couple contests. I got to do the contest this week. Got it. I, I got it. It's I can't I can't go another week. Um. Yeah, this one, this first contest is for, uh, New York Homicide. Uh, gonna be giving away, Jake, we're gonna be giving away, uh, two or three of each of, uh, either beanies or scarves. For, so, I hope that the, I hope the beanie or scarves say New York Homicide right on them. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I want a New York Homicide beanie. Yeah. Can I win? Uh, Jake, if you enter the contest, you could win a New York Homicide beanie or scarf. Stay tuned. Yeah. Oxygen, the home for high-quality true crime programming, is diving deep into some of the most chilling murder cases in New York City's recent history. The new series, New York Homicide, details the brazen crimes that could only happen in New York and the intense work by law enforcement and civilians who race to take murderers off the streets. New York Homicide premieres Saturday, January 1st at 10 p.m. Eastern on Oxygen with subsequent new episodes airing Saturdays at 9 o'clock Eastern. And, uh, yeah, uh, all you need to do in, to win uh, either a uh, beanie or a scarf uh, is I'm going to be sending out a tweet and a Facebook post. All you got to do is retweet or share the post and take a screenshot, send it to me to contest at popcultureleftovers.com with the title New York Homicide. And uh, you could... God uh, damn, you made homicide sound so fun with that promo. It, homicide sounds like, it's a, it does sound like a blast when you, when you, when, <laughs> you know. Wouldn't it be crazy if like one of these people, the, the homicides was, they, they were, they were, they were choked to death, strangled to death, and it's on the oxygen network? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony. That is quite ironic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We never thought this could happen here, yeah. officer. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, the irony on the oxygen network. But, uh, yeah, feel free to enter that contest and you could win. It, it's the perfect time to have a New York Homicide scarf or beanie. It's cold out. Everyone agrees with me. Did I lose everyone? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I agree. <laughs> oh, I was trying to shut up there and let someone else speak, but that did not work. No, it's like every time from now. Thank <laughs> you. You can't trust our guests. It's like I say things and it's like they're mesmerized by like what weird shit I just said. They don't know how to react to it. They're like, where do we go? It, should I make a joke about death here? Maybe I shouldn't. Where is he going with this? Guys, I just wanted to find out if you agreed that it was cold outside and maybe a scarf or beanie would be, would be fitting for the uh, winter season. I got nothing. I got nothing. 
I'd like to see the beanie people have like a snowball fight against the scarf people. Like we're setting up a match here. Okay, Jake. I'm glad that, I, that, that now I now I feel like our guests and not knowing what to say. <laughs> Just I mean, trying to include you. I mean, like, there's a there's pros and cons to both. I feel like the scarf people would have the advantage of being able to stay out a little longer, but or I guess you could wrap the scarf around your hands to be able to throw more snowballs. I think the scarf team would win. Mm. I, I hadn't thought about the tail of the tape like that yet. You know? Yeah, yeah, just, you know, I'm, I'm, like, working out the mechanics of it, of it all. I think, I, th- I personally think that all the losers are the people that are present for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on to contest number two. Uh, this one is for the Commando. I got five digital codes for the Commando. <laughs> It's available now on digital and on demand in this edge of your seat thriller starring Michael Jai White and Mickey Rourke. An elite DEA agent must protect his family from money hungry criminals after finding three million dollars in their home. Buy or rent the commando and watch it today. It's rated R from Paramount Pictures. Uh, I'm going to be sending out a commando tweet and Facebook post. All you have to do, same rules here, people. You got to share the post or, or retweet the tweet. Take a screenshot proving that you did so. Send it to contest at popcultureleftovers.com with the title, The Commando. And you could win one of five digital codes for The Commando. Jake, got a question for you. Out of the two actors, Michael Jai White and Mickey Rourke, which one do you think actually goes commando <laughs> oh man i'm just mad you beat me to a going commando joke um <laughs> I, it's gotta be mickey rourke he seems the type oh it, it's a hundred percent mickey rourke yeah that, that guy probably hasn't worn underwear in like 10 years <laughs> <laughs> it's unanimous it's mickey rourke yeah, it's mickey. <laughs> also i thought for a second that it was the contest was for Commando, the movie from uh, the 80s with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Alyssa Milano. And I got very excited. And then I'm like, me oh, it's too. a different thing. Oh, me too. I was so excited. I thought, oh, maybe like there's a new enhanced like digital version. Director's coming cut. Thanks. Yeah. Thank- yeah, I appreciate you guys doing this <laughs> when we're trying to promote this movie. Thank oh, you. But this sounds so much better. Yeah, no, that <laughs> sounds so much Who would want that movie? I, yeah, right. <laughs> Mickey Rourke, yeah. Mickey Rourke was great in The Wrestler. I don't care what oh, anybody says. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, he was. Yeah. All right, guys. So uh, enter the Commando Contest. And uh, I, I can tell that Rebecca and Paul are both excited, and they're both going to enter. So, I I have two kids very excited from last week when we won Clifford the Big Red Dog. Well, wait until they watch the Commando. <laughs> I can't wait for that. <laughs> they can daydream about what they're going to do with that three million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh man, Jake, this week has just been a nightmare for me as far as like, I talked to you earlier in the week, I've had eye issues all week with, and it feels like there's an eyelash in there scraping my eye and I had to, and so I had to buy the, I had to buy these expensive eye drops and now I've just been applying, uh, different types of eye drops to my eye over the past couple of days and it's helping. But I think I don't know if it's like the air being so dry. Is that can that can that affect your eyes and make it feel like they're all cut up and shit? 
I don't think so. When the air gets really dry, I get kind of eye twitchy, but it doesn't have that. Like I've had that eyelash and an eyelid feel. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I th- out of the last I don't think six, dry air can do that. Out of the last six nights, go right before I went to bed, three of those nights I've had that, and it's just been a nightmare for me. Just been a fucking nightmare for me. Yeah, it's almost a good thing it was the Tupperware week, and you didn't have to like watch twelve things. No shit. No shit. Speaking of eyes, have you ever cried tears of joy, Jake? Oh, definitely. Ever, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever cried. Like, I think I have. I think I have. Like tears of joy. Apologies. It hits me in movies a lot, honestly. Like sometimes uh, okay. something makes me so happy I cry. Yeah, I'm talking about like real life, like something in my life, tears of joy. I always get manipulated yeah. by movies. Movies always manipulate me. I think that counts. Those are tears of joy. That's the emotion. Yeah. 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 It's just like, if you take those away, maybe I haven't. Those are just, you know, our lives are so pathetic that those are our tears of joy. (laughs) Other people's fictional lives. I actually did have tears of joy this week and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to clue you in here on, on what it was, but that'll be Rebecca. You ever had tears of joy, tears of joy? Yeah, I have like in a, in a real life situation. I, I definitely have. That's cool. Paul. Oh yeah, real life situation. Wow, you, they, Jake, these guys—they live more full lives than us, apparently. Jake. Yeah, I want to watch their movies. Though. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I cried tears of joy when I read this on Reddit this week. It was titled, "Am I the only woman who likes jackhammering?" <laughs> <laughs> that can't be true. And it goes, no, this is one hundred percent true. No, no, I believe the Reddit's true. I, I, I think she has friends out there. She, and it goes. I, 21-year-old female, just saw a TikTok from a woman begging men to stop jackhammering, and all the comments were in agreement. I looked up what that meant, and it looks like it's being fucked really hard and fast, which all women hate. So men need to stop doing it. And she goes on to say, ugh, that's my favorite. That's how I finish. Finger banging too. I can't explain it, but I can finish over and over with jackhammering, and I love it. Is there something wrong with me? And then, Jake, dude, if I'm twenty, if I'm twenty years old and I'm reading that, dude, are you putting a finger? Are you putting a ring on that finger? You putting a <laughs> ring on it? You're twenty. Yeah, at least making a move. You're twenty years old. You putting a ring on? You gotta, dude. See, yeah. What do you, what, Paul? What do you think? You putting a ring on it? Hundred percent. When you're twenty, when you're twenty, like now, that sounds like a nightmare for me. Well, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> like, 20, now it's like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, because you're like, like we're just like we're just horn dogs. Get the Elvis Justice of the Peace right now. Like, when I was man. when I was twenty, I just woke up to my hips gyrating. You know, like <laughs> I'm just and now my leg hurts already. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like now it's like I want her to do all the work. <laughs> This is a nightmare for Rebecca. Rebecca's just, <laughs> this is a nightmare for her. Wait, no, wait, how old was this person that posted? She said she's 21. 21. She loves the jackhammering. Loves yeah, the jackhammering. Honey, wait till you're 40. You're going to feel a lot differently about a lot of things. Oh, no, I think, I think, no, this is what gets her off. She's like, this is what no, fucking gets her off. Is that's the ja- cool for her, yeah. I think when she's like 40, she's probably going to be seeing younger guys because there's like not a lot of guys like in their 40s and 50s that are, that are just going to be jackhammering. 
Well, yeah, I mean, if she's if she's gonna continue to like that, she's gonna have to uh, become a cougar pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> so she can keep up, you know, the jackhammering. <laughs> oh my! I just thought, I thought it was a beautiful thing when I read that. I was just like, oh my god! Finally, finally, one of these women you know, stepping up, yeah, stepping up and saying, "Yeah, I like the jackhammer. I like the jackhammer." Until you read the description, I was taking it a hundred percent literal. I thought she was really into like construction. No, are you <laughs> are you serious? I, yeah, I'm not making a joke. Oh my god, I thought you would. I was like, oh, this is a sex thing. I, I I thought she was just into drilling, and I'm like, oh, there's got to be a lot of women that are into doing that. <laughs> oh, Jake. <laughs> Jake, you're so wholesome. I love that. <laughs> I'm actually let down, Jake. <laughs> oh, now it's tears of sadness. <laughs> no, so I, I I enjoyed what it ended up really being about. Like it, it made sense. I was like, this seems. I don't know where the comedy is going to be here, but mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> I thought we were going to take the construction into the sex zone. I didn't realize we were starting in the sex zone. Oh, oh, Jake's got his tool belt on. He was like, finally, I'm being appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put my hard hat away now. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, Are we, have we got it all out of our system? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so, I was deciding whether or not I should admit to that, but that that is a hundred percent a true story. That is crazy to be. I thought you would immediately gone. I thought you would, your brain would have immediately gone to the perverted portion. No. It's like okay, we're gonna talk about construction. Yeah, like okay, Bob Vila, what the fuck? I don't. The Even f- when I said, "Oh, I bet there's a bunch of girls that are into that or whatever," I I meant that. I thought I was like, "Oh, there's got to be a bunch of people that like doing drilling." Oh my gosh, Jake, Jake's like Jake's thinking of that movie Armageddon. You like all them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put this girl on the team. Send her to the moon. Oh boy, that was a boys' club. Were there any women on the team? Mm, no, that's a re- oh, that's the that's the 2022 reboot. There, it's the all female Armageddon, right, oh, Jake? God. <laughs> We're doing yeah. that. Let's remake. Let's remake Armageddon. We've got a big meteor going to hit the Earth, and all the fem- the best female drillers go up to space. Fucking Sandy B and uh, <laughs> San- Sandra Bullock, Melissa McCarthy. Sandra Bullock can be our new Bruce Willis. Yeah, Melissa. I was going to say Sigourney Weaver. As oh, a- I like it. I we like got it. Ronda Rousey out there. She's going to make that meteorite tap out, man. She said, you know. <laughs> and then Gina Carano will be in the generic B version. You know, it's not. It's. <laughs> they didn't get her for the actual Armageddon reboot. They got her for like the the shitty the sci-fi channel. The sci-fi channel one. <laughs> uh, okay let's see here uh i don't even uh, let, let me okay let me uh, i need to play a bumper to make sure you guys can hear oh i'm gonna pause all right we're back uh yeah the bumpers are working so we're gonna jump into video game first category everybody video game of the year video game of the year Welcome to Video Land. Welcome to Castle Beach. It's Congo Land. 
Jungle Land, Jake. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, I sold my Captain N to Mega Replay this year, like the complete series on DVD. Yeah. They gave me eighty bucks cash for that. Uh, how much is it going for? Oh, I, it's got to be a ton. Yeah, if they're giving you eighty bucks for it. I just didn't care. I went online and it was easy to find it all online. And the box set was actually a lie. It says the complete series, but it's missing the third season, which was only six episodes. But it has the Final Fantasy episode, which is one of my favorites. Hmm. Okay. So I was like, Fuck this box set. My it, my OCD was bothered by it saying the complete series and missing six episodes. Okay. All right. So what's your- <laughs> sorry. Mega high. Mega high. <laughs> Mega tracheotomy. Ah. <laughs> Uh, what's your what? Uh, yeah, let's start off with uh, Paul. What's your what's your video games? Uh, I just have a winner, so I don't know if I should wait for everybody else's honorable mentions and nominees. Well, what, how, yeah. Here's the rules. What we do is we start off with our runners up, and then we uh, all do our third place, second place, and then our winners, and then we give our honorable mentions. So, what, however you want to do it, Paul. Uh, well, yeah. No, I'll I'll just say right off the bat and. Uh, it's the only game I played this year. But <laughs> wow, it is, it's by, uh, de- by default the winner is. <laughs> but like, it, it, it mine is, Paul, mine is gonna be Woody Puzzle on my phone, which I, <laughs> <laughs> I play Tap, tap cookies. Mine is Solitaire Cash then. Um, no, uh, it's, it's the, it's the new Mario Golf game for, on uh, the Nintendo Switch. I loved it when it was on GameCube and this new one came out. And, I mean, whatever, I don't even care, but, like, a lot of the fun of it was playing with, like, Marable and Jake and seeing my son Emmett get pissed whenever Jake would do, like, a power move and knock his fucking ball right off of the green. So, Mario Golf is my game of the year. Yeah, Mario Golf is my third place, and yeah, Paul is right, I am ruthless, I don't care how old you are, we're playing for wins on Mario Golf. <laughs> I don't got to deal with the kid after the game, so I don't give a shit. No. <laughs> um, yeah, Mario Golf is my third place. I put Metroid Dread as my second place. It's just a return to form for Metroid. Um, I've always been a big fan, but I'm not too much into the first-person shooter games, and that's really all the Metroid games have been for 10 to 12 years now, except for a few uh, Game Boy games scattered in between and this was just a return to form, a modern Metroid game that was back to being 2D. And, man, it's just so much fun. It gives me a little bit of anxiety just talking about the game. It just gets you on edge so well. And then my uh, my winner is going to be uh, Super Mario Party Superstars. Um, huh. It is the new Mario Party game. Um, I'm just really happy with this game. Uh, the last Mario Party game, which came out less than a year ago, was the worst Mario Party game ever made, in my opinion. It relied on motion controls for almost every game. A lot of the classic rules were changed up a bit. And I feel like Nintendo heard a lot of people complaining and very quickly gave us a proper Mario Party game less than a year later, which may be the best Mario Party game I've ever played. They take the best games from all previous 10 Mario Party games, put those in the pool, no motion control games. It's the classic board game style with the stars moving around. There's going to be DLC coming later this year. So we're going to get more boards and more games. Uh, just so much fun. And the same thing as Paul was saying, I've been playing a lot of online games with different leftover army people. 
uh, me and Billy Blanks have played a shit ton of Mario Party. It's been so much fucking fun. I like how you call him Billy Blanks and not Billy, Billy Blanks. Blanks. Bing bong. It's uh, it's Billy Blanks, Jake. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Billy. Billy Blanks is the the guy who can't impregnate his wife, and so <laughs> that's a that's a completely different guy. <laughs> Poor and, Billy. Yeah, our hearts go out to Billy Blanks. <laughs> Yeah, Paul, I, I think you got this Mario Party game. For some reason, we can't line up a time where we can play with you yet, you yet so can't yeah, wait for I that to happen. I haven't played it yet. Just Emmett will come in, and when he earns video game time, that's all he plays. But I feel like I need to practice before I step into the big leagues with you guys because, like I said, I know how you play Mario Golf. I, I need to be at my A, a game. The, the only way you're going to get better is if you play people that are better than you, Paul. No, no. It's the only way you get better. You're right. You're it's right. The same, like it's, the same, it's, it's the same with pool when you play pool. Yeah. Remember, Jake, remember when people this... used to play games in person? When they used to be in the same room and play games like on a table or on a board? Oh, I still oh. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love board games. Yeah. Oh, it's one of my favorite things. That's one thing I miss. I would always go to the comic book store and they would have like a game night and they'd pick a random board game. And play it, but like the DLC for Mario Golf is one of the reasons why I love it, Jake. And how they would just randomly just drop new new stuff in. Like, I love yeah, it. we've really been talking about adding money to the mix for Mario Party, playing uh, games five dollars a piece. I'm out. Like, be a lot of fun. <laughs> the, the best thing about Mario Party is you could be the worst player and still win. There's always that element of random craziness. Okay. Oh god! I hope you lose every game, Jake. I hope you are so. <laughs> I, I, I hope. I hope Billy Blanks takes all your money. <laughs> Damn it! Emmett's gonna have to do a lot of chores to pay you up. <laughs> uh, we played a live game with my uh, brother and sister-in-law, and me and Michelle shared a controller because we had five of us, and we were in last place the entire game. And then with one turn left, I landed on a space that we switched stars with my sister-in-law and. Uh, Michelle was on my team, and she seemed kind of upset about how we won that one. It was pretty fantastic. So, oh, good times. It's amazing, Jake. I, I talked about tears of joy earlier. <laughs> 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 you did it, buddy. <laughs> I'm over here tearing up. Um, all right, let, can we, let's move on to our next category. I think Rebecca fell asleep. No, I thought, oh what's, what's Rebecca's video game of the year? Uh, well, I'm really into this Sudoku app on my phone, so I guess that's that's it. I don't play video games, guys. I'm I'm sorry that I never have a I never have anything for this category. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to come up with anything either. I I don't play a lot. I play like this Woody Puzzle, which is like a Tetris type game on my phone. I love that game. I used to play that one. Yeah, I play that was so much fun. I'll watch Friends every night. I'm on like season nine, and I'll just play Woody Puzzle the entire time. So anyway, let's move on to uh, best animated television show of the year. Best animated show of the year. Legend, dangerous. Dark Queen, 
All right. Paul, do you have any uh, runners-up that you'd like to go over? Yeah, I got one honorable mention and three runners-up. I got Great North, which I've seen a few, but I really is this a, Is this your runner-up? Uh, this is my honorable mention. Go, do, we'll do honorable mentions after we give our winners at the very end. It'll make it a lot easier for me. Oh, okay. So just, <laughs> Did I lose you? It's like we give our <laughs> winners, so... and it, we give our winners, and at the very end, we give our honorable mentions. I so think I, I, I my winner right now. No, 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 no. Give your give. <laughs> hold on, guys. This is what we'll do. We give our runners up. Then you can give your third place, your second place, and then your winner, and then. After we're all done, you can just give honorable mentions. After you give your winner, you can give your honorable mentions at that time. Oh, okay. Well, then, uh, all right. So I fucked that up. <laughs> I, I'll do my, I got three runners up. Okay. No, got, <laughs> you can. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Let me pause. All right. We got to figure it out. <laughs> okay. We did it. <laughs> we got the blackboard out. We got the chalk out. Brian's <laughs> like the guy with the whiteboard and the red tape going between mm. the Got some circles and arrows over here. Yeah, uh, Venn diagrams. Mm. I just did a line of cocaine. That's all I did. I don't know. Cocaine. <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul, you're going to give us your third place. Yes, it is Harriet the Spy on Apple TV. It's a really fun uh, show that's for the whole family. It takes the spy we all kind of read about when we were kids, and it really is a fun – like, I mean, obviously, I don't think you're going to watch it if you don't have kids, especially, like, a young girl, but it was a really fun show. So Harriet the Spy is my third-place animated show of the year. All right, Rebecca, I, yeah, I that one – I missed that one. I don't have any kids. I'm not watching Harriet <laughs> the Spy, so I missed that one completely. Uh, Rebecca, what's your third place? Uh, my third place is uh, Marvel's What If. Um, I really loved it. I thought it was uh, thought it was a fun anthology series that came together towards the end to tell a full story. Um, I thought the animation was great, and uh, that first episode of uh, you know What If Peggy Carter got the Super Soldier Serum just like reinvigorated people's love for the Agent Carter series and the calls for pe- for Disney Plus to give us more Agent Carter, whether it be live action or animated. Um, and I think probably the episode with Doctor Strange may have been one of the most just incredibly sad and just Doctor Who-ish type episodes of TV I've ever seen. And it really moved me to tears. Uh, but yeah, so that's my third place is the Marvel What If series. That's one I got to finish. I don't know. I just haven't, I just haven't, I haven't gotten back on that one. Yo, What If. Um, Jake. Yeah, Marvel What If is actually my third place as well. I just thought it was a lot of fun. Marvel doesn't really have the best track record with animated shows, and I thought this was easily one of their best outings in that field. Um, yeah, it just, I'm, we've seen a lot of potential for some of these characters coming back, 
in maybe future projects has kind of really spiced this up for me too. Uh, this is just a really fun show. I even liked a lot of the middle episodes that people thought were kind of the shittier episodes. I, I was a really big fan of the uh, Avengers murder mystery episode, the who is killing all the Avengers. And I, I did not see the end coming. I thought that episode was a lot of fun. Maybe my favorite. Um, I love yeah, that episode. Yeah. The Doctor Strange stuff was really great. And it was really cool how the whole thing ended with kind of one storyline like it really didn't feel like it was this ongoing story that was going to get wrapped up with the final episode but it actually makes a pretty decent attempt at doing that and that was a lot of fun i didn't see that coming i thought it would just be like a tales from the crypt every episode something completely different and the last episode was pretty shocking that they went a different direction with that so a lot of fun uh, my third place is actually an anime that i watched this year that i absolutely loved uh jujitsu kaisen um, and it's, uh, it follows a, uh, high school student by the name of Yuji who joins a justice, uh, of, uh, uh, excuse me, a jiu-jitsu sorcerer group. And they're trying to kill this evil Sakuna, uh, who becomes the host of Yuji who like now inhabits his body. So like half of the time he's Yuji, this high school student, and half of the time, uh, Sakuna takes over his body and it's a fucking dope anime. So Jujutsu Kaisen's my number third. Jujutsu Kaisen is one of Michelle's favorite shows of all time. Did I tell you this? No. She is in love with that show. She is commiserating because the movie is out, but six months early overseas and we don't get the dub for quite a long time. Oh, wow. And uh, she's she's already kind of seen. She's such a big fan that she can't avoid spoilers for six months. So she's seen all this movie stuff and getting really, really excited. So, yeah, Yeah. I think season two is coming this year for that. I can't wait. I fucking, I love Jujutsu Kaisen. It's really good. It's really good. Um, Paul, what's your second place animated television show? My second place is Central Park, which is also from Apple TV. Um, It's from uh, the creators of Bob's Burgers, so the animation is almost identical. But it's got a strong cast uh, with um, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. and Stanley Tucci. Like, if you really like Bob's Burgers and you really enjoy the songs that come on once in a while in Bob's Burgers, like Central Park is a full-blown animated musical so i i think it's awesome i've always loved bob's burgers and this one is just it's hilarious it's heartfelt and stanley tucci as the old lady is just fantastic all right rebecca what's uh what's your second my second is masters of the universe revelation the kevin smith animated he-man show um if no one's seen the second half of the first season, I am going to talk a little spoilers. So this is your warning. Oh, the... No, I haven't. Oh, then I will not <laughs> talk spoilers. I will not. Um, I'm two up. Ep- I'm two episodes in. I apologize. No, no, that's cool. That I don't want to spoil anything for you. Then um, I um, th- this show leaps and bounds beyond that original He-Man show. I mean, I grew up watching it. I know you did too, Brian and and Jake. I'm sure you watched and Paul probably too. Like, um, there's some nostalgic love, of course, for that stuff. But when you go back and watch as an adult, it is not good. This is leaps and bounds beyond that first part of the season where they do take He-Man out of it. Uh, I, I get why people were upset about that, but... I love that Kevin Smith basically came out and said, 
come on, guys, you can't imagine I'm not going to give you He-Man at all in this thing. Um, and I love that they made Tila sort of the main character here. Um, I love what they did with Evil Lynn. I love what they did with Orko. And Orko was a character I absolutely hated in the original series. I thought he was so dumb. But I love what they did here. They took these side characters from being just like window dressing in the fur in that original series and really gave these characters depth and development and backstory and no spoilers for the second half. Um, I just feel like this show sticks the landing in so many ways. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I hope you finish it soon, Brian, and, and, and give us your thoughts on how you liked the whole thing. But I, I, that, that's my second choice for this year. Oh, great choice. Yeah. Um, Jake, what's your number two? Yeah, I don't know if this is cheating or not, but my number two is Saturday Morning All-Star Hits, something we actually watched just very recently. Uh, it's mostly animated, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it counts. I didn't, watch a, I didn't watch a ton of animated stuff, and a lot of the stuff I watched, I didn't I didn't Tupperware. So I, I have a hard time giving Tuppies to things I don't Tupperware. And this this was one of the few animated shows I watched that made that list. So I... I'm going to give the second place. I thought Kyle Mooney was really hilarious here, kind of getting to do a thing on Netflix and not be censored, like like the stuff he writes for SNL. Um, just a lot of fun. All the animated stuff was just so hilarious. I love the creative critters and uh, the Randy cartoon and such great voice acting. I, I was shocked to see Paul Rudd or hear Paul Rudd. When he started talking, I didn't read the cast before I watched the show. So just hearing everyone's voices, it was kind of that fun game of guessing who everyone was. But you, he stands out immediately. But yeah, I gave my second place to uh, Saturday Morning All-Star Hits on Netflix. Uh, my second place is uh, Invincible on Amazon Prime. Um you know, based off the comic book, and uh, it's about the uh, 17-year-old boy, Mark Grayson, and his father is the you know biggest superhero uh in in the world uh kind of like a superman figure and uh once uh he turns 17 uh mark starts to find his own powers and uh then finds himself uh you know um in a in a position where you know things aren't always what he thought they were and uh his father might not be you know the, his father might be more of a villain than a, than a hero. And, uh, he battles all these different aliens. It's got an amazing voice cast. Um, Sandra Oh, J.K. Simmons, Stephen Yan. I mean, the, the voice cast goes on and on and on. And, um, I love this show. So yeah, Invincible, uh, on Amazon Prime is, uh, number two for me. So, uh, Paul, uh, what's your, what's your winner? My winner is Invincible on, uh, Amazon Prime Video. I I didn't know anything about that show until it dropped. I didn't know anything about the comic, and those first three episodes just I was mesmerized by the voice cast, the animation. Um, I was shocked by how much gore was in this show, like how much blood and kill. Like it's a it's one of the most brutal shows I've ever seen, but. None of that, like, some of it's used for shock value, but, like, it tells just this fantastic, you know, like, this fantastic take on being a superhero. And I just, I, especially that finale was just amazing. I loved it so much. I went and I read all the trades and all that, like, pretty much that week, and it was just, 
you know, there's some things they kind of go away from in the comic, but it's pretty true to it. So it's it's a really great show. That is my winner of the year. That's a great choice. I lo- yeah, I love that show. Fucking fantastic. I can't wait for season two. Um, Rebecca, what's your winner? My winner is going to be Star Trek Prodigy this year. Um, this is a show that actually is uh, through Nickelodeon. It is a show that is geared more to kids. Um, I started watching it because it's Star Trek, and I will watch anything Star Trek, of course. And uh, I found myself falling in love with this show, in love with the animation, in love with the characters that we meet. Um the big uh, thing, of course, is that Kate Mulgrew has come back to voice Captain Janeway. She is a hologram on uh, this prototype Federation starship that these random group of kids, or I shouldn't say kids, they're not all kids, some of them are kids, um, they were slaves on a planet, they find this Federation starship, they get it going, and they escape. And their only guide on this is this hologram of Catherine Janeway, who is designed to, like, she thinks that they're Starfleet recruits and that she's, like, helping them on their mission to, like, you know, get to Federation space, et cetera, et cetera. And along the way, like, these kids have to come together as a crew. These kids have trauma from being slaves and from things that have happened to them in their lives. Um and there's some really cool throwback aliens from the original series that show up here, which is super exciting for me as a big fan. And um, the episode that just dropped this week um, is full of just old Trek goodies for all the old time Star Trek fans. Yes, this show is geared for kids, but I think there's so much here to love for an adult Star Trek fan. If you've got kids and you want to introduce them to Star Trek, this is a great show to start. And the voice work is so good here. Jason Mansukis does, I think, some of his best voice work. He's done a, a lot of stuff, like, on Big Mouth. But this is, like, I think, to me, some of his best work I've ever heard him do. That is my number one for this year. All right. Uh, Jake, what's your number one? Yeah, my winner for best animated show this year is going to be Star Wars Visions. Um, I was in a bit of a Star Wars rut with the double whammy of uh, Solo and Episode Nine. I mean, Mando, of course, was fantastic, but the last thing you see is kind of the thing that sticks with you, right? And so this really brought my love for Star Wars back. It's uh, basically nine short films produced by seven different Japanese animation studios, each one telling its own original story based on and set within the Star Wars universe. Now, none of this is canon, which makes it so they can kind of do anything and do any style and any story, which I, I really appreciate. And it was fun to see just how creative you can get with the Star Wars license and how much fun you can have when you kind of let loose with the rules a little bit. I mean, you get everything here from a black and white Jedi samurai fight to almost a heavy metal movie-esque rock band traveling the galaxy and doing the things there. And it's, it's just so cool. You never know what you're going to get. It's a real mixed grab bag. Every episode looks completely different than the last episode. Not only tonally is it different, but it just looks completely different. Like the only thing I can really think to compare it to is maybe like the Animatrix kind of did the same thing as well, where it's all these different short films in completely different styles. And 
yeah, this was just so much fun. I've actually watched through this twice now and probably will again within the next couple months. It's just one of those things I like to put on and it's, it's brain candy for me. I, I love it so much. One of the best uses of the Star Wars license I've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah, I haven't watched that one yet either. <laughs> oh, I suck. <laughs> I feel like you will really like it. I mean, yeah. it, it's an anthology series, so obviously some episodes are better than others, but the ones that really hit are really going to hit for you. Yeah, I should watch that one. I definitely should watch that one. Um, my uh, my winner for Best Animated uh, Television Show of the Year is To Your Eternity, uh, Season 1, uh, which I watched on the Verve app. You can also watch it on Crunchyroll. And uh, it's about uh, this immortal being who comes to our planet and takes on multiple forms and learns about our learns about our world. Um, starts off like very kind of like Starman Jake, if you've ever you know that movie yeah. from the eighties. Um, he he starts off as a rock, and then a a wolf is injured and drops dead next to him, and then he takes on the form of this wolf that died, and then he comes across this white-haired village boy named Fushi um, who uh, had a relationship with this white wolf when it was still alive. And even the boy notices, like, the wolf is acting different because now it's inhabited by this alien. And and what ends up happening is the boy ends up dying. And so now he takes on the form as the boy. And you're watching him over different uh, over different years – um, as he is meeting different people that have different abilities, and if they die, he is then able to take on their form. And it is, it is an incredible fucking story. It is so good, and I love the characters that he comes across. There's an episode that got me super emotional this year, um, with Two Year Eternity. I, I am in love with this anime, and I hope we get Is a, that a sub, Brian? Uh, it's, uh, it is sub. I think after they've been out for like a month, you you can wait and get the dub. So okay, okay. It might be it might be dubbed now. Uh, but I I was watching it as it was subbed because I could not I could not wait to to watch it every week. But yeah, Two Year Eternity is my number one animated show of the year. Um, it is it is phenomenal. Um, there's he can turn into like this gigantic white bear. Um, named Oniguma, and this thing is just fucking massive. It is so cool. Um, you can also turn into this little girl. I think her name is Rachel, and she's a really good climber. And and oh my god, it, Jake, you, I think you would love this if you gave it a chance. Yeah, I put it. I'm making a list this episode of things you guys give awards to that I haven't seen, and this is the first thing I've added to that list. Yeah, he he battles like these. They're almost like like an earth elemental. They they're called knockers, and they can take over trees and rocks and things on Earth. And he's battling the knockers, but he's always Fushi is always being um, instructed by like this cloaked figure in all black that is, you know trying to groom him and guide him into doing what it wants. And Fushi is always like going against the grain of this thing's wishes. So it's a wild fucking show. It's so good. But um, yeah, let's move on. Oh, uh, let's move to Paul. I want you to get your, tell me your uh, animated television show, of the year honorable mentions. It was just great North. Um, I enjoyed that one. I love Nick Offerman. 
I only watched a couple episodes, but I was I just had a fun time with it. It was a nice little change of pace. What is it? I don't even know what that is. Ah, uh, man, it's. I watched it when it first came out. It's just uh That's the thing. That's the thing with the Tupperwares. Half of the shit we watched early in the year, I can't even remember half of it. Yeah. No. <laughs> All I know is that I fucking loved it, you know? Like that's the thing. It's like we watched so much shit in a year. By the time we get to the end of the year, it's like I remember loving this. I don't know what it's about at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> like it's a single dad who lives in Alaska. And Nick Offerman is the voice of the dad, and his kids are kind of outcasts, like Jenny Slate's one of his daughters. It was just a fun, feel-good type of cartoon show. It was was really cool. All right. Rebecca, you have any uh, honorable mentions? Yeah, I've got two honorable mentions. Uh, Invincible, which uh, we've given a lot of love to already. I absolutely loved the show. I thought it was... I thought it was just great. The voice work, I agree, is so good. And um, the gore, the violence, um, the sort of the idea of, like, what if Superman went rogue is is definitely explored. Um, absolutely loved it. My other honorable mention this year is going to be Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2, which, uh, as much as I enjoyed Season 1, I thought Season 2 was even better, even funnier, uh, great plots, and continuing just really great voice work. Uh, those are my honorable mentions. Jake, what are your honorable mentions? I need to watch Lower Deck Season 2. I, I love the first season. I haven't watched a single episode of, uh, of yeah, Season it's, 2. It's worth it. I mean, if you love Season 1, I think you're going to even – I think you're going to love season, season 2 even more. I just have two honorable mentions. Uh, I put down 10-year-old Tom on HBO Max. I thought this was a really funny cartoon. I, I'm usually not the biggest fan of this style of humor, but just something about the voice acting and the lead character here and just how he was almost like a 40-year-old man trapped in a 10-year-old's body uh, just really cracked me up. Uh, a lot of fun, goofy side-supporting did characters. You, did, you ta- well. did you taste or high taste that one? I believe I high-tasted it, but I did finish the whole series, which is <laughs> – a feat for me and the fact that i watched all the episodes i i definitely liked it it's an honorable mention too i'm not all right okay i'm not asking you to walk back your fucking bullshit high taste no yeah i I still (laughs) do not tupperware this show it is a very high taste i still do tupperware it (laughs) um and my second honorable mention is uh miss kobayashi's dragon maid season two was this year Uh, i was a big fan of the first season the second season was just as hilarious this is just a ridiculous anime where a dragon is adopted by a human and serves as her maid and you see it's like slice of life mixed with dragon mythology it's very wild and only the kind of thing you'll see in in anime um just a lot of goofy fun all right um i've got uh a few honorable mentions here uh solar opposites season two on hulu uh from the rick and morty guys uh yeah i absolutely love solar opposites season two thought it was a lot of fun um uh, 10 year old Tom is also on the list for me. Uh, Tupperware. I love that show, Jake. It is just so brilliant. It is so funny. It is great. It is great. Um, and then, uh, F is for family season five. Uh, the final season for, uh, Bill Burr's animated, uh, show on Netflix. Um, it was, uh, season three was my least favorite, but seasons four and five came back and, uh, were fantastic. So I Tupperware the season and I Tupperware and I give it, uh, an honorable mention. Um, 
Yeah, and if you love Bill Burr, I highly recommend F is for Family. All right, let's jump into Animated Movie of the Year. The Animated Movie of the Year. Drink the drink. But I don't want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. Listen, when I say I do, that means I do. To infinity. And beyond! We going in there? Yep. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney? Yep. We're gonna just swim straight. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Sorry. All right. Paul, jump into your animated movie of the year. Do you have a third place? I do, and it is the bat is Batman: The Long Halloween Parts One and Two. Um, that original comic arc run is my is one of my favorite Batman stories. I mean, there are a little issues with it, but I really, I really enjoyed it. I love Jensen Ackles as Batman. Uh, Jack Wade is in it. Uh, kind of a gut punch at the end because Catwoman is played by Naya Rivera, who passed away. Uh, in like a drowning accident, but I had a lot of fun with this movie. I thought it was really cool. The animation was great, and it really paid great homage to one of his, like, one of the comic books that really shines his detective skills. So The Long Halloween Parts 1 and 2 is my third place. I never watched the second part of that, Paul. (laughs) I get it. No, I enjoyed the first part. I just never got around to watching part two. Yeah, no, like, I don't know why they don't just, I don't know why they do that with some of their movies where it's part one and two, just put them all together. Yeah, they want you to, that's why they do it. They yeah, to, I mean, they want you to buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. They want you to buy it three times. Yeah, yeah, one, part one, part two, and then the combined version, yeah. Yeah, where they put new scenes in. Oh, fuck them. Now, all the new scenes, <laughs> all it is is like Batman having sex with somebody. <laughs> Remember that when what was it Batman had hit sex with Harley Quinn in one of those movies? No, he had sex with Batgirl. Yeah, he had sex with Batgirl. Oh, it was Batgirl mm-hmm. that he fucked? Yeah. 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 It was, um, uh, the, the killing, killing joke. joke. The killing joke. But then yeah. Harley, Harley like raped Robin in one of Yeah, movies. she like sexually assaulted Robin. It's, it's not good. <laughs> not good at all. Okay. And if I didn't want to watch that movie, what was it called? <laughs> Batman and Harley Quinn. Okay, okay. I'm definitely not watching that not one. Watch that no, one. like as soon as we get done with this podcast, I am not renting that and watching that. I've actually got that movie on our shared account. I am definitely not getting on your <laughs> shared account and watching that after we get done recording. I'm definitely not going to pause this episode right now and watch that and come back and record the rest of this episode. <laughs> I'm definitely not doing that. Um, Rebecca, what's your third place? I actually only have a number one okay, uh, so we'll, for this we'll, category, so I'll hold off. We'll hold off. Um, Jake, third place? I put Raya and the Last Dragon as my third place. Uh, I just had a lot of fun with this movie. Uh, nice to see Kelly Marie Tran get a starring role, even if in an animated movie. And I thought Aquafina as the the dragon was just hilarious. So, and just a gorgeous, colorful movie that had a lot of really cool mythology. I, I thought this movie was, was really great. One of Disney's best this year. Uh, my third place is uh DC movie, justice society, world war two. 
And that was good. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Watched it early in the year. If if you asked me to remember what it was about, I couldn't tell you, Jake. <laughs> but I remember loving it, and I remember putting it on the list. Yeah, I had a heavy Wonder Woman focus, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe all four of us can recall what this movie's about. You think if all, <laughs> all, if all four of us pulled together, we could figure this one out. But yeah, Justice Society World War II is, is my third place. Uh, Paul, what do you have for your second place? Uh, I have Encanto for my second place. Um, this is a newer movie that came out around the holidays. I have always been a huge fan of Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So it was great to see her as the lead in this. And John Leguizamo is just amazing. And I, I thought the story was beautiful. The animation was gorgeous. <clears throat> the first time watching it, I wasn't the biggest fan of the songs, but they grew on me. Um, this is just one that I don't mind if the kids ha- keep playing right after they get done watching it. Like, it's just, it's a fun family tale. So Encanto is my number two. I saw that in the theater. Oh, nice. That probably was pretty cool. Not really. I, didn't, I saw it in 3D. I, it's just too much singing for me, Paul. No, I get it. It, it gets the kids to be quiet. Like, they, they're into all that singing. Yeah, I was, even as a child, I was not into all the, uh, I get taken out of a movie, uh, when it's like, when it's, when, when they just start busting into song. Like if the movie has to do with a musician and they start playing, I can totally get down with it. Like a star is born or like any of the music biopics, you know, Johnny Cash one and all that shit. But if it's like one of these kids movies or something like that or a musical, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't do it, Paul. I get it. I get it. Anyway, my number two is another movie I don't remember too much. It's uh, The Mitchells versus The Machines on Netflix. That's my number two as well. Yeah. Jake, tell us about The Mitchells versus The Machines. Yeah, it was a, a Phil Lord produced movie. This one kind of took me out of nowhere. I usually am not the biggest fan of the non-Disney animated movies, and I was surprised at how much I loved this movie. It had Most of these movies really fall apart in the last half an hour. I, I thought the last half an hour of this movie was just absolutely hilarious and stunning. Uh, just really, really quality animation. Uh, Danny McBride was really funny in this. Um, Maya Rudolph, Eric Andre. Uh, this movie was a lot of fun. Great family fair. Yeah, I remember watching it and loving it, and I've purged it from my brain, but I remember loving this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's our second place. That was kind of a combined second place. All right. Um, Paul, uh, who is your uh, winner? My winner is Mitchells versus Machines. I loved that movie. I The kids came home, and they saw it pop up on Netflix. I didn't even know it was a thing, and I was just awed. You know, like Jake said, usually Disney is like the crowning jewel in animation. This this hit on every level. The story, the humor, like it really it really touched your heart. Uh, I love I love the like Jake. I so agree with you. Those last thirty minutes are some of the best of the of the whole movie. Um, no, I love the voice cast. It was just such a fun movie to watch with your kids. And get the whole, like, even though we may be different, like, we're still here for each other. Just a great, great movie. Fun time every time I watch it. All right. Uh, Rebecca, what's your winner? My winner is Encanto from Disney. Um, 
one one of the reasons why I absolutely loved this film uh, was the representation that was in this movie. Um, you know, the the family is Colombian, and uh, the movie takes place in Colombia. And one of the beautiful things is that all the characters have different shades of skin tone, and they have different hair textures, and they really showed. Um, especially like the girls and the women wearing like really traditional indigenous clothing, very colorful. Um, it's something that, uh, Disney hasn't always gotten right. And, uh, this is definitely a huge step in the right direction. I thought the story was absolutely beautiful. I thought the idea of like, the expectations that your family has for you and how far people sometimes go to try to fulfill them. And to the point of even it's not good for you as a person because you're extending yourself too far and you're afraid of, well, if I don't do these things that my family wants me to do, maybe they won't love me as much or maybe they won't care about me as much and how people perceive you. What one of the characters in the movie, um, Luisa, she has this power where she's like super strong, like she can lift houses. And I mean, she has like incredible, you know, su super strength and everybody's always asking her to do stuff for them. Oh, can you pick this thing up and can you move that over there? And and she's like, yeah, sure. No problem. No problem. But then she's like, everybody just wants to put everything on my shoulders to the point that I just I can't carry it anymore. Like emotionally, I can't carry it anymore. And it's one of the it's the themes that the the movie explores that just really touched my heart. The music I I love it's it's by Lin Manuel who's like you know the golden child right now when it comes to to soundtracks and musicals. The animation is beautiful. the 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 voice work is great. It's just an absolute joy of a movie, um, and I absolutely loved it. All right, uh, Jake, what is your winner? Yeah, my number one is also Encanto. Um, oh, man, this is not just the best animated movie of the year. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. It, it's just absolutely fantastic. I mean, Rebecca said so much already. Like, I've just never seen anything like it. Like, you've seen Disney do, you know, non-white characters before, but you've never seen them really dive fully into it. Uh, one thing Rebecca didn't mention, and I was really taken aback by the dancing and the dancing styles. It was just I'd never seen mm -hmm. animated characters not just dance in the same generic way. Like you could really feel the culture and the dancing styles. Uh, the food they showed on people's plates is another thing that movies always get really dumb and really wrong. Just so much attention to detail in this movie. It's one of those gorgeous movies I've seen in a long time. It's just so colorful and so bright. Um, and I'm a sucker for these sing song Disney movies. They're, they're kind of my favorite. And, uh, I thought these songs were just absolutely fantastic. Disney always gets me with the introduce the character song at the beginning of the movie. Like I already know like 10 minutes in, I'm like, Oh my gosh, every single time I'm a sucker for this part. Um, all the different sisters and family were just fantastic and how much time they were each given. And, Oh, I love this movie so much. I've seen this thing like five times already. I was just watching this movie before we started recording. So I, I just can't stop. I'm addicted to it. I, I love it. I'm just a heartless curmudgeon. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I can't with musicals and stuff like that. I, I've never been able to watch them 
on TV and enjoy them. It's just never been in my, it's never been something I can do. It, and that's why I'm glad I'm going to be able to finally see Hamilton when it, it's, they're starting to play it in like St. Louis, um, this year. So I'm going to go find, I'm finally going to get to check out Hamilton. Um, if there was an Encanto live stage show, I'd watch it because I just can't get, I wish I, even when I was a kid, like my, like, I love the Jungle Book, but I hated the singing parts of the Jungle Book. Oh, my gosh. Those are, like, my favorite parts. I, Jake, I was not one of those sing-along kids. I hated uh, – I was – if, if, if right now somebody started playing the bare necessities, uh, I would hang up on this call and dance. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> that's just, I, I, I'm uh, the Kim Louie song. That's my Oh, favorite. my God. That's a great one. Yes. Oh, uh, I just I – can, I can't do it. I just can't. I never have liked that stuff. But, but – like if I'm watching a like a biopic, like if I'm or if like like a star is born, and they start singing in that. Like I'm just like all fucking waterworks for me. It's just when, yeah, I just I couldn't get into Encanto, and I can get into the Disney stuff where there's like the Toy Story, and I can get into like Wreck It Ralph, but they start fucking singing, and I'm fucking out, man. I thought this movie kind of hid the singing aspect a little bit. Mm-mm, um, mm-mm. No, I mean. In the in the trailer, no, sir. It did, yeah, it hit it. By the time I got to the movie, and they start singing. I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize this was gonna be as much of a musical as it was until I watched it, and that that kind of took me by surprise. I thought the promotion was really trying to go for a different audience than the movie actually was. Oh man! And then it was like, all she wanted was a fucking hug. Get the fuck out! Oh god damn it! I'm done. I'm- <laughs> I'm done with I was done with it. Oh, no. I was so pissed off at that movie. I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this bullshit. Damn, dropping the mega Encanto spoilers. I know. Oh, man. I don't fuck it, man. <laughs> Shit's on Disney Plus. Watch it. A lot of singing. She needs a hug. Jesus Christ. All right. Just don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> What? What, Paul? I made a Bruno joke because that song's been stuck in my head this whole week. Is we don't talk about Bruno. Man, I don't even remember that song. <laughs> I don't even remember that song. I'm sorry, guys. I hate the fact that I'm like that. I'm just a. I am just. I have a black hole of a heart. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. A lot of people aren't fans. Um. Let's see here. Uh, Paul, what are, who, what are your animated movie of the year runner-ups? Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, Adam's Family 2, which is a lot of fun. And then this one we just watched last week called Rumble about animals that are pro wrestlers. <laughs> I've seen the trailers for that. What kind of animals are we talking are they about? Mo- are they monsters? No, they're like animals, like tigers and elephants. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Oh, the, it, so they're wrestlers. Do you remember that one that he tapped out when the other one like snapped his arm? You saw the bone break through his arm. Yeah, he <laughs> tapped. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought you were talking about what's the what's the new one coming out where the monsters like fight each other? <sighs> if they're like kaiju monsters, it's like coming out on Paramount Plus. It was supposed to, is John Cena in it? It's animated. Yeah. Wait, no, maybe that is Rumble. I thought they were animal. I thought they were animals. No, that is it. But it's got Roman Reigns. Oh, it's Roman Reigns. Yeah, I thought they were yeah. kaiju monsters. 
No, they are. I just really kind of hardly want, like, it was on while the kids were watching. I thought it was kind of funny. That's why it's an honorable mention. <laughs> That's why it's an honorable mention. It's just like my comic books Oh, this is an esteemed category. Here. It's funny yeah. that I know a little bit more about the movie than Paul, and, and I haven't even seen yeah, it. I'm the one that it. saw it. <laughs> Roman Reigns is in it. I'm out. Acknowledge him, Jake. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, did I give my winner? No. Oh, I forgot no. to give my winner. Okay. Oh, my winner is, uh, uh, I went and saw this in the theater, um, Demon Slayer, the movie, uh, Mugen Train. Nice. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Demon Slayer franchise, and uh, this movie takes place uh, with all the characters in a train. Uh, Tanjiro, Nezuko, um, and, uh, it's, it's all on the train and they're, they're, they're on a hunt to find a, hunt a demon that's killed a ton of demon slayers. Uh, it's got amazing, uh, character arc with, uh, Master Rengoku. And, uh, I, I saw this one in the theater and I was blown away. The animation is spectacular. Like, the animation in the show is great, but like they stepped it up a little bit here for the movie. And, uh, I, when the movie first started, I was just like, okay, this is all right. This is all right. And then it just ramps up, man, and it gets you in the feels by the end of it. It's a beautiful fucking movie. Super awesome. The action is amazing. So, yeah, my winner for uh, movie of the year, animated movie of the year, is uh, Demon Slayer, the movie Mugen Train. Um, if you get a chance, um, watch this a second time because Funimation did the like the Hateful Eight trick on it, where they split it into four parts. Uh-huh. And there's actually 25 plus more minutes added to the movie since they put it in the four parts. Can you watch that? Is that available now on like Funimation? It's, it's right now. It's on Funimation. You can watch the actual movie on Funimation, but as like a primer for the second season, which is like four or five episodes in now. You can watch a four-part version of the movie that's got just an unbelievable amount of extra footage. Some real fucking cool shit. Wait, too. season two's already started. Season two is in the books. Four or five episodes in. So I can watch the first four or five episodes of season two. Yeah, right now. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, shit. I'm gonna fucking do that. Oh, fuck you, fuck. Batman, Harley Quinn. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't gonna watch that anyway. No, you know, there's priorities, and then there's... <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, check that um, version of the movie out. It, it's really cool. It's one of the few times where adding has really enhanced it. I just like Lord of the Rings. If I ever watch the movie again, it'll always be the extended version. I didn't even know you finished the fucking first season of Demon Slayer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did not get to see the movie in the theater, though. That's a huge regret of mine. I, one of my favorite things, this is going to sound silly, but I love really thick lines on animation. And, oh, my God, Demon Slayer gives me goosebumps. It has the thickest, blackest lines on these character outlines. I, I just love that animation style so fucking much. Oh, my God. <laughs> Attack on Titan does the same thing where it's just got uh the characters have it's like the biggest pin strokes like doing the outlines of the characters. It just looks so cool. Yeah. Okay. If you know what I'm talking about. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. When Demon about. Slayer does his water power, like the water power has this the thickest black line outline on it. It's just like a classic comic booky style that just really makes my brain happy. <laughs> Um, yeah, very cool. Um, <laughs> Rebecca. 
<laughs> I don't I don't know where to go with it. Um, Rebecca, what, what do you have any? Oh, you didn't. You had one winner, so you ain't got no honorable mention. Yeah, what the I, fuck? I didn't watch a lot of animated movies this year, so I just I just have my winner. Uh, Jake, you have any honorable mentions? Just one. I really liked Luca. I, I know it didn't have very many fans, but man, I, I thought it was a lot of fucking fun, and I just really love the friendship between the two main characters. Lots of Bruno in the Disney movies this year. Uh, my, I have one honorable mention, and it's not even a Tupperware for me, but it's, it's still, I enjoyed it quite a bit, uh, which was, uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, what was it? Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. Yeah, I should have put that as an honorable mention. That was fucking good fun. You just suck the dick of Disney every year, Jake, so I understand. I gave Mitchell's vs. the Machines. I know, you place. threw them a bone. <laughs> you threw them a bone, but everything else is just Disney, Disney, Disney. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead us when it comes to the animated movies. Yeah, so predictable. Um, let's see here. Let's jump on into our next category: uh, Hero of the Year. Best Hero of the Year. Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. You got the touch You got the shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. All right, Paul, uh, Hero of the Year, third place. Third place. It is two characters from uh, the show For All Mankind. And if you've seen the season two finale, you're going to know that Gordo and Tracy Stevens are motherfucking heroes. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a great pick, Paul. Uh, So I'm going with Gordo and Tracy Stevens as my third place for Heroes of the Year. Oh, that's a great fucking pick, dude. That's a great fucking pick. Oh, my God. That that episode. My God. That that whole season, yes. that episode just takes you through the gamut of emotions. Yes. Oh man, I can't. When are we getting season three? Do you know? Uh, I do not know. Yeah, I'm so ready for it. If it dropped tomorrow, I'd be watching that shit. My God, it's so good. And it's signed on for a season four already. Too. Oh, I know. They're smart. They're smart over there at Apple TV. Yeah, they are. They know what's popping, so they're like, "Fuck, man." Let's renew this shit. That's why they were just like, we're done with that Joseph Gordon-Levitt show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Rebecca, third place for Hero of the Year. So my third place for the Hero of the Year is going to be, the actor's name is Lonnie Chavis, and he plays a character named Bobby in the movie The Boy Behind the Door, which was available on Shudder this year. Um, and he's a, he's a, a child actor. He, he, in the movie, I believe he's about 12 or 13 years old. Um, this was a movie, um, 
that really blew me away. It's it's basically two kids uh, are kidnapped from like playing in the park or whatever. Um, the kidnapper basically uh, takes children and then they allow like it's pretty gross. They allow like pedophiles and sex offenders like they they pay them for time to be with these kids. It's terrible. It's disgusting. And the movie like doesn't try to glamorize or glorify that in any way. But the, the story of these two boys is that the kidnapper kidnaps them both. Cause they were together. One of the boys they intend to keep. Um, and the other boy who is Bobby, they actually locked him in the trunk of the car. Cause they didn't really want this kid. Bobby escapes. He is going to run away. And then he realizes his friend his best friend is is in this kidnapper's house and the majority of the movie is this one kid bobby on screen trying to save his friend he's trying to bust him out from where he's being kept and then they try to escape the kidnapper i just thought that he did such a great job um and and this kid like risks his life to save his best friend when he could have just run away and saved himself and maybe called for help. No, he stays and he tries to help his friend and save his friend. And it really just, it blew me away. And uh, yeah, it's, if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it. It is quite tense. I had to pause it a couple of times and like walk away from it and then come back to it. But it is a really, really good movie with really good performances from the child actors. That sounds like a good family movie. Get the- oh, yeah, absolutely. Right after you finish Encanto, pop this guy on. You're just going <laughs> to love it. Oh, kids, you want to sing along to this one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Jake, what is your- I know, I know. It's a, it's a dark one. I know. <laughs> I just have a second place and a first place for this one. What do you – like – why wasn't Bobby good enough for these guys? Because, because Bobby was black and the other kid was white. That is absolutely the truth of the movie. Oh my god! Why did I have to ask that question? Oh, I sorry. It's the truth. What the movie has how the movie presents it. Oh my god! Well, I'm glad I don't have one. I don't have to go next now. <laughs> you don't have one. I only have a first and a second place. You couldn't find any more heroic people this year. This entire fucking year, nobody else was heroic. Not worthy of an esteemed Tupperware, no. Jake's, Jake's about ready to steal that Bobby one, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not gonna. Uh, not touching that one. My, 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 you are the complete opposite of the pedophiles portrayed in that movie, then. Um, bad joke. I apologize. <laughs> wow. Oh, well, Paul, solid, Paul just solid. Paul just got it. Rebecca's ab- appalled. Um, let's no, I, I was coughing because I was laughing. So okay. <laughs> um, my third place is going to be uh, Master Rengoku from Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Uh, and if you've seen that movie, you know exactly why he was uh, extremely heroic in that movie. And. Uh, I mean, for all you Demon Slayer fans out there that seen this movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about, man. Master Rat Goku was a fucking badass in this movie and just an incredible character arc for that character. So my third place is Master Rat Goku. Uh, Paul, who do you have uh, as your uh, second place uh, winner for Hero of the Year? My second place winner is James Bond from No Time to Die. I have been so excited to see that movie for like the past two years, and it was just... 
it was a fitting end for Daniel Craig's era as James Bond, and I thought they gave him a beautiful send off. Uh, I I just I love like James Bond in this movie was everything you ever wanted him to be and more. And it was just, like I said, a perfect way to say goodbye to Daniel Craig. Uh, James Bond. I wish I could get into James Bond. I wish I could. If they if they cast jo- uh, Tom Hardy as James Bond, I'm watching James Bond. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, my third place was also James Bond. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that just come to you now, Jake? Yes. <laughs> I Jake, that Jake's like oh, I'm trying to get you riled up. It was kind of a fail. I, I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, let's see here. I'm scared to ask Rebecca what her second place is. <laughs> Jesus. I know, I know. I know field. I know. Oh my god, the boy behind the door, Bobby. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> my second point is... Uh, fuck? What other child did not get molested? Oh, my God. Um, it's uh, Reagan Abbott from A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, the actress's name is Millicent Simmons. She is the deaf daughter of um, of the of the, of the of the family there. Um, a Quiet Place Part Two, I thought, was just a really good f- follow up to that that first film. And in the in the second film, we see the character of Reagan. She goes off pretty much on her own to try to save her family. Um, yes, she's deaf, and she knows that that could potentially be something that could uh, put her in even graver danger. But the way that she just fearlessly set out to go and find hopefully this other group of people that were living not you know a bit further away from where she was to try to get help for her mom and her and her siblings um i just i was so i was just so blown away by like what she did how she was willing to go out and just do it and and really try to save her family and i thought it was a pretty outstanding outstanding role and yeah, that was a great movie. I liked it. I like. I gave it a Tupperware. Jake, Mister High Tasted over. Did you give it a High Tasted, Jake? Yes. You son of a fuck. Was not as good <laughs> as the first one. Very, so, very good. It's so good. Not as good. Jake just never liked sequels. It doesn't. John Wick too. Not as good. Yeah, yeah. Very, very few and far between is the sequel better than the first one. Yeah. Not very many Empire Strikes Backs out there. Mm, that is true, though. It's hard to it's hard to follow up on on good films. Doesn't always work. Godfather Part Two is another example. Yeah. <laughs> Godfather Part Two is fine. It's it's Part Three that's crap. Oh, Part Three. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking Two is better than the first one. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. Jake, what's your uh, what's your second place? My second place is Sam Wilson as Captain America in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I just how cool is this? Like. I never would have guessed when we first saw this character in the Winter Soldier movie that we would actually follow through with what happened in the comic books and get a Captain America costume on this character. I mean, Anthony Mackie was a little bit of a running joke on this podcast for a while after that first movie just because some of the stories of his eagerness to make sure he was in as many Marvel projects as possible and doing some interviews where he seemed a little bit bitter that he wasn't invited to be in a couple movies before they really went uh, 
full force and to use an Anthony Mackie. And uh, I just never would have guessed that we would have got here. And not only did we get there, but I, I thought it was earned and I thought it was beautiful. I, it was a great finale to this show. And I just really love that we actually made it and we made it believable. And we got Anthony Mackie as Captain America right now. I can't wait to see what's next for the character. His own movie. Yeah, I can't wait to see it, what they're going to do. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, my second place is going to be uh, David Dasmalkin as Polka Dot Man in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. A great choice. I'm calling him a hero. I don't give a fuck. By the end of that movie when he yells, Mom, I'm a superhero. And I was just like, that movie, that, I got emotional during that part. You know, it was just, I fucking loved it. And then he immediately gets stepped on, but I fucking loved it. <laughs> but I've, His character is so fucking good. He is so great in that role. I mean, one of the most ridiculous characters in all of comics. And then James Gunn makes him so much fun and such a fun character to follow throughout the entire movie. And I emotional have, too. I mean, you're like welling up at this shit. I was. Oh, I poke truly, it out, man. I'm not even making fun. I, I get it. I, I truly I was. Too. I truly was welling up by the end of it. It was really good. So yeah, the polka, polka dot man is, uh, in, in second place for me. Um, Paul, who is your, uh, winner for hero of the year? Yeah, I have to preface this with a huge spoiler warning. Uh, are you going to get into spoilers for the boy behind the door? Oh, God. What more can you spoil? I'm afraid to ask. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to know. Uh, but no, this is a, a spoiler, huge spoiler warning for the new Spider-Man No Way Home movie. So I'll wait a second. But my hero of the year is Peter Three. Uh, Andrew Garfield. Uh, he is my hero of the year. Uh, we all love a great redemption story, and his was my favorite of that entire film. So, P3, Peter 3 is my hero of the year. That's a great fucking choice, Paul. And I, I hated those two movies, and I know people will say, like, they didn't like those movies, but they liked him. I didn't even like him in that movie. Like, I was on record with Jess and June saying, like, oh, like, we know they're going to be in this, but I could care less about, you know, if Andrew Garfield's in it. At the end of that movie, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy stole the film. Yeah, he's like, he very is, good. Yeah, he is my hero of the year. Would you want to see uh, Amazing Spider-Man 3 if they did it? A hundred percent. With with his now, like... uh you know, like his his battered and broken, but now redeemed Peter Parker. Like, absolutely. I think they should do it. Oh, hundred percent. I think they should do it. I think they should make an Amazing Spider-Man three. I, I don't see any problem with doing it now. Now that they've opened it up, I think they should do it. Yes. I think it would make fucking tons of money. Oh yeah, especially after all the like. And I'm not the only one that shares that sentiment that they fell in love with him in this movie. Like, yeah, it it, it needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca, who's your winner? So I will also add another spoiler warning for Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm going to talk a little bit further than what Paul has. So if you don't want to know, skip forward. Um, my hero of the year is actually the Spider-Men. I am naming all three of them. Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland. I thought all three of them brought so much to the table. Like, 
the last time we saw Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man, right? Like when they were doing those press junkets, like nobody wanted to be there. Nobody cared about this film. The actors didn't care about being in it. They were just like, I'm so done with it. And then Andrew Garfield stuff. I wasn't really a fan terribly of those movies. And then to see the three of them come together and see Tobey Maguire be older and more settled down and more mature. And then to see Andrew Garfield, just his Spider-Man, just trying to constantly redeem himself, trying to be a better person. And then you've got Tom Holland, who at this point in the movie has just lost Aunt May. And and she gives him the line, the with great power comes great responsibility. And when he says it, the other two guys just, you can see it like a gut punch that they're like, oh God, you get it. You understand. That was what Uncle Ben told us. And then to see them learn to fight together as a team. Andrew Garfield, he saves MJ from falling. It's his redemption moment. I mean, Tobey Maguire with his whole, well, my back hurts and can you stretch out my back? Like the whole sequence of the three Spider-Men just absolutely blew me away. And then, of course, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, the sacrifice that he has to make at the end of the film for everybody to forget who he is, is just heartbreaking i i i couldn't pick just one so for me it's all three are the winner very cool all right um jake hero of the year yeah yeah spoiler warning again I, same spoiler warning as paul and, I, and i'm picking the same spider-man as paul my, my hero of the year is specifically andrew garfield spider-man i just oh yeah i mean on paper it was just i was all about toby i'm right there with you paul it was just toby 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 i can't wait to see toby andrew garfield's in this movie okay i guess they have to do that because they have to have all the spider-man in it I, okay he he stole the show for me and it wasn't just his comedic timing for one was just brilliant in this movie he he was the most hilarious of the three Spider-Men during the whole scene with the three of them. But it was more than just the comedy. I, I really fell in to, to the emotion they presented, just thinking about how this character became like a vigilante after the events of Amazing Spider-Man 2 was so sad to think like a Spider-Man character could become that. Like we've never quite seen anything like that in the comic books. And it, it was just so heartbreaking. And then just having other friends kind of, took him out of that like violent depressing rut it feels like it really feels like he's going to go back and uh turn another leaf because this experience that he shared and yeah getting to have his redemption uh saving mj was just such a powerful moment i mean even though you could see it coming a mile away it still just swelled me up and uh yeah i mean the andrew garfield apology tour continues for me i i gotta give it to him i can't believe it do you know jake do you want to see the amazing spider-man 3 I, I would, and I, I, I was really keeping quiet during that. I, I agree with you. I think it'll make a fucking buttload of money. I, I think it, it'll, it'll be a new kind of redemption for Andrew Garfield and that series because that movie will just explode. I think the audiences are ready for it. I, me and Paul aren't the only ones basking in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man love, and I – I really think the time is right. They need to strike in the next three years or less. I agree. I, I, I totally agree. I think it needs to happen. What are, the rumors are that he would fight uh, Tom Hardy's Venom. That's the rumor. I've seen that. I've seen that. I, I, I mean, that's exciting. 
from the jump, but I think it'd be a bit more fun if you just got a regular Amazing Spider-Man 3 and then we did that crossover. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm fine either way. I wouldn't poo-poo just going straight to Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Just make a good movie. That's all I'm asking. Um, my, uh, God damn, I feel like I should pick this as my hero of the year because everybody else did, but I have a different one. So, um, my, uh, hero of the year, and it's going to mean nothing to you guys. It's, um, from the anime to your eternity. It's the character of Gugu. So like, this goes, this is like a fucking wet fart here. Like pfft, nobody cares. <laughs> you guys just fucking, Go, Gugu. yeah, it's like nobody gives a shit. Cause you guys are all like, Oh, Spider-Man, a movie everyone's seen. And like hardly anybody is watching this anime that I know of, but, um, I fell in love with the character of Gugu, um, watching this season and, uh, the character does something super heroic, uh, in one of the episodes and it, I teared up. I just, I was uh, gutted emotionally after the episode and, um, I thought it was just a, a beautiful, uh, episode and I love the character and so I'm, and, the, the, you follow this character from like when they're a child and the character is selfless, has uh, really has like a crush on this young girl. This young girl is about to get hit by this, um, these falling logs and he pushes her out of the way. And then the logs like roll over his face and his whole face is mangled. And an old man takes him in and gives him this operation and then puts like this metal mask over his face and the kid is just like, his face is mangled. He's got to wear this mask over his face. And you just follow this kid's life as he gets older. And his family abandoned him. And he comes across this new family. And Fushi becomes part of this new family he's in. And it leads him to a battle with the Knockers. And the kid is just super heroic in the episode. And it's really emotional. And it's a great anime. And so my winner is Gugu. And I highly recommend people watch um, To Your Eternity. Um, Paul, I googled the character. The mask is super sweet. Do you ever see his mangled face under the mask? They kind of – well, he'll take it off and he has his hair in his face. And you kind of see a little bit of it, but you don't You don't really see exactly what happened. It's kind of the face. Dr. Doom effect where you get the behind shots and hair shots and all yeah, that. Yeah, you kind of see – he's also got like the old man like puts this fucking like – extra kind of like stomach in his in his gut and it's full of alcohol and this kid can like spew all this alcohol of his, out of his body and then like light it on fire like a dragon it's fucking badass dude you just have to watch it to understand it it's fucking cool the character is really awesome and the mask is dope it kind of looks like a medieval kind of like, like a salamander yeah yeah it's really cool um, but, uh, yeah, Gugu is my hero of the year. Uh, Paul, do you have any honorable mentions? I do. Can I just go through them all or do yeah. we take Go okay. through them all. Um, I got Ted Lasso, uh, Roy Kent, and I'm so happy to add this dude from Ted Lasso to my list, but fucking Jamie Tart is one of my heroes of the year. Kate Winslet and Peter Evans from Mayor of Easttown. Uh, Crystal from the TV show Heels. I got her on there. Um, I got the Pontiac Fiero from Fast 9 for being able to fly through space. <laughs> the car. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I got Eugenio, uh, Eugenio Derbez as the fantastic music teacher from CODA. Uh, Ana de Armas from No Time to Die. 
Emily Blunt from the Jungle Cruise and Lucky the Pizza Dog. Very cool. Very cool. Lucky the Pizza Dog. Um, Rebecca, honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, I also have uh, Polka Dot Man by David Dasmelchian on my list. I completely agree with you. By the end of that movie, he is a hero. Um, I felt like James Gunn took a character that was just on paper is super silly and kind of ridiculous and made you care about what happened to him. Um, I, I thought that was, and I thought his performance was absolutely brilliant. Um, and also on my list, um, also was Anthony Mackie for, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought he was a great hero. I thought Anthony Mackie really shined in that series. Um, it's some of the best acting I think we've got from him, which is, uh, really great. And then, um, a, a movie I saw in the theater, uh, Cop Shop, the, um, character of Valerie Young played by Alexis Louder. She is the cop that is basically on her own in that station, locked in a shootout with some bad guys who are trying to get to one of the prisoners that she's got. And, um, I thought her performance was just outstanding. And I thought, like, what they did with her character, how she really held her ground by the end. It's it's not a perfect film because by the end it does get, you do have to suspend a lot of disbelief of what she survived, but overall just absolutely. uh, She, she definitely ends up on my list for, for hero this year. Oh, that's that cop shops, a Tupperware. That's a great movie. That movie movie was awesome. I did not think I was going to love that movie as much as I did. But, uh, damn, I fucking love that movie. Oh, yeah. I, I, I loved it so much. Yeah. I saw that in the theater, and I was blown the mm-hmm. fuck away. Yeah, same. Fantastic. I couldn't believe how much I liked it. Yeah. Frank Grillo was great in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good. Um, yeah, Jake, uh, honorable mentions. I don't. I only had my second first place for this one. Uh, I Honorable mentions for me... Um, I'm gonna go with, uh, Tyler Hecklin as Superman in the, in the new, uh, Superman and Lois series. Uh, Shang-Chi from the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, fuck it. I'm gonna give Betty White for fucking just nice. being, just being Betty White and rest yes. in peace, Betty White. Uh, I, I went back and, um, the day that she passed away, I went back and watched the, uh, Saturday Night Live episode that she was on and uh you know it's like uh people are still talking about Betty White now I mean she's she's been passed away since you know December 31st people are still talking about her every day um went to the store today uh before the ice storm we got here and and um saw uh you know uh, was it People Magazine or Time or something like that had like a yeah. Betty White 100th 100th uh, birthday issue out there and you know we were all hoping she'd make it to a hundred but uh betty white for sure and then uh another honorable mention for hero of the year is uh bonnie tyler for holding out for a hero (laughs) 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 here you go jake you're making it really hard sorry Oh, yeah, Bonnie Tyler, man. They used her song in like three fucking shows that I watched this year. It was ridiculous. Uh, just three? Just three. Just three. I know it's so, it's so overplayed. It's so overplayed. They could play it in anything. Anything. I don't give a fuck. I love it. 
I fucking love it. Give me more Bonnie Tyler. So, yeah. All right. Those are, those Great are my take. honorable mentions. Let's move on into our, uh, villain. Hey, can we break? I knew it! I knew it. All I was right. I ask for a break if Jake did it. I, 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 I oh, knew it. Shut up. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was going to be Jake. I knew it was going to be Jake. All right. We'll break it up. All right, we're back, and we're going to go over our villain of the year. And, Jake, you might make the list for all your fucking breaks. Aw. <laughs> it's a joke. Jesus Christ. No, I was, I'm was. i downplaying it. I'd be fucking honored. Oh, you, you might make an honorable mention, sir. Uh, <laughs> villain, of the, <laughs> villain of the year. Best villain of the year. <laughs> Silence, you funny fool. I would have waited an eternity for this. It's over, Prime. Ancient spirits are evil. Transform this decayed form to Mumra. All right, Paul, who do you have as uh, your third place villain of the year? I should have probably asked you this. Cause I don't know. Like, have you finished Ted Lasso season two? Yeah. All right. So it's a spoiler for the finale of Ted Lasso. But my my third place is Nate Shelley from Ted Lasso is my third villain of the year. Yeah, that would work. <laughs> that would work as a oh, villain. Oh no, what's Nate gonna do? <laughs> I feel like I feel like it had the most traumatic death of the year when the sign gets ripped in half. Um, but yeah, he is my number three. I've got really it. Took a turn. I've got to rewatch the season because I understand that they were building up to it, but for me, as I was watching it, it felt like it just came out of nowhere. And I know it that's not kind true. Kind of did like. Like, it's weird because it kind of, like, they build it up a little bit, but, like, it takes a very yeah. hard left turn with him. Yeah. And that's that was my biggest problem with Ted Lasso Season 2. Yeah, was, no, I get that. Um, other than that, I loved, I loved it. So they definitely show him having like jealousy issues, sure. but they don't, they don't really like, yeah. But I think if I rewatched it again, maybe I could see other things that would like, you know, maybe so it wouldn't feel like it just came out of left field. What's a, what's a better build up Nate or uh, Danny Tar- Targaryen? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, Rebecca, who is your third place villain of the year? My third place villain of the year is uh, Zhu Wen Wu from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's Shang-Chi's father, uh, played by Tony Chue Lung. Um, I I just, I thought he was such a great villain because he was such a sympathetic villain for me. Um, I understood his motivations. I got it. He wanted to save his wife. He wanted to save his family. He wanted to put his family back together. He just made a lot of bad choices based on bad information. And um, maybe by the end, you could make the argument that he does 
you know, kind of redeem himself, which I, I think he does. But I think throughout the whole film, the things that he does and the way that he acts absolutely make him um, just a great, compelling villain. Uh, he's my number three choice. Jake, number three. Yeah, my number three villain is going to be Rufus Black, played by Idris Elba from The Harder They Fall, the uh, Netflix streaming movie. I I just thought he was a great Western villain, really chewed up the scenery in any scene he was in. It was just fun to see him go full force into this cowboy Western, just kind of, oh, you know, over-centralized movie where it was just really crazy, lots of crazy editing going on and, uh, yeah, Idris Elba was just so good. That's a great pick, dude. That's a good fucking pick. Yeah, I loved him. Almost any, all, all of his gang, like, could be honorable mentions, but I'm giving it to him since he was the leader. Yeah, that's a great fucking pick. Uh, mine is, uh, also gonna be Wen Wu from, uh, Shang-Chi. Um, yeah, Shang-Chi's father in the movie. I just thought, I thought the actor being, it's his, you know, first American film that he did. Uh, even though the cast is primarily Asian, um, but, uh, I, I fucking thought, I thought he was fucking incredible. I thought he was a great Marvel villain. And, you know, I've kind of, I haven't been, I'm not down on the sympathetic villains with Marvel, but I think they do it a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think they did it right here. I really think they did it right. They did it really well. Um, I, I think the actor that portrayed, uh, Wenwu was just absolutely fantastic and, it was one of my favorite theatrical experiences of the year, getting to see it um, in the theater. So, yeah, it's Wen Wu. Um, Paul, who's your second place villain of the year? My second place is Logan Roy, played by Brian Cox from the HBO TV show Succession. He is just a terrible person, a terrible dad. He will backstab his own kids. Anybody that's close to him, He, as long as he can make a buck, he will... He will just devour you and not even lose a wink of sleep. And it's played to perfection by Brian Cox. But Succession is a fantastic show that people should watch on HBO. I need to get in on Succession. Everybody's talking about it, man. Yeah, that show's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I hear it's fucking great, dude. Everybody's talking about season three. They're just like, it's definitely the new it show, Succession, for sure. Oh, season three is their best season by far. It was just. So many twists and turns and backstabbing and the finale just leaves your jaw on the floor. It was great. It's well, great. I think it's like the, you know, like, like I would like Breaking Bad had finished Jake before I watched it. And like that was the show. And and then when I watched it, I was like, oh, now I get why everybody was fucking going crazy about this show. I think Succession might be that show now. Yeah, but I think you're probably going to get in on it before it's over this time. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I haven't even started Better Call Saul. I was just like, with Better Call Saul, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to wait for that fucking show to like finish up, and then I'll then I'll watch it all collected. Oh man, that's so good. Too. I hear it's amazing. I hear it's really good. Um, uh, Rebecca, who's your second place? My second place villain is Psycho Gorman, PG himself. Um, Played by two actors, Ash, actually, Matthew Ninabar, who's in the suit, and Stephen Vlahos, who does his voice. I hope I said that right. Um, Psycho Gorman was a movie that we watched early this year, and, I mean, I fucking love that film. 
uh, that movie was just like, it was this year's Velocipaster for me, <laughs> which is a high compliment. Um, I just thought, what a fun villain he was. Like, you, you know, you can make the argument he had his own motivations and whatever, but it's played to just so silly and, and yet so deadly at the same time. The whole, uh, hunky boy stuff just, I mean, that is just still the, like, the funniest thing I saw this year. Um, and it was the, the makeup work on, and, and the creature effects with the suit and stuff. I mean, he was like the, just like he, I was rooting for him as the villain <laughs> in that film. So I, he had to end up on my list this year. Rebecca, I bought the Hunky Boys poster. I, okay, you bought the, po- I bought the Hunky Boys edition. With like it had it has a whole nother DVD of like extra stuff oh, yeah. with trading cards. I think you bought that too. I have that too. I also yeah. bought. I also bought the. Uh, <laughs> if I went through all my merchandise for Psycho Gorman, <laughs> I, I I I bought a Hunky Boys mug on Etsy. I bought. <gasps> Nice. I I bought a somebody three three D printed a Psycho Gorman bust and I bought that. Oh wow! Uh, I bought a hunk yeah Hunky Boys mug. I bought the Hunky Boys poster. I bought the glassware that came in the Happy Meals box. Um, I bought the figures which haven't been released yet. I bought the comic book uh, on Kickstarter. Um, I've got both signed posters. Uh, I've got. The I've got the DVD, I've got the standard Blu-ray, I've got the Hunky Boys Edition Blu-ray, I've got the German Blu-ray and the Australian Blu-ray and the Australian DVD. Um, I don't think I'm done. I, I think I, I think I have. <laughs> you don't sound done. I have no. I have a Psycho Gorman trucker's cap, and I've got a hoodie that I got from uh, one of our listeners, Johnny Tsunami, which I actually just wore again yesterday. So I've got so much Psycho Gorman merchandise. It's fucking ridiculous. And yeah, it's the, the poster of the guy with the shirt off. I have the Hunky Boys poster. Like, oh that's my God. Dope. It's, a, it's dope. amazing. It's officially uh, licensed. Yeah. So there, I'd like to. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jake. I'd like to propose the argument that Psycho Gorman is no villain, that he's the hero. You I, can make that argument too. Yeah, it, I would actually say that that Mimi might be the villain. <laughs> yeah. Psycho Gorman brings that family back together as well as he can in his own ways. I know it's. I, I mean, I put him on the villain list because at the end of the day, his end game is to like destroy the Earth and like take over the galaxy and stuff. So I felt like that was pretty villainous. I but, I'll go with villain absolutely. But, like, I, I don't disagree that he ha- – that's what's great about that film is, like, all the characters in it, you could make the argument either way of being a hero or a villain. And I kind of love how ambiguous that is for such a silly little movie that, um, I mean, it's so much fun. There's, like, so much merchandise on Etsy, too. Like, as you know, Brian, you mm-hmm. mentioned some. But, like, if anybody else really loved this movie – Go on Etsy and just type in Psycho Gorman. You will not believe what comes up. All kinds of stuff on Etsy. And I mean, you could, I mean, yeah, you could absolutely have like an entire Psycho Gorman oh, yeah. collection. You can get a Psycho Gorman onesie for your baby. Oh my God. Oh, that's so cute. They have Psycho Gorman face, like the masks that you can wear. Um, nice. You know, and yeah, they've got the Japanese mask and they've got the regular Psycho Gorman mask if you want. Yeah. Whatever you're feeling. That's like. fucking awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Rebecca's pick was very valid. I just thought the argument was fun. Sure. Oh, it is. It is. That's, and, and again, 
I don't disagree. You can make the argument that he has his heroic moments. Maybe Greg in that movie, the father, is the biggest villain. He probably is because he's just so <laughs> stupid and useless. <laughs> um, Jake, who's your second place for villain of the year? My second is uh, Vinny D returning as Kingpin in the Hawkeye series. Uh, this could have been you, Mephisto, but you blew it. It's it's Vinny D Kingpin instead. The uh, the cameo that actually showed up. So yeah, it was just awesome to see this character return. We'd kind of hemmed and hawed about whether or not we'd even want to see it happen with it kind of downgrading from the R to the uh, PG-13 of the MCU. But at the end of the day, when it happened, I cheered and the, the performance was great and it was fun. Uh, my only uh, spoiler complaint is the uh, the eventual fate of the character and how kind of stupid that felt. But the actual return and the performance just fucking awesome. Had to give him second place. Yeah, they should have had a post credit scene of, like, him blinded or something, you know, just so we know he's coming back. It's kind of silly. Yeah, do you think they might cheat and just do it, like, one eye or something? Uh, I I hope it's both eyes, and I hope that he just gets, like, an eye transplant, like, in the comics or something. That would be cool. That yeah. would be cool. Maybe spend a couple episodes with him with yeah. the no eyes in between transplant just for the horror that that'll be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't believe I refuse to believe that 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 they're not going to bring him back in some way. Oh, like he, after, he's 100% I mean, coming back. Say that again. He's 100% coming back. Yeah. I mean, like, why would you do like, why would you bring him back just to kill him off again? Like, that's just not again. But like, why would you? do that like he he has to be coming back that's a great choice jake though by the way i think that's that that's so awesome i cheered also when when, when he came on screen he'll be back I, I think he'll be back when they do the regular daredevil series which will get announced it'll get announced so he'll be back for that he'll he'll probably come back for the echo series first that makes total sense yeah um, Jake, second place. Oh, that was just, you did give a second place, but I give my. I'm going to give second place to Vinny D. <laughs> I'm gonna give, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm four beers in. Um, my second place is going to be uh, Emma Stone as Cruella in Disney's Cruella, and uh, I guess we can count her as a villain in that movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I loved that movie. I had so much fun with fucking Cruella. I had no expectations going into it. Um, even though I thought the trailers looked like it was interesting and, um, but if it sucked, it sucked. If it, if it was good, it was good. It was like, I didn't really care either way. I had, it's not like, you know, I loved 101 Dalmatians when I was a kid, but it's nothing like as an adult that I'm so beholden to it that, oh, don't fuck up my childhood. And they made a great movie in my opinion. I absolutely loved it. And I thought, uh, her portrayal as uh Cruella de Vil was great. I thought it was a great origin story. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it to, uh, Cruella as, uh, my second place. Um, Paul, who is your... You think the second one will be as good? Oh, no. The second one won't be as good, but man, I love that first movie. So I don't even think they should make a second one. Uh, like, I don't know what the point is. Um, Paul, who's your winner? I never in a million years ever thought I would have someone played by Paul Rudd as my villain of the year, but I'm going with Dr. Ike from the shrink next door. Um, I, that was a tough show to watch. Dr. Ike is a piece of shit. And Paul Rudd played that just terribleness to perfection. Um, I know Brian, you said you couldn't even finish the show, but Paul Rudd 
is one of the main reasons why I think a lot of people got off of that just because he was so good at playing just a really terrible person. So uh, Paul Rudd as Dr. Ike is my villain of the year. That's a legit pick, Paul. I mean, he was so good in that role that it I couldn't even finish it because it affected yeah. me. It affected me emotionally how much how good he was in that role to the to the point where I just did not feel good after watching those episodes. I felt icky. No, no, and Paul Rudd is like America's sweetheart. So to see him just play such a manipulative terrible person. Yeah. He's really good at it, too. He's so good at it. So, yeah, he, Dr. Ike, is my villain of the year. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Paul, and it's, I hate being that guy that can't finish that show because of that reason, but it affected me. I, I, I don't think, I don't think I would have finished it if we weren't talking about it every week. Yeah, yeah. It was like cringe. It was cringe. Oh, I just felt so bad for Will Ferrell's character every week, and, him getting manipulated to the point where I was like, I just can't watch this. I think it was just the fact that it was also based on a true story that really yes. affected me too. So, yep. yeah. All right. Rebecca, who's your villain of the year winner? Um, my villain of the year is O Il Nam, who is the old uh, man from Squid Game. Um, I don't think he's a spoiler because Squid Game's been out for quite a while now, but, uh. <laughs> our one, I, our one listener that is getting ready to watch the final <laughs> episode of Squid Game would beg to differ, but okay. I know, right. And they're like, oh, well, fuck. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I loved Squid Game. I, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant show. And I absolutely loved that this character was someone that, the show made me feel very sympathetic for he's so old. He seems like he's forgetting everything. He's um, in this terrible game trying to win money. Like what kind of terrible financial problems could he have? He's this elderly and, and you really feel bad for him. And then it turns out uh, you had no reason to feel bad for him. He was the guy behind the whole thing. Um, and he did it just literally for shits and giggles because he was mega rich and bored and wanted to put poor people through the ringer and see what people would do for money. I I mean, is there anything more villainous than that? I, I, yeah, his performance was so good and I just felt like he was absolutely just the villain this year. I, I thought you were going to pick the pedophiles from the boy behind the door. Oh, my God. I'm sorry I even brought it up now. <laughs> oh, Brian. That was just straw. <laughs> Brian, I know. Rebecca's like, I've heard enough. <laughs> <laughs> just let it go, Brian. <laughs> Oh man, it's like a Jenga tower. I made a crack about it a while back and I was like, I can't believe I didn't knock the tower over. So I knew the next, <laughs> I knew the next crack was going to do it. The abs- yeah, the Jenga tower's been knocked over now. <laughs> <laughs> those, those damn, my villain of the year is those damn pedophiles from. <laughs> 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 those goddamn pedophiles and the boy behind the door. <laughs> oh man. Uh, 
Hey, well, having a having a chuckle about pedophiles, Jake. The, pe- uh, the pedophiles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jake. Jake. Oh my god! Who's your villain of the year? <laughs> oh, Let me get myself back here. Um, huge spoilers for my villain of the year. Um, I'm going to give it to William Defoe as the Green Goblin in No Way Home. I just. He just stepped right back into those goblin shoes and he was scary again. Just, and hearing that story that you, you told on the podcast, Brian, about him only agreeing to return if he could do his own stunts and it wasn't going to be a bunch of CGI silliness just really gave me a lot more respect for what he did. Uh, I mean, this motherfucker killed Aunt May for Christ's sakes. He is the villain of the year. Ugh. Yeah. Willem Dafoe, great fucking pick. Great fucking pick. What other movie? Oh, it, it, uh, Nightmare Alley didn't use him enough, man. No, he was great in that too. Like he yeah. just fit right into that setting like a glove. You know what movie you need to watch him in, Jake? If you haven't watched it yet, uh, watch the Florida Project, the Sean Baker film. I have not seen that. I'll put that on my list right now. Highly recommend. I'm a huge fan of uh, Sean Baker, and uh, yeah, highly recommend uh, the Florida Project. It's an A24 film. Fantastic. And uh, Willem Dafoe's great in it. Really fucking God, he's he's so fucking good in that movie. Uh, he uh, he spent time in Florida, I think, for weeks or months, uh, just spending time at uh, one of these uh, rundown motels on the Strip there in Orlando, um, just kind of like learning learning what it's like to be like one of these maintenance men at one of these hotels. Like he was like. You know, shadowing these guys. Like, he takes, he's, this guy is, he is legit. Willem Dafoe is fucking legit in his craft. When did this come out? Uh, three years ago. Three years ago, I believe. And like the, the, Sean Baker cast the, the main actor in the film, uh, this young, young lady that he cast. She, he, he was looking for, he was looking for someone that had the look of her. And then when he couldn't find her, he was just like, she was an Instagram model and he wanted someone that looked like her in the movie and he couldn't find anybody. So he's like, what if I just gave her a shot? Let's see what she can do. And this girl can fucking act. I can't remember her fucking name though, but she's, she's really good in that goddamn movie. She's in Swagger. She's in Swagger? She's the girlfriend. What? Yeah, she's the girl that's like getting assaulted by the coach. No, 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 um, no, 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 I'm talking, uh, Bria Venate is the girl that I'm speaking of from the Florida Project. Oh, I'm sorry. not on her IMDb. I think I'm thinking of a different movie then. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Arkansas project. The Arkansas, there we go. That was it. That was it. No, okay. Big mess up. That was it. That was Project Runway. Oh, <laughs> yeah, never mind. I, I totally messed it up. I don't know why. I don't. I totally messed it up. Sorry. All right. And Big swing and a miss there. Yeah, little outside. All right. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, nice Bob Euchre there. I love Bob Euchre, man. <laughs> Bob Euchre is oh man, you know, Mister Belvedere, Major League, Bob Euchre. Love Bob Euchre. Big I fan. always think of Andre the Giant choking him with two hands. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, that was your Jake's one of the. I'm totally lost. It's my turn, right? It's my turn. <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my winner for villain of the year, Psycho Gorman. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> Psycho fucking Gorman. I I love Psycho Gorman, and I love the character, and it would not be. It would not be 2021 if Psycho Gorman did not win my villain of the year. I absolutely fell in love with this character. I love the character design and um, just just a super fun character. So, yeah, Rebecca, you've already we've 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 spent plenty of time talking about Psycho Gorman. But Psycho Gorman is my villain of the year. Um, Paul, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? Yes, I do. I have I don't remember his name, but the one the one guy from Squid Game that was like the leader of like the tough guys uh that was like sleeping with the one girl and he was just a piece of shit mm, in that. that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like a scorpion or something, a snake tattoo on his face. Yeah, I fucking hated yeah. that guy. Um I had I think to- the marble guy was the biggest villain in Squid Game. The witch you know guy? The marble guy. Oh, oh yeah, he was the he the marble was the guy, game winner. Yes, who who tricked the other guy who who was the immigrant? Oh my god. Well, then there's no one I hated more than him. I love you. I, I love your guys's descriptions of the uh, villains in Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> marble the Marvel guy. Uh, you know the guy. <laughs> the well, one I was trying to avoid spoilers and just be really vague. You know the so. the the big guy that had sex with the lady and he's got a scorpion <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that guy, sexy guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's definitely uh, the marble guy. <laughs> the lights go out he gets real violent no 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 hold on hold on I'm, i'll do you one better the guy with the shirt <laughs> and the shoes the number let's just name him my number there's one guard and he's got a triangle on his mask no not this not not the guy with the square on his mask no, the triangle guy you know the circle guy no get out of here with the circle guy shit triangle guy had a real dark darkness to him yeah triangle guy was so nefarious you should have seen what triangle guy did the scorpion tattoo guy <laughs> And then Marble Guy was like, whoa. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah Paul's it. Paul's first runner-up is Big Guy That Had Sex With The Lady. <laughs> oh, man. That's great pick, Paul. Great pick. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Um, I also, uh, I also got the thinker Amanda Waller and Peacemaker from uh, from Suicide Squad. I wish uh, you would have went with the same tactic to describe those people. <laughs> the guy, oh, the guy that thinks a lot. You know, the the guy that he's got like all these needles and things in his head, and he thinks a lot. Um, 
The government lady. The government lady who's angry. She's like she's like an angry Oprah, you know? And then and then there's like and then there's the guy who And then the guy that wants he wants peace and he's he's looking for a bunch of dicks on the beach. You know what I'm saying? A bunch of dicks on the I got Captain America shield killing guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's who I got. Goldie Hawn's kid. Goldie Hawn. <laughs> I got uh, uh, Agatha. Um, I even, I even got Scarlet Witch, uh, yeah. as one of my villains. Um, I do have Terry Silver from the newest season of Cobra Kai. It was pretty fantastic seeing him. And this one was so close to making it to number three, but Jesse Plemons from the Jungle Cruise. I thought he <laughs> That's was a good one. fucking yeah. awesome in that uh, movie. He just like I forget what he says, like like a Vita Zen or something. When he just pops out of the submarine, like I thought he was just fantastic in that movie. Oh, he's so I, Jesse Plemons had a great year. Antlers was another great movie with him. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's a horror movie. Antlers. It's fantastic. Yeah, definitely watch Antlers. God, Jesse Plemons. Love Jesse Plemons. Friday Night Lights. Jesse Plemons. Landry. He was in that football show with the football people. With the football people that <laughs> talked about having good hearts and clear eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Such a great show. I need to do a rewatch of Friday Night oh, Lights. Great. Fucking uh, Neil, a few months ago, was like, messaged me out of nowhere, and he's like, oh, my God, I'm watching Friday Night Lights. This show is incredible. I'm just like, oh, my. You don't have to tell me, man. It's fucking amazing. And we're kind of getting that again with Swagger. We are getting it. Team. I agree. We are definitely getting it with Swagger. Swagger is fucking fantastic. Um, Rebecca, uh, do you, do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I also have a, um, Amanda Waller from the Suicide Squad. I have both John Kreese and Terry Silver from Cobra Kai. Um, and then I watched a lot of documentaries this year, so it was hard to not include some of the people that I saw in these villains lists. But um, James Spears, Britney Spears' father, absolutely an honorable mention for a terrible person and a villain. And uh, Deanne and Mark Stidham, who own LuLaRoe, uh Absolute villains this year. Uh, they made my uh, honorable mentions list. Oh my god, that Lula Rich documentary! What the holy? Fuck? Sh- I couldn't stop watching. I it. couldn't either. I, I just I put on the first episode. I said, "Oh, I know Lula Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sell like leggings. Like that's all I knew." And then I watched the damn thing, and I couldn't stop watching it. And it was just they're just terrible people. Yeah. So yeah, I, I absolute villains. Highly addictive show. I would also oh, huh. now that you mentioned that I would th- uh, I would throw on the people that own the uh, the Bob Ross estate. You know what? No. Yeah, I should have included oh, them too. Those people, absolute villains. And I I didn't know this at the time. I bought the Bob Ross 
uh, game. It's called The Art of Chill. It's such a fun little game. And I bought it long before I knew, like, what the real deal was that, like, his family gets no money from any of that stuff. And I felt terrible about it that I contributed to these people. But Yeah, I'm going to put you um, – you're gonna, you're one of my honorable mentions for buying that fucking thing. I, I deserve <laughs> it. I deserve that. <laughs> but, yeah. They, no, you didn't know. And we all didn't yeah, know until exactly. the – Yeah, none of us do. <laughs> Like, we, I, I had no idea that, like, his son <laughs> got nothing out of all of that. But, yeah, uh, hard, hard not to include some real people on the list this year. No, just uh, stop buying. Let's stop. Let's all stop buying Bob Ross. Yeah, for real, though. <laughs> stop buying Bob Ross stuff. Yeah. His family gets nothing. Yeah, it's the evil people from the estate. What are you giggling about over there, Jake? I'm just I'm just laughing at the <laughs> the Bob Ross and and Rebecca being the villain. Of the year. <laughs> I'm the villain of the year, everybody. And Paul's like, oh, oh, you mean the guy with the poofy hair? Poofy hair, the poofy hair guy. guy. Happy tree guy. <laughs> the poofy hair guy. Happy tree, poofy yeah. hair guy. Think I got the scroll in his pocket, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've never bought any Bob Ross merch. I've thought about it a few times. I thought the Chia Pet was really kind of neat, but now that yeah. I've seen that doc, I'll never touch any of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me neither. Ah, uh, Jake, uh, yeah, honorable mentions. <laughs> my honorable mention. I just have two. It's, uh, Rebecca and the pedophiles. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those damn pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, I got a note. Uh, in your notes, I got to know, Paul, in your notes, does it just say big guy from Squid Game? <laughs> Do you have it like written down somewhere? I, I had a name, but then when I went to IMDb, because it was in an article I was reading, but then I couldn't find it on IMDb. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. So you just you just went off memory. I just went off memory and said, big guy, sex. You know, the big guy that fucked the lady. And, and the... Yeah, that guy. That guy, I love it. No, I was just curious. Uh, <laughs> Jake, are you, you had no real honorable mentions. It's just those. Are you? <laughs> you should validate my honorable mentions. They were good. <laughs> those were good. Pedophiles are, pedophiles are bad. And What are you trying to say? They're good. Pedophiles are bad. No, I'm saying pedophiles are bad. Pedophiles are bad. Um, let's see here. Uh, my honorable mentions, uh, Amanda Waller in the Suicide Squad and then, uh, Thomas Ian Griffith who played Terry Silver in, uh, Cobra Kai season four. So those are my honorable mentions. So yeah, uh, Cobra Kai season four qualifies because it came out in the last day of 2021, people. Yeah. So qualifies. All right, guys, let's move on into our next category. Oh, Jake, this, this should be a good one. I think we're all super prepared for this one. Announcement of the year. Uh -oh. Announcement of the year. The announcement of the year. I like to think that uh, Billy Corgan is Charlie Brown all grown up and he's angry. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he's just as sad and depressed. Yeah, fucking Lucy's been pulling that football out from under him for fucking years, and he's just like, fuck this shit. I'm going to come out with this album called The Infinite Co- Infinite Sadness, Melancholy, or whatever the fuck. Was it Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness? Yeah. I'm the wrong person to ask. Oh, I loved fuck. I loved Smashing Pumpkins when I was... I had that poster on my wall. Oh, my God. Cherub Rock is like one of my fucking favorite songs ever. I don't give a fuck. I love 1979. No, 1979 is a great fucking song. God, dude. Jake, you can't get into some fucking cherub rock. No, I'm just not a fan at all. I just, his voice is just so grating to me. Oh, man. I I just can't take it. Okay, hey, Paul, Paul, let me know if this takes you back. Hold on, here we go. I don't want to hear this Disney Plus shit. Get it. Fuck this ad. I'm so sick of fucking ads on YouTube. Skip ad. There we go. Oh, oh fuck yeah. Jake, this does nothing for you. And this part's cool. Oh, god damn! Nothing, Jake? No, nothing. What's his voice come in? The only song I even remotely liked was uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. That's a great song, but man, oh, Cherub Rock is where it's at for me. I love that song. All right. Uh, oh, that, that whole album. I loved how, like, if you got the CD version, it was like two discs. Oh, yeah, that was a different album, but yeah, I fucking, I bought that. Yeah, that was so fucking cool. Yeah, I bought that shit. All right, what the fuck are we on? Announcement of the year. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Paul, what do you got for third place for announcement of the year? Yeah. So, like, in doing some research on this, I guess this was technically announced last year, but the trailer really, like, is what sold me, and that is uh, the trailer for the Pixar Lightyear movie. Um, I got so pumped when that got – because I – I thought that was announced this year, but just the trailer alone is what got me super excited for this. So it's that Lightyear trailer. I thought using the David Bowie song, seeing how they're going to give us a fresh new take on the origin of this character. I was just I thought that was a beautiful trailer and it got me so excited for a movie I never wanted. Trailer does look good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. I was pumped at the end of that thing. Yeah. Yes, Starman's one of my favorite David Bowie songs. It was crazy to hear that in a Disney trailer. Yeah, and they teased, you know, the catchphrase at the end. Like, Chris Evans doesn't even talk in this trailer, pretty much. It's fucking awesome. He doesn't say anything until, like, the very end. Yeah. yeah. And he just says, like, doesn't he just say to infinity and then they cut it? 
I think she says to infinity and he oh. says end. Okay, yeah. And that just reminded me of like when he gets cut off before he says like Avengers Assemble. Yeah. In Civil War. And I was just like, oh, they're doing the same fucking thing here, cutting them off. Um, they kind of adjusted Buzz's face to look like Chris Evans too. Which I think is smart because it's, it's oh, not yeah. the, it's not like the figure from like the Toy Story stuff. It's like this is the movie that that figure is based off of. The man that inspired the mythology is the way I took it. Okay. Cool. Uh, Rebecca, what do you have for your third place? So for my third place, uh, it was the announcement that, uh, Picard season three had been greenlit. Um, when they announced season, when, when they announced the show Picard, that, for that year, that was my announcement of the year. Um, so to know that it's it's gotten the third season greenlit and that the writers of the show had a three season arc planned out and it looks like it's going to happen, uh, I was super excited to hear that. So that's my my third place. And uh, Jake, what's your third place? My third place is the announcement of the voice cast of the Super Mario Brothers movie. I know it's been a little bit of a running joke with the Chris Pratt. <laughs> Mario Garfield thing, but I, it's just such an insane voice cast, and I'm I'm really excited for a Nintendo franchise to get some movie love post the original, you know, early '90s Super Mario Brothers movie that pretty much made it so no Nintendo movie could be made ever. Um, I really hope this movie, good or bad, does fucking gangbuster, so it'll open the door for a Zelda movie, a Metroid movie, a fucking all these cool franchises. Um, but yeah, Chris Pratt, Mario, Anna Taylor Joy as Princess Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Seth Rogen, Donkey Kong, Jack Black as Bowser. Uh, it's it's crazy. So I I'm really interested to see what Illumination is going to do with this franchise, and I, I can't wait to see a trailer for it. My third place uh, is I don't know how much of an announcement it is. I kind of had a hard time with this one, but uh, it's. Uh, Vin Diesel asked Jane, Dwayne Johnson to return to Fast and Furious. <laughs> That's a great, great pick. I love it. <laughs> well, let me just jump to my second place then, which is The Rock says no. <laughs> <laughs> I applaud. This is the first pick oh. I've been jealous of the entire Tupperware Awards this year. Why didn't I think of this? This is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, my third place has been asked Dwayne Johnson to return to Fast and Furious. My second place is The Rock says no. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Uh, Paul, uh, what is your uh, second place? Uh, it is X-Men 97 cartoon coming to Disney+. Plus. I wish it would have been X-Men 69. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Jake. <laughs> Whoa! I just figured it out. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the actual year. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> Jake's Jake still trying to figure out that jackhammer thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got that one right away, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, Jake. <laughs> uh, yeah, X Men '97, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I love the TV show from back in the day, and it's just exciting to hear that it's going to be like a continuation of that series. So, fuck yeah, let's do it. Uh, Rebecca, what's your second place? 
Uh, my second place is a Star Trek thing. Uh, it was announced early in this year that John Delancey would be uh, in Picard season two as Q. It was something that the fans had really hoped for, um, that John Delancey would come back and play Q. I feel like you can't really have a Picard show without Q at least being in some of it. So yeah, when they announced that and, and the announcement was so cool with, with John Delancey himself doing some voiceover work for a trailer and, uh, just the reveal of him showing up, um, uh, of him saying, you know, the trial never ended, Mon Capitan, and it was just great. I mean, for the Star Trek fans, we, I mean, I, we were just over the moon. So that that's my second place this year. Yeah, Jake, what's your second place? My second place <clears throat> is Disney Plus announcing that they're going to make available a lot of their popular movies in the IMAX format for your home TVs. I. I Really Jake was that. over the moon when he said IMAX Song of the South. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Say what you will about that movie, but Zippity Doo Dies. Great song. <laughs> it's a banger, isn't it? <laughs> Jake just got zippity canceled. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's really cool. I, I like the aspect ratio a lot more. You get to see a lot more of the picture. Um, it's for most of the newer Disney movies that have come out in the last five to ten years. Um, pretty much all the MCU movies, all the Star Wars movies. Um, it's really nice. It's pretty much the default setting too. So I can't imagine anyone being like, oh, I see more. I should go make sure and change the settings so I can have bigger black bars on the top and bottom of my TV. So they made it very seamless. It looks very beautiful. I noticed right away. I believe it happened the day Shang-Chi came out on Disney Plus was when this change happened. But I, I love it. Uh, you guys know my second. So, Paul, what's your winner for uh, announcement of the year? My winner is that Netflix uh, decided to go ahead with Knives Out Part 2 and 3. Um, I absolutely loved that first movie was a great theater experience. I feel like Netflix will put this in the theaters, but I'm also excited it's going to be on their service probably pretty quickly. And just the cast alone for part two, like it's got Batista, Dave Batista, Catherine Hahn, Daniel Craig is back, Ethan Hawke, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr. Like I just, I love, I absolutely adore that first movie, and I'm excited to know that we're getting at least two more. I'm going to piggyback off of you. That's also my announcement of the year, but it also comes with an asterisk because the fact that I love Knives Out theatrically so much that the fact that it's going to be on Netflix kind of bums me out. And I hope that I'm happy that we're getting two more Knives Out films, but I'm not happy that it is Netflix, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. It bums me out that I won't be able to own Knives Out 2 and 3. Because of the Netflix. I mean, they've released so few things on, on physical and digital beyond the platform. So yeah, it's a yeah. little frustrating that your only outlet for what should be two fantastic movies will be Netflix or nothing. I guess my enthusiasm outweighs like the negatives. That's why I am yes. making it my announcement of the year. But on the flip side, like I don't care. I will – if I have to drive to St. Louis to watch this in the theater, I'll do it. I'll make the drive because I I I'm not excited to see it on my fucking TV screen. 
And I don't care how big a fucking set you have. I don't care if you got a fucking 85 inch Sony OLED TV. I don't give a fuck. It's, it's nothing. There's nothing comparable to seeing it in a theater. So, but that's also my, that's also my winner, Paul. Awesome. So, um, Rebecca, what's your winner? My winner of the year is that Britney is free. That is the 100% best announcement I have heard this year by far. Britney is free. And that's my number one. That's my honorable, that's an honorable mention for me. I want, cool. I wanted to keep it like mostly kind of like movie related and stuff like that, but I, I, I did want to make that an honorable mention. So I actually have it in my notes here. End of Britney Spears conservative, uh, conservatorship is my honorable mention. So I, I agree. That's one of my honorable mentions, but yeah, I, I totally agree. That was, that was huge this year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my oh another of my honorable mentions was that uh Rebecca's announcement of the year was not Star Trek related. Yeah, no shocker. So <laughs> that was that was another one of my and that that announcement literally just happened moments ago. It, I know. Technically it doesn't count cuz we're in 2022, but I I'll, I'll allow it. I, yeah, but it's still an announcement for 2021. So I'm going to count it. That's All a right. weird gray area. I, I don't know. I think I side with Brian, I guess, we're, on this one. We're in a Schrodinger's cat situation here, but yeah. Uh, Jake, 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 now Jake's going to give me his, his Star Trek <laughs> announcement of the year. No, Jake, go ahead. <laughs> I wish I had one. Yeah, this my number one for announcement of the year. This is my Goo Goo Award for sure, where no one is going to give a shit about this but me. Um I just put down the number one announcement that made me happy this year. Uh, be damned if anyone else gives you shit. It definitely is the thing that made me, made me the most excited in 2021. And that was uh, Lana Del Rey announcing that she was going to record and release two separate albums throughout the year. And it actually did happen. A lot of people say they will. Sometimes they don't. I got two Lana Del Rey albums in one year. So that was my favorite announcement. Yeah, you're right. Nobody cares. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that, that's fine. That's fine. I, I had a really hard time with this category. And I honestly, at the end of it, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with myself and just say what made me the most fucking excited this year when I heard it. Uh, can I, guys, let's go. I'm going to give my least favorite announcement of the year award. It goes to Jake. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, not gonna be sh- I'm happy that you're happy, Jake. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, I, I hate this this award. And there's either an easy front runner, or you just got to pick some dumb. I know this year was tough. This year was tough. It was a tough year for announcements of the year. I'm sure we're missing over. Uh, I'm sure we're like glazing over some other big announcements that happened this year. But it's it's not the one that I tracked the most this year. So. Yeah, a lot of announcements that happened this year were announced and happened before the year was over as well. So yeah. it's like that, that doesn't really count, I don't think. Yeah. All right, let's move into the next category. Uh, best TV show of the year. It's not even playing. Can you guys hear that? No. I, oh, I know why. Hold on. It'll play now. Best television show of the year. Oh, I had another. I had another honorable mention for announcement was uh, Dune gets a sequel. 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Better than that. They announced that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But, well, no, they, they just said part know, one. They just said part one, Jake. They didn't say, they didn't say part one. Oh, and don't worry, part two is going to get greenlit. <laughs> pretty pretentious to call it part one without being pretty sure you're going to get a part two. And, well, I mean, it should have said part one and then underneath it says dot, dot, dot. <laughs> no, it says dot, dot, dot. Lana, Rel- Lana, Lana Del Rey to release two albums this year. Because that was the only sure thing, Jake. I would, I would have loved Dune then. <laughs> uh, Paul. Oh, man. I feel like I'm villain of this podcast right now. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in fun. Settle down, people. I'm just. Now I know why we do that category. Already. God. What, hap- what happened when you couldn't. Like, what happened to the day when you could just give your friends shit and just have fun? Just poke fun. Are you talking to the audience right I'm t- now? I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking to everybody. Oh, don't be talking to me. I don't give a shit. I know. I know. <laughs> Why can't, what happened to fucking what happened? What happened to joshing? Why can't you josh people Josh's anymore? The tail. Joshing. <laughs> what, I I, I'm a glutton for punishment. I love it. Yeah, dish it out. Dish it out. Have fun. Jesus Christ. Hey, fucking get along, gang. Fuck that shit. Let's. Go. <laughs> I just when it comes to the Tupperwares, though, I I try to. A joke here and there, but I, I'm not here to shit on anyone's favorite things of the year. I, I, this year, I'm here for it. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It, it should be it. <laughs> no, it was a celebration this year. Is taking a shit on it. It's it's, it's 20, <laughs> 2020 and 2021 were fucking cunts. So I'm gonna <laughs> so I'm gonna take out the aggression this year. Uh best TV show of the year, Paul, who do you have in third place? Yeah, this is this is my toughest category, but number three, a show that I just fell in love with, uh, is Heels that was on Stars. Um starring, you know, like it's a show about an indie pro wrestling uh, circuit. It's got Stefan Amell, but I just, I loved how they had parallels to the real wrestling. And I just got so caught up into all the drama and all the storylines. It was just, I fell in love with that show so hard. That's a great choice, Paul. Heels was fucking great. Heels is a fucking great show. Um, Rebecca, who's in third place for you? Okay, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, and I don't really care. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear this. I know I am going to get a lot of shit for this, but I really liked this show, so fuck you all in advance. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear this. Bridgerton was number three for me. Now, I know... What is it? What's it called? Bridgerton. Bridgerton? Bridgerton? Oh, it feels like years ago. I know. It came out at the very, very end of 2020, like five days before the year ended. And then everybody watched it in 2021. I'm counting it for 2021. Um, this I talked about it on, a, on an episode of PCL, and you gave me so much shit about it, Brian, because it's basically like a period piece romance show. Um, I loved it. I thought... The story was fun. I, I, I love a good romance. I love a good period piece stuff. Uh, and I love the costumes and I love the acting and all the guys were nice to look at and all the ladies were very pretty and it was just a f- great lose yourself in the story kind of a show. So my number three choice is Bridgerton. 
And I, the next season is coming out this year. I'm I cannot wait. I didn't know you liked romance stuff. I do. I love I love a good romance. I feel like no, I feel like the cool thing for like, you know, like uh women now is just like, you know, I don't need all this romance shit. That I don't need romance. Well, I mean I think some women feel that way and Certainly there are times I feel that way, but, uh, I like, no, I think it's, I think it's nice to hear that, that romance is still alive, Rebecca. I'm not knocking you. I think it's fucking beautiful. I love a good romance. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. One of my favorite movies. I'm not even lying. I love fucking, I love the notebook. I fucking cry at that fucking shit. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good, uh, cry your eyes out. And you know what? I also, and a lot of people hate this fucking movie and I know it's cheesy as fuck but that fucking that it's uh what's his name uh john cusack and uh what's her name from the fucking say, say anything say anything's good but i'm talking serendipity oh i didn't oh, like serendipity driver. that much i love serendipity i love serendipity i know a lot of people it, it was a cute little movie i've never though. seen it oh god it starts off with they they're going for the same pair of gloves and oh god it's a tearjerker for me <laughs> not gonna lie serendipity <laughs> and you got the funny you got the funny comical characters that they hang out with what's the lady from snl she's in there she's funny molly shannon molly gilda shannon ratner. molly shannon gilda ratner <laughs> gilda ratner's been dead since 1988 i didn't know when it came out she's been gilda ratner died in like 1989 or 90 or something Maybe jake it came out in 87 john cusack was doing movies say anything came out in 87 but fucking serendipity came out in the 90s <laughs> i didn't know i know the, 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 don't don't throw out gilda ratner <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i tried to name the oldest snl female cast member i could <laughs> J- oh my God. jane Curtin. <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Uh, Je- no, it's nice to know that you like romance, Rebecca. I didn't know you liked romance. I do. Like, I, I yeah, I love a good romance story. I'm a sucker for uh, a good little rom-com. I still love uh, While You Were Sleeping is, like, one of my absolute favorite romantic comedies ever. That Sandy B. And, oh, I love that movie. I mean, yeah. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, Sandy B, the big uh, the big misunderstanding where everyone thinks that she's engaged to the guy in the coma and the family adopts her and then she ends up falling for the brother. They get married on the train. Like it's I love that. Oh man, I'm fucking, I'm fucking clueless with the with the whole clueless. with the Paul Rudd thing at the end. The clueless <laughs> Clueless is like one of the best rom-coms ever. I just, oh, I love Clueless. Here's the and, thing. And she's, and, and Alicia Silverstone is so good in that. She's fantastic. Here's the thing. I, yeah, I, you know, everybody talks about how young Paul Rudd looks and everything. And I get it. And then I didn't, I don't think I really got it until like literally last night I was watching, uh, Friends season nine and Paul Rudd, uh, mm-hmm. becomes one of the boyfriends of Phoebe. And I looked at him and I was like, holy shit. He really he, does look the same. He looks the same. Here's the thing. He looks the same. Well, we know that he's fucking, you know, he's using hair color. But other than that, other than that, he looks young as fuck. He looks young as fuck. Paul Rudd looks young as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's a medical marvel, Jake. 
<laughs> I agree. Uh, he's got like the Dorian Gray situation going on. He's got a picture of himself in the attic that's aging. What do you what do you what do you think it is, Jake? Do you think do you think it's a Mediterranean diet? What do you think's going on there? What do you think? A lot of ol- a lot of olive oil for the skin? Witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a lot of witchcraft. A deal yeah. with the devil. Some kind of some kind of Satan antics. I was just thinking I was thinking it was clean living. But okay, no, I guess no fucking way. I th- I thought it was clean living. <laughs> no fucking way. Clean living, a Mediterranean diet. He's a lot of olive oil, you know. <laughs> olive oil. <laughs> olive oil. It's good for the skin. You never heard that that the people in the Med- doesn't seem like someone who's been straight edge his whole life. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. I don't know where you're getting off. You're just assuming things. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. He doesn't look. Does he look like he's gone through some hard living there, Jake? <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? What do you, what do you do? I, God damn it. He does not. He looks, he looks like he's gone through a very clean lifestyle. Look at him. There's nothing, there's nothing hard edged about him. He doesn't look like, doesn't look like he's had like a, like a meth addiction. <laughs> what, what, what are you, what are you talking about, Jake? I know we all like to party, but can we, can we party clean? Can we party straight edge? We can party can. straight edge. You saying that Paul Rudd can't have a good, he can't have a good time unless he's a little fucked up, got a little substance abuse going on? I mean, Paul Rudd's an anomaly. I think he probably could have a good time completely sober. I think it's clean living. I think it's clean living and, uh, a, a, a Mediterranean, <laughs> Mediterranean. olive <laughs> oil. Hey, I, 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 maybe, maybe he's rocking some, uh, Pant- uh, Pantene Pro V in the hair and some Aveeno face oils on the face. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Jake? Face oils on the face. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a chance. Jake's over there thinking he's fucking like smoking crack in a corner. <laughs> That's a miracle. He still has all his teeth. Paul Rudd loves the <laughs> Paul Rudd loves the party. <laughs> no, it's it's got it's probably oil of Olay every night. Just oil of Olay. On the face, on ah, the that's, skin. That's cheap shit. He's getting like the 200. Yeah, it's Paul Rudd. It's Paul Rudd. This guy's got, he's got money. He could spend, he probably buys like, it's probably like a, like, he's probably rubbing a baby fetus on his face. <laughs> See, that's the Satan shit. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I'm with Jake. That, that puts it into the Satan category. <laughs> he's rubbing fetuses on his face. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Satan thing. I he's think. got, no, he's got like that Fight Club soap made from fucking you know fucking <laughs> fat from people you know what i mean from liposuction don't people you say you say okay so it's okay let's get off paul rudd all right <laughs> dark arts though for sure 100 uh, percent. no yeah, but it's mephisto um okay did uh Rebecca, did you give us your third place? I don't even know. Oh, it was Bridgerton. Oh, God, it was Bridgerton. Bridgerton. It went way smoother than the last time Rebecca brought up. I agree. It did go way smoother, so. Oh, God. I had to, I had to spice it up a bit because we all know it's called Snoozerton. (laughs) 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 If I'm, if I'm, no, if I, if I, hey, if there's a night and I'm, I can't fall asleep, you know, I've got a little bit of, uh, you know, I can't fall asleep. So it's, it's really hard for me to sleep that night. I'll, I'll put on Bridgerton and I'm out like a light. 
Okay. I mean, you've got some pretty spicy scenes. Uh, might keep you up at night. <laughs> Paul Rudd calls it Boozerton. <laughs> well, I've got some Newserton for you, Serserton. <laughs> that is Paul Rudd. It's all clean living, Jake. It's all clean living. Yeah, wink, wink, wink. Clean living in a Mediterranean diet, sir. Yeah, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Jake, what is your – God, Jake. If Jake says Bridgerton, I'm going to fucking shoot myself in the head. <laughs> I, I don't even have Bridgerton in my honorable mentions, so. Okay. It's a Bridgerton-free safe Bridgerton. zone. Welcome to a Bridgerton-free zone, 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 zone. <laughs> you see, Michelle's in the other room, so there's no way Bridgerton can be brought up. Oh, God. Oh, she's probably watching Bridgerton at this moment. Yeah, she Maybe. loved it. She loved it. I, I definitely watched at least two episodes just oh, because it was on. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I get it. Sorry, dude. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. I get it. We bumped in there. Jake, take him uh, Jake, take him one for the team. <laughs> Go ahead, dude, third. My number three show of the year is The Wheel of Time. Um, I just, this is a show I've been wanting for more than half my life. I've been worried that even when I got what I wanted, it was going to be absolute dreck. It was not absolute dreck. It was actually pretty darn cool. Pretty good special effects, pretty good budget. I'm enjoying a lot of the changes they've made with the story. I'm not one of those people that's so rigid. They don't understand that adapting something to a television show means you have to kind of make some allowances and make some changes as far as time goes. I mean, Game of Thrones ran into the same problem. Like when you do a book about one character and you have an ensemble cast, the show has to be an ensemble show. So you're going to have to write more scenes and more parts with characters that happened in the book that didn't happen in the book. I, I don't think any of that stuff has ruin the story anyway whatsoever this is the adaptation i've been waiting my whole life for um the first season was just so much fun season finale was great can't wait to see more i've read some of the castings for season two a lot of fan favorite characters of the books coming in season two i i can't wait to see their how they're represented uh yeah showrunner uh Rafe, Jen- Rafe Judkins really did a great job. I-, I-, I love the casting. I love what they're doing with this story. I'm so glad this isn't a Dark Tower repeat, that it it's actually got some quality. Rebecca, so there's some fucking going on in Bridgerton? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, there's like nothing but fucking going on in Bridgerton. Wait, wait. Did you say there's butt fucking going on? That's what I, I said, heard. Well, no, I don't know about that. There's nothing so butt fucking. Oh, Wait, hold on. So there's butt fucking in this show? <laughs> Butterton. I don't know if there's butt fucking, but um, when I was watching it, <laughs> wait, when surely I was there's fan it fiction at at my boyfriend's place. Um, every time he would like watch it with me, they would fuck, and he started calling the show Fuckerton. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, dude. My hero of the year is your boyfriend for watching Bridgerton with you. <laughs> <laughs> Did he watch the whole thing with you? No. Like, he would just, like, I'd be yeah, watching. Yeah, he's just as like, much of a hero as me. No, no. He'd be playing, like, Warcraft or something, and then he'd, like, pop in and watch it. And every time he pops in, it would be a sex scene, and he'd be like, what are you watching? What is this show? It was fucking. 
watching I, it in the same room as she's watching Bridgerton. Fuck this guy. I just want to watch. <laughs> I, I just want. I just want the fuck cut. I just want the fuck cut of Bridgerton. <laughs> the fuck. Cut. I'm, I'm sure that's out there. Ask me. The sex supercut of Bridgerton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jake, I watched five episodes of Wheel of Time and I just, I kind of just dropped off, dude. I'm glad that you're digging it though, cause you're a huge fan, but yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's not everyone's cup of tea. I, I have tinted glasses on when it comes to this show. I can't even imagine what it's like to watch it without the fandom and the knowledge. Like it, that just seems so foreign to me. And like I said, I'm just so glad it's not a complete dumpster fire. Oh my God. I'm just happy that I can watch Bridgerton now. And there's, I'm, there's some butt fucking going on in that show. <laughs> I mean, you have to imagine the butt fucking. I there's, don't think you're, you're... she told, she just said there's butt fucking. I never, she did not say that. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. My, my, my third place is going to be for all mankind season two. I, Paul, you talked about it earlier, man. What a great fucking show, dude. For all mankind. That's my second place. I'm right there with you. Dude, fucking, yeah, let's just, we can just piggyback off of each other, but let's not piggyback so closely that we're butt fucking. And we're not Bridgerton. We're not yeah. Bridgerton in this thing. <laughs> we're right? not Bridgerton. <laughs> Let's be bros, not hoes, okay? You know what I'm oh, saying? Man. All right. Well, you know, we can butt fuck if you want to, Paul, but it's got to be consensual. Um, For All Mankind Season 2 was fucking amazing. And it, like, got me super hyped for um season three especially like with the way that it ended paul and the musical dude the the musical choice that they decided to use at the very end i was just like okay i know where we're going and i know where where they plan on going next in the series too so it's like we're we're definitely going into the 90s and we definitely know where their next destination is to go and out out there into space and god damn it i can't wait for the the third season and uh do you think that do you think they're going to be using some digital effects or makeup on Joel Kinnaman for the next season? I think they will. They, I, I totally think they will. And I'm so glad because hardly anybody knew this. I'm so glad that they put that little montage before the credits because at the end of season one, I just happened to keep it plain. And at the end of the credits of the season one finale, they gave the hint that they were going to do a time jump into the 80s. Yeah. Like, so it was really cool that they kind of just, like, they put their cards on the table and they're like, yeah, they were going to jump, like, ten years ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I do think, I think, like, for Molly and them, I think there will be some uh, CGI or at least heavy, heavy makeup. I think makeup's the way to go. I really do. Oh, I agree with that. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, but this season. Oh, so good. This season was, the, the finale was great. Like, it was just, it was fantastic it's it's one of their best shows if you're not not, this is what i've been saying all year if you're not watching for all mankind you're wasting your life away watching bridgerton that's what i've said all year you yeah that's true yeah i've said it all year all year you've said that all year i've said that i've said that this is probably the 18th time i've said this on the podcast this year rebecca (laughs) i said that you forgot i even talked about yes 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 i have said uh, Just to clarify. I'm keeping a tally right here. I have it pulled up. This is the 18th time that I have oh, wow. said, if you are not watching For All Mankind, you're wasting your life away and watching Bridgerton. This is number 18. So 
if you've been He's keeping even got time stamps, time stamps, other times. I don't keep I, time stamps, oh Rebecca. I don't keep time stamps for anything, but I've kept time stamps for this uh, factoid. And uh, yeah, if you're not watching for all mankind, uh, you're wasting your life away watching Bridgerton. So. Rebecca hates me right now, Jake. Cool, cool, cool. No. There, there is, no. no I, very strong word. I mean, I, I feel a bit shittier all 18 times you've said that, too. You're like, I, it's like I've seen two episodes of Bridgerton and only one episode of For All Mankind, so what am I doing with my life? Oh, God. Yeah. Your life is just – you're wasting it away. You're <laughs> – you and Paul Rudd in the corner smoking crack. <laughs> Watching Boozerton. <laughs> Oh man! All right, Paul. That's your second place. Uh, yeah, that's my second place. Great fucking pick, dude. From mankind was amazing. Uh, Rebecca, what's your second place? Oh my god, she's gonna say Downton Abbey something, right, Jake? It's like a. I don't think that it only had a that's movie not, this year. Whoa, that's whoa, not whoa! Even, don't even let's talk back about off Downton that Abbey. One. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is my Downton Abbey buddy, so... Let's cool down there, Brian. <laughs> Damn, Paul's hair stood up there. Uh, hey, no, I will, no, no, I will take you Downton Abbey fuckers to task. Let's do this! <laughs> I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear, I want to hear the fucking Jerry Springer bell. Ding, ding, ding! Yeah. <laughs> I, when I saw No Way Home, I stood up and cheered when I got the Downton Abbey 2 brief. <laughs> Paul, I just want to know what girl made you watch Downton Abbey with her. That's all I uh, want to know. Well, she's no longer here, so. <laughs> that, I'm telling, that's it. That's it. That's the only reason a guy watches Downton Abbey. <laughs> but I was into it. Hey, you know what? The first season, the first episode is fucking Charlie Cox. Come on. My mom loves the Downton Abbey shit. My mom, my mom, my mom loves that shit. <laughs> Great drama, man. All right. Rebecca, what's your second place? My second place is Ted Lasso season two. Um, I, I absolutely loved this season. I loved it once it had finished because the beginning of the, of the season, the first few episodes, I really felt like I didn't know where the show was going. I felt like it had kind of lost some of its momentum from the first season. And I was just like, Oh, where, where is this headed? And then by about the middle of the season, I felt like things really started to come together. Like all these little threads that they had laid out in the beginning of season two really started to come together. I absolutely love the way that season two of Ted Lasso has talked about mental health, has talked about especially men talking about their mental health, which is something that I think there's men that there are a lot of men that don't do that. There's a stigma attached to if you're a man and admitting that you have depression or have panic attacks or anxiety or some other form of like maybe mental health issues. Um, this episode really tackled that, and I thought that that was brilliant. And I know, Paul, that you had mentioned earlier that, like, the character of um, Nate was, like, you know, villain of the year for you. And I totally understand where you're coming from with that choice. I just feel like the way that the season has laid out his storyline, I think Nate has so much self-anger and self-hatred and self-loathing because he has not gotten any kind of support like ever from people in his life that love him up until like he meets Ted. I I think there's something inside of him that's making him be like this villainous type person. And I, I, 
yeah, he's a villain, but I feel like there's so much going on inside of him, which I, I hope that they kind of delve more into in season three. But I thought season two overall was such a good season. I love what they did with Roy Kent. I love Jamie Tart. His come his story of coming back to the team I thought was absolutely great. Um yeah, I, I love Ted Lasso season two. Still a great show. Still a great percent. I, I still yeah. I still it's it's can't miss TV for me. Oh yeah, I was watching that week to week. Every yeah. Friday I was popping that on and I was just I was watching I, I was watching Ted Lasso. Yeah. And we would text yeah, we would all day would text each other on Friday. Did you watch it yet? Have you seen it yet? What did you think? <laughs> you know, it'd be fucked up if I start watching Bridgerton and I fucking love this shit secretly. That would be hilarious, actually. <laughs> like it's like I, I'm never let anybody like I take it to my grave. That would you know? be hilarious. <laughs> Where's the powdered wig? You buy at all home? the books. <laughs> fucking like, like I fucking die. Jake goes to like my gravestone and shit, and like engraved on my gravestone is like a fucking like Bridgerton quote, and Jake's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> all this time, all this time." And that's like the rosebud reveal. Yeah. <laughs> all this time. Oh my god. It was Bridgerton. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I just think Jake goes to my gravestone and and just fucking unloads on me. (laughs) Jake, Jake and Rebecca just go to my gravestone and just unload. You're dead. Now you got to listen to me, motherfucker. Oh, dude! If there's a Bridgerton quote on your on your gravestone, I'm gonna like cover your grave with like DVD copies of Predator or something yeah. and, like try to fight that. Yeah, you know, instead of getting <laughs> instead of getting kissed by a rose, I'm gonna get pissed on by a Jake. Jake, more of this. Jake's gonna <laughs> Jake's gonna fucking R. Kelly my gravestone. <laughs> oh, 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 no. <laughs> Rebecca is just gonna be like, oh, what do you got to say now, Brian? What you got now, motherfucker? Looks like you liked it after all. (laughs) Announcement of the year. You're dead, motherfucker. (laughs) Announcement of the year, Brian. I Tupperware the fact that you're dead, motherfucker. I would still high taste your death. (laughs) I give Brian's death a high taste. <laughs> oh shit! Mm. Okay, I don't know where are we. I have I have no idea. I've lost my, my number two show. Yeah, what's I believe this where we're at. <laughs> what's, your, what's your number two, Jake? <laughs> my number two show of the year is Squid Game on Netflix. Um, yeah, I mean, this show was just so great. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of reality competition shows like Your Survivor, Your Big Brother, and this is like adding death into the mix. You know, a little bit Survivor, a little bit Running Man, all in like a 
you know, serialized drama form. And yeah, this was just such a crazy show. I'd never seen anything like it. I just wanted to know what the next game was going to be. But beyond that, like the character drama stuff that was going on in between all the different games, just like by the end of it, I was more into that than actually knowing what the game was. Like that was just the icing on the cake. So yeah, if you haven't seen Squid Game, which I don't think too many people haven't, you must. My second place is also Squid Game, Jake. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Expect, um, I fucking, the character arc of the big guy that fucked that girl with the scorpion tattoo. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the Marbles guy watched. <laughs> Mr. Marbles, dude. Um, Mr. No, Marbles. Dude, I loved Squid Game. Uh, this was like, a, this kind of like, I feel like this came out of nowhere for a lot of people. Um, it was on our radar, uh, on our radar, on our radar here on PCL because like I added it to our list that week. So we were one of the first podcasts, uh, out there that were talking about this show and we were super high on Squid Game. I think by the time, um, we did our episode, I had watched all, if most, if not all the episodes of Squid Game and you had seen them all by the time we reviewed it. Yeah. And I fucking, uh, I Tupperwared it. I loved it. And it stood the test of time. Um, I am worried about Squid Game season two. I just don't know if it can live up to what we got in the first season. Yeah. I had that in my notes as well. I, you know, me and sequels, I, I, I kind of think the first season is so perfect. I mean, I know obviously with the way it ended, you could write more, but I, I kind of like that ambiguous yeah. ending that so it had. I. And I, I like, I'd prefer to just have that conversation for the rest of my life. Of yeah. What's going to happen next, but we're not going to be able to have that conversation because season two and season three are both coming from what I've been reading. Oh yeah, that's true. I bought, uh, Kyler Smith, who makes trading cards for certain pop, pop, pop culture shows, um, recently came, they came out with Ted Lasso cards and Paul, I bought me and you Ted Lasso cards. I sent you <clears throat> the Ted Lasso that's trading card. Fucking awesome. And, um, I bought the Ted Lasso trading card, but, uh, this past week, my sister sent me 50 bucks for my birthday. And I took that 50 bucks and I bought Kyler Smith came out with, um, uh, a set of four trading cards for, uh, Squid Game. And I bought those. And so it was a timed edition. It was a, <laughs> tell me it had the big guy, <laughs> big, big, big guy with the tattoo. <laughs> Fuck the girl. <laughs> That's what it says on the card. It says it on the card. <laughs> I was thinking it, Jake. I wasn't going to go there, but I was thinking the same thing. Jake beat me to it. And it, it says triangle, tr- triangle guy is better than the circle guy. <laughs> better than circle guy. Yeah, the triangle guy better than circle guy card is my favorite. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like they put no thought into the cards. Um, <laughs> Bush I mean, there's only four. I'm surprised it went that deep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Paul, did you make these cards? Um, Maybe. No, but I love Squid Game. <laughs> Squid, Squid Game. Squid Game. Squid Game is number two for me. So yeah. 
Um, Squid Game on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, you're out of your fucking mind. Get on. I, I kind of can gauge how popular shit is in in pop culture by if my sister's watched it or not. If like if she's heard about it, um, like my sister started. She started watching Mandalorian, you know, because of Baby Yoda and shit. And, uh, you know, back when it was, back before he was Grogu, I get it, people. But when she just heard about Baby Yoda, she started watching. My sister loves fucking Mandalorian, and my sister fell in love with Squid Game. She absolutely loves Squid Game, and since Squid Game came out, uh, I was telling her, like, there's so many other fucking amazing, uh, Korean, uh, TV shows and movies, and so now she's getting into that. I got her to watch Train to Busan recently, and, uh... And, um, now I, I, I got her, she's starting to take some of my recommendations now, which is awesome. I got her started, uh, to watch Yellow Jackets on Showtime, which is just a phenomenal show, which is, it doesn't qualify for this year because it's not wrapped up yet. They've got a couple episodes left. Same with Station Eleven. It's not going to show up this year because it's got a couple episodes left. But, uh, yeah, fucking Squid Game. Jesus Christ. What a great show, Jake. Great choice. Yeah. Great choice. That's so good. Uh, Paul, what's your winner for TV show of the year? Yeah, my winner for TV show of the year is from Apple TV, and it is called Trying. Um, it stars uh, Rafael Spall. He's been like – he's usually the bad guy. Like he was the bad guy in Jurassic World Part 2 or whatever it was, Ant-Man and the Wasp. But it is – it's very much in the same vein as Ted Lasso where you're getting the straight-up feel-good – you know, like comedy, but drama. Uh, the first season was them finding out they can't have kids, so they go through the process of adopting, or like of, of they go through the process of trying to get approved to adopt, adopt. And then the second season, they're actually looking, like they're able to look for kids that they think they'll fit with. And it's just they go through so many ups and downs, but you never. You never lose hope in them. Like, it's so funny. Um, the second season does a great job of introducing a lot of the side characters. So we get to know more of the world they're in. The whole show takes place in England. It's just, it's, it's just a show that will make you feel so good. Uh, you're going to root for these two people. Uh, their chemistry is like nothing I've seen before. It's just, it is just a show that took me by storm. So trying on Apple TV is my show of the year. Paul, what do I watch first? What do I want to watch first? Do I watch trying or do I watch succession first? Oh man, maybe succession. So then you can have all the anger and then you can watch trying and it will bring you back down. Okay. All right. All right, no, thank Cheer you. Cheer up that soul of yours. <clears throat> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> if they can find it. <laughs> First thing I'm going to watch is Harley Quinn molest Robin. All right. All right. Sorry. I don't know where that came from. Uh, Rebecca, what's your winner for TV show of the year? Squid Game is my number one show. Um, yeah, this was a this was. I mean, we've we've given it so much love already this uh, this episode, but like, it's hard not to. Like, the acting is so good. Um, I I wanted to binge it, um, and I I couldn't 
not because it wasn't good, but because the episodes would get so intense, especially towards the end, as it's coming down to the wire on who's going to win the game and who's going to be eliminated. And I would, I would like watch like two episodes. And I'd have to take a break and then come back to it. Um, I, I, I know we've joked about it, but like the Marbles guy, that, that episode. Um, uh, we, that, call, we call him Mr. Marbles on oh, this so, show. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Marbles. Yeah. Um, like when that all resolved, like the way that he cheated his partner out of the marbles and, and, and they were going to shoot him. I cried at the end of that episode. I was so angry of how he treated this guy who was like, this immigrant who had moved to Korea, you saw he had a family and he learned the language and oh, he was yeah. trying to like have a better life for his wife and his baby. And he goes into this game and he's so like respectful to everybody. And, and, and the way then that this guy turns around and cheats him, I was so angry. It was, Oh my gosh. Why, why didn't that guy win the villain of the year for anybody? We should have thrown question, right? Yeah, we should have thrown that motherfucker in there, shouldn't we, yeah, Rebecca? He should, have, he should have definitely made the list. Honorable mention, honorable mention, Marble guy, right? Yeah, Mister Marbles, definitely. Mister Marbles, yes. <laughs> Mister Marbles, Marble guy, Rebecca, the pedophiles. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Mister Marbles sounds like something you name like your cat. Right, like Mr. Yeah, it sounds like some kind of Dick Tracy villain or something. <laughs> oh, that's oh true. god, it does. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's my show of the year, Squid Game. Fucking great choice, Rebecca. Fantastic choice, Squid Game. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Non Star Trek related. I'm just shocked. I know it is shocking. <laughs> it's a while. Yeah, they do all wear stuff. matching matching uniforms, kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah, there, there, there's always some Star Trek esque. <laughs> thing that i find or watch <laughs> uh uh jake what is your uh second place or your winner oh, your this, this is, your, win- this year, is right? your winner i'm sorry it's okay it's okay yeah my number one show of 2021 is going to be mayor of east town on hbo max this was the one show this year that made it so i had to be at my tv every sunday like there was not one week where i could wait 24 hours to watch an episode of this show it just grabbed me right from the first episode such a great ensemble cast uh, kate winslet evan peters uh gene smart i mean who had a hell of a year guy pierce uh, julianne nicholson is lori was just fucking stunning in this show yeah just such a great drama just a small town murder mystery set in like pennsylvania man this show just fired on all cylinders for me i I loved it so much i'm so glad that the creators seem to keep shooting down season two ideas um i'm fine with this never coming back As, as much as i'd love to see where these characters are now i i just would rather leave it up to my imagination and just have this one perfect season of seven episodes so this was so good it's a great choice man fucking mayor of east town is great <clears throat> uh my uh winner is uh the show that got me fucking uh pumping my fist yelling out loud um standing up in my seat from my seat and uh and and brought me to tears at times it's uh heels season one paul this was nice yeah this was your third place dude and this was my winner because this fucking show like i i absolutely i was just blown away by this show like from the first episode where i i think i gave the first episode like a taste it or a high taste it 
once I got into like the third, second and third episodes, the show just ramped up and I was just so invested with all the characters. Um, I fell in love with certain characters. Some characters, um, uh, became villainous characters. Stephen Amell is just amazing in this role. This is the best thing he's ever done, you know, for, for all you Arrow fans, you know, I enjoyed the first few seasons of Arrow and, and, uh, but I think this is the best thing Stephen Amell's ever been involved with, you know, um, but, uh, this just gives you that kind of like, it takes everything that I love. I don't know. The, 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 I can't watch wrestling now. I watched it when I was a kid. There's certain things like when I was a kid, I loved wrestling and it was because I thought wrestling was real. And it's just like the same thing. Like when I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real, I just couldn't watch it anymore. But when you have a show that recognizes that it's not real and that they're taking you behind the scenes, that's what I'm into. I'm, I'm totally into this. I, I, I love, I absolutely love Heel season one and I, um, cannot wait for season two. Um, so glad that it was announced that we are getting a season two on stars. Stars is one of those networks that I'm just, I'm terrified of because they'll give me some shows that I absolutely fall in love with. Ash vs. Evil Dead, and then they cancel it after three seasons. Same thing with American Gods, canceled after three seasons. But I'm hoping Heels can go on for at least, you know, four, five seasons. I, I, I love, absolutely love the show. I love the cast and can't wait for, uh, Heels season two. So, Paul, did, dude, this I is. I did what, not know it got a season two. Yeah, we're getting season two of Heels. I, oh I, I believe God. it. I believe it. Hold on. Heels season. That would have been my announcement of the year. Yeah, that's true. I should have thrown it in there too. Yeah, Heels season two gets the green light from stars. That was from November 3rd. It took a while. It took a while for them to green light it, but we are getting a season two. Yeah, you and I texted a lot during that. That was such a great, yes. like, all the, like Rooster, I love like seeing what was going on with Rooster. Just everybody. I would wake up like I think it was like Sundays when it would drop. I would wake up on Sundays and get ready to watch, you know, Heels, and I would already see that on my account that Paul had already finished it. <laughs> Every time, it, without fail, Paul, you had watched the episode probably hours before I'd watched it. Well, yeah, because I usually had the kids, so they were up at like the ass crack of five. Mm, you know, yeah, parent power. Like, no, I yeah. loved it. Like we were both, we were both loving heels. Like, oh man, and it like, dude, um, that uh, it was the episode at the end. The there's an episode where Stephen Amell punches Mike O'Malley in the face at the end of an episode. Fucking a! And they start playing that Ario Speedwagon song, "Keep On Rolling." Yeah, dude, for the next week. I played that song in my car. Like, I, and it's not like a song that I would just listen to on the regular all the time before that, but the way that they fucking threw that song into the end of that episode, I was just like, it got me so pumped. Like when he did that, like I fucking cheered. I fucking cheered. I got up out of my fucking bed and started cheering. I was like, yes! Like, it, I, that show brought so many emotions out of me watching it this season. Like, I, Heels is just, it's phenomenal. It's some of the best writing and it, it is, it's one of those shows that I don't think a lot of people are kind of like tuning into because it is stars and not everybody has that star subscription. But if you have stars, it's, it's one of those shows that I don't think that you can't watch. And even if you don't like wrestling, 
I think just like a lot of the sports documentaries that we're talking about where, you know, it's like we hear a lot of people like, oh, I don't watch basketball. But my God, I watched the Last Dance documentary that's on you know ESPN and Netflix. And I loved that. Um, this is the same kind of thing. Like, I don't think you have to be like a WWE fan or whatever in order to enjoy what's going on in in heels. It's just it's just a phenomenal show. Yeah, and and if you are a big wrestling fan, they have enough like Easter eggs to reward you. I mean, like we get what CM Punk in it for two episodes. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, you know, and like they definitely. I mean, this is gonna go into like one of my honorable mentions, but like they really pull from the plane ride from hell. Like they really right. They, they take <clears throat> from a lot of real life backstage drama and they put it into this it's yeah really, it's really fucking cool yeah heels is fucking amazing um rebecca i even think rebecca would get into heels if you watched it yeah you know i've i've heard a lot of people talk about it i've heard a lot of people like rave about it and it's just one of the shows that never landed on my radar just for that same reason of like oh i don't i don't watch wrestling it's this show's not really going to be for me um but like I I hear what you guys are saying, and it's a show I got to get on and and watch. I love how Rebecca's like, yeah, you guys are raving about this. I'll, I'll give it a watch. And like Re- Rebecca can get on here and talk about Bridgerton until the fucking cows come home. And I'm not gonna be. I'm not, I'm not watching Bridgerton, Rebecca. That may you're a better person than I. Well, I don't. I wouldn't go as far as that. I, I would. I, I no. Even without the Bridgerton comparison, you you're a better person than I am. So. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't selling it that way either. It's not like she was saying, even if you don't like romance, you'll love Bridgerton. I know, I'm just, Jake, it's a joke. It's all jokes. Jokey, jokey. <laughs> jokey, jokey. Um, just, just trying to bring us back to reality. I, yeah. Thanks, Jake. That's always fun. Um, <laughs> and COVID is still out there. Thanks, Jake. Oh, Christ. No, no, I hate I hate reality. Don't talk about reality. Uh, no shit. Can we just live in a fantasy world, Rebecca? Yes. I, yes. From now on, I'm living in the fantasy world of Bridgerton and Downton Abbey, and that's it. Uh, all that butt fucking, man. It's amazing. Hey, you know, don't knock it till you try. It's jackhammering butt fucking. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh God, no! Oh, butt fucking, uh, jackhammer and butt fucking. Woo, boy! I don't know. You got to be a strong person for that one. Woo, boy! Yes, you do. Oh, I got man. Oh, uh, you got to fuck. In order to hear those stories, you got to get on Patreon, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's move on into our honorable mentions for uh, TV show of the year. Paul, I, I have a ton, but what do you have, Paul, for honorable mentions for 2021? Uh, yeah, I have the last season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, sad to see it go, but they went on top. Ted Lasso is an honorable mention. Um, what We Do in the Shadows season three was absolutely amazing. I adore that movie so much. Oh, it's a great movie. But I think the TV show is starting to become the better. Like it, it, it's it's overstepping the movie. The show just brings it on every on every level, especially whenever they can find a chance to bring in Wesley Snipes as Blade. Um, Mythic Quest season two was absolutely fantastic. Uh, that show gets. I think that's another hidden gem at, at Apple TV. Mythic Quest is. 
fantastic. A documentary series on Apple TV called 1971, The Year That Changed Music. So good. That right? That that was one of my favorite documentaries of all time. I got Squid Game. I have Acapulco with uh, Eugenio. Uh, I, I don't have a Eugenio name. Derbez. Derbez, yeah. You and that name. You and Eugenio Derbez. I can't say it. I know it's yeah. insane. He's Coda teacher guy. Yeah. He, um, oh, he was in. He was in the Overboard reboot too. Yeah. Yeah, but like, like if you ever seen, uh, there's a movie, there's a movie that he's in that this show is kind of like a spiritual sequel to. Um, but it's great. Acapulco's fantastic. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, but Swagger, Swagger came out of fucking nowhere and just lit it up like it 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 did such a good job of relating to the year we had without being preachy about it like it really incorporated in such like a like such a real way where you didn't feel like like it just felt natural uh succession of course the marvel shows loki hawkeye wandavision falcon Winter soldier um the nat geo a documentary called Welcome to Earth with Will Smith was really fucking cool. Hmm. Um, in that same vein, the Fresh Prince reunion special I thought was just really fucking cool to watch. It was especially to see him and the original actress who played Aunt Vivian kind of that sit down awesome. and air everything out. And, of course, you had the emotional, you know, uh, them talking about Uncle Phil uh, Mayor of Easttown, Cobra Kai, which I fucking love this fourth season. I thought it was fantastic. I loved all the cheesiness and everything it's doing. And then uh, Dark Side of the Ring, I think, had their best season this year. Yeah, Dark Side of the Ring. Great choices, Paul. Thank you. Uh, Rebecca, honorable mentions. Yeah, I got a lot of them, too. I will run through them pretty quickly. Um Cobra Kai season four, which like came out like the last day of the 2021. Um, I thought by far, probably my favorite season so far. Um, Lupin, both parts one and two, which was on Netflix. It's a French show. Uh, you can watch it either dubbed or subbed in English. Um, that's the, uh, it's Omar Sy. Yes, Omar Sy's in that. He's a great Uh, actor. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And just kind of the issues that they talked about without being preachy about them were just absolutely great. Um, Also, absolutely all the Marvel shows, WandaVision, Hawkeye, which I enjoyed way more than I thought I would. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki. Um, I saw some really great documentaries this year, too. Netflix has a series called Crime Scene. Uh, I watched The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which was an absolutely really interesting story. Another docu-series, uh, Murder Among the Mormons, also on Netflix. That was, like, wildly fascinating. Um, Apple TV show, which I have not heard a lot of people talk about, but I thought was really, really great, was Schmigadoon. I know, Paul, you've seen it. Um 
this is a, a, a TV. Sh- this is a show on Apple TV. It's got Keegan Michael Key and Cecily Strong, Fred Armisen, Kristen Chenoweth, Alan Cumming, Martin Short has a small part in it. Um, it is basically it's a spoof of all of the Rodgers and Hammerstein's musicals. So Brian, I don't know how much this is going to be for you. Um, I don't know if you'd enjoy this. Very no, much, I wouldn't but, at all. It'd yeah, be zero I, for me. Yeah, I can't really see you really enjoying this. But this was a week-to-week show about a couple who gets lost in this village called Schmigadoon. And it's absolutely a parody of the movie Brigadoon. Um, and they get stuck in the village. They can't leave until they find their true love. And this is a couple that's going through, like, issues and problems in their relationship. And um, if you're a fan of musicals and you you and you grew up like watching a lot of these musicals, I think it'll absolutely tickle your funny bone on that. Um, and the acting is great. I think that the songs were very clever. Um, it was just a great show. I enjoyed it. You know what um, Schmigadoon sounds like to me? What's that? It sounds like like if you're playing like um, Street Fighter and like you fucking pull <laughs> off a move, you hear your ca- you hear another character go Schmigadoon. Hiruken, and then like fucking dolls him like fucking like like long arm punches you, and he goes Schmigadoon, <laughs> and they they like slow that. motion fall backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear him go ah 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 Schmigadoon ah ah ah. Oh my <laughs> um. Let's see, uh, real quick also, um, The Great British Bake Off, season nine happened this year. Always fun to watch. Always an absolute joy to go to the, go watch these bakers in the tent, uh, make all these incredible things. Uh, and the, and the hosts are so funny and they're very, very British humor. It's great. Um, Star Trek Discovery season four has been really good so far. Um, they're on hiatus right now. Part two is coming. Or part two of the season is coming in February. Um, uh, and that's it. That's my honorable mentions. No, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, Jake, what do you have for honorable mentions? Yeah, I'll give some reality TV love first. Uh, an honorable mention for uh, The Circle, the new season of that. Um, another one for Survivor coming back after a two-year hiatus due to COVID. It was very welcome to have that back on my TV every Wednesday for a few good months. Uh, F-Boy Island, another stupid but fun reality show that was on HBO Max this year. Um, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Playing with Power on Crackle, the Nintendo documentary. I love that a lot. Um, another show, Rutherford Falls on Peacock. I'm um, very excited this show is getting a second season. Um, I thought this was a lot of fun and a great sitcom format show. And that's the, um, uh, that's the Ed Helms show, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, I, I, I didn't finish that, but I hear everybody, uh, I hear everybody that watched it loved it, so. Honestly, I think it's the best thing on the cock. Okay. So. So jump on the cock and watch some Rutherford Falls. Fall on, on the cock. Fall on the cock is what they say. Um, all the Marvel shows, of course, uh, Hawkeye, Loki, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, Foundation, a couple uh, HBO shows, uh, Hacks and Made for Love. And, oh, uh, Hacks. Fucking Hacks. Honestly, a show that just narrowly made my top three. Like this is I, – I feel bad – 
saying this is an honorary mention. This really is kind of my number four, but it was a Beatles get back on Disney plus. Uh, this was just a mind blowing documentary. If you're any kind of a fan of the Beatles, you you need to check this out. Uh, You're shifting a lot, Jake. You're a lot of shifting on your, sorry. It's all right, man. It's all right. Was that all your honorable mentions? That is all my honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, I honorable mentions, uh, my Dark Side of the Ring season three on Vice yeah. TV. Fucking what was inc- your favorite episode of this season? Oh my god, that's so hard, Paul. Um, I would say that the plane ride from hell was really, really good. That like that really explained like, Ric Flair. It, what, like it brought really yeah. It brought him down, it, especially if you were following what was going on on Twitter on social media, Reddit, all over. Like, after that episode aired, like, it was just, like, everybody was, like, tearing down their Ric Flair posters, man. Yeah, and it even, and I'm sure Jake knows this, but, like, it even came back to bite Rob Van Dam in the ass. Uh, yeah, Rob Van Dam, JR wasn't innocent of people saying shit about him. Yeah. Oh, no, it was it was crazy. I, I, I also really liked the steroid trials one. Yeah, that was good too. Yeah, yeah, it was all it was all good. The the Ultimate Warrior. I'm sorry, I'll let you get back. No, Ultimate Warrior episode was phenomenal, and it was crazy because A and E did their own like docu series. I, I was I was watching a bunch of those too, man. The A and E stuff is 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 pretty good too. I want to watch the Brett the Hitman Hart special on there. I heard. Oh, that's you need good. to watch that movie Wrestling with Shadows. I watched the uh, Steve. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin A and E, and that was that was really good. Well, and the A and E one though is done in partnership with the actual WWE. So when they did the Randy Savage one, they buried him, but then they did the Ultimate Warrior one, and they made him look like the greatest guy to walk the earth. Wow! You know, they still have a partnership with his wife. They have like an award they give out every year, yeah. like the Warrior Award. Dark Side of the Ring is like, nah. No. Yeah. Dark Side <laughs> of the Ring fucking, yeah. They got real with that shit. Um, Swagger, season one, honorable mention for me. Love Swagger. Fucking phenomenal show on Apple TV. Uh, Loki and WandaVision. Uh, Superman and Lois on the CW. Mayor of Easttown. Um, uh, Louder Milk, which was originally on the, uh, AT&T channel. Uh, First two seasons, they brought season three onto Amazon Prime, and uh, that's the Ron, Libin- Ron Livingston uh, comedy that's uh, created by P- Peter Farrelly and Bobby Mort, and we finally got to see season three. Probably never going to get a season four, but I love season three. Louder Milk is a fantastic uh, comedy. I absolutely loved it. Um, great show about uh, addiction, but... Uh, <sighs> It has some, it has some real moments, but then it's got a lot of comedy in there as well. Uh, Dave, season two on Hulu. Uh, Tat, uh, Ted Lasso, season two. Uh, brand new cherry flavor on Netflix. I fucking loved it. It is so out there. Brand new cherry flavor is an insane show. Midnight Mass, the vampire show, uh, brought to you, brought to us by, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Flanagan. Uh, loved Midnight Mass. Uh, The White Lotus on HBO Max. Oh my god, what a fucking great show. I don't need a season two. The first season was fucking perfect. Um, the science, uh, the sci-fi show Foundation on Apple TV Plus. Oh my god, 
fucking incredible. Paul, have you jumped back on that shit? Vitaly and I are scheduling a watch along soon. You've been scheduling that for fucking all, for how many months now? You guys need to watch that shit. It is fucking incredible, Paul. All right, I'll give it back. Get on it. Foundation is <laughs> fucking amazing. Um, holy moly, season three, uh, <laughs> too hot to handle season two and the circle season three are all my honorable mentions. Let's move on into our next category, which is director of the year. Can we break again? God damn it. I knew it. I kept trying to talk and not break. And I, and <laughs> I felt like you were chugging right along. I was, I was trying to chug. And then I get, and then, and then I knew it. I knew it. I knew as soon as I braked, Jake would find a reason to break. <laughs> it was like Paul Rudd level chugging. Can we break? Can we break? Can we break again, Brian? Please. I'm sorry. It's been a lot of coffee. It's been a lot of coffee, some Red Bulls and coffee. And it's no oh, Red Bull. Please. I know. All right. Coffee, caffeine. We're breaking. All right. We're back. Yeah. You, you feeling be- you feeling good there, Jake? Oh, yes. Feeling Very re- relieved. <laughs> <laughs> refreshed. Mm. Are you refreshed, Jake? I'm refreshed. I don't know. I, I mean, I definitely feel relieved. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me rework. You feel relieved, Jake? Are you relieved? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, it's nice to know that you're not refreshed. We're not getting a refreshed Jake for the rest of the podcast. I, mean, I didn't brush my teeth no, that, and use mouthwash or anything. I just peed. How, how is so? That's that's your definition of being refreshed is, is brushing your teeth. It, you take you take the dental angle for refreshed. <laughs> well, okay, fuck it, Jake. Let's take a break. You fucking scope it up and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> I got some really nice uh, grapefruit scope. Go for it. Let, let's Listerine this shit, and then we can <laughs> we can fucking have a refreshed Jake. All right. Jesus Christ! Uh, fucking fucking a little nitpicky there, Jake. <laughs> Paul, do you have to? Do you see what I have to deal with? I mean, it's Jake. <laughs> I feel like when we have these, when we have these, uh, these little trivial arguments <gasps> that we have, uh, whoever's coughing, you can use the mute button. All right there, <laughs> coffee cofferton. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm just joking. No, he's not kidding. Please mute when you cough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brian. I didn't need to step on you there. Yeah, no, no. Like, I feel like I feel like when we get into like these little trivial arguments, like our guests are like taken aback. They don't know how. To, like, it's all in fun. Yeah, it's one of the one of the things I miss about doing uh, weekly live shows with you in person. Is yeah, when we'd have a guest there with us, and in person they gotta be completely blank faced and and awkward. Good <laughs> yeah, that's good fun. That's fun. when we get to go cuddle in the corner if that happens. We get to look at our guests, and they're like a deer in headlights with this shit, <laughs> and it's it's just a joke. All right, let's move into our next category. It's Director of the Year. The Best Director of the Year. So when I'm on stage, I want quiet on the set. NWA, take two. 
Paul, who do you have in the third place slot for director of the year? Yeah, I have Andrew Stanton. He directed the episode Rules of Engagement from the second season of For All Mankind. Um, and it has probably my all-time favorite scene, which involves Joel Kinnaman, his wife, and their adopted daughter when she reveals where she wants to go to college. Um, I don't know if you remember that scene, but it's like... Oh, yeah. It... It, that has got to be one of the best directed, best written, and best acted scenes I've ever seen in my life. I just thought that was a master class of being able to bottle up, you know, 10 years because it all comes to a head of him feeling guilty for something that happened in the, in the first uh, season. And it just, everyone involved just does their part, and the direction is just beautiful in that, ep- especially that scene. But that whole episode is fantastic, and Andrew Staten is my third place director of the year for that. Paul, would you say that For All Mankind is the best show that people are not watching? I, I think there's a handful of shows this year for that. I think that's definitely at the top of the list. It's one of them, right? It's got to be up there. I think for all mankind, heels, trying, um, yeah, yeah, for all mankind, and like for all mankind, every episode feels like a movie. Like the way it's shot, the way it's produced, like it's some high quality TV. Yeah, and I don't think it gets enough love that it should you're absolutely right it is it is one of the best shows that nobody's watching jake you know like i last week on the episode i talked about going back revisiting james cameron's uh james cam james cameron's the abyss mm-hmm. i feel like you know like the the group of of you know people that were involved in that movie the cast and the way that the like this 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 team that had been you know working underwater and everything like the I feel like a lot of that camaraderie, you can see that in, in For All Mankind. It's, it, Jake, if you're not watching this show, you need to get, you need to fucking, seriously, you need to plow through these episodes. They're fantastic. Yeah, I, it's on my short list now of things. It, For All Mankind, Heels, The Florida Project, and To Your Eternity are the four things I have written down so far. All right, I love it. I love, it. you know what? Here's one of my, I'm going to say this. It's, it's, I, I, I should have brought it up earlier, but there was like a, there was a switch. There's like something that happened this year on the podcast that I've been waiting for to happen for a long time. And like it was an ongoing joke. And this is a compliment. It, it was an ongoing joke that, you know, when we'd bring up something, Jake would say, I didn't watch it. You know, I did not. I did not watch it. Jake, there was a part, there was a time this year where you fucking like buckled down and started watching a bunch of shit. And I noticed that, dude, and I want to say thank you for making 2021 the year where you really fucking put in the work and started watching a lot of stuff, dude. It was, it meant a lot to me, man. I, I appreciate that. I, you know, honestly, I, I really just kind of was like, I need to watch this fucking shit. It's, it's more fun to be in the conversation and just being the uh huh, uh huh, uh huh guy, you know, and, um, 
you know, there's still some weeks where just things get absolutely fucking batshit crazy and I can only watch a few things. And yeah, it's nice to not feel so guilty about it when I have my off week. It's just an off week instead of the norm. No, it was like, it was like, uh, did you watch that? And you would say, I did not. And like, it was, a, it was an ongoing joke for a while. And then like, there was this, there was a switch that happened somewhere earlier this year and you fucking, you fucking buckled down and started watching stuff and it, it, it didn't turn into, I did not. It turned into, yeah, I saw that. And it was, and that's huge for, for this podcast that you fucking, you started, you really started putting in a lot of work this year. And yeah, I fucking, I'll, I, if I could, if there was an award for that, I would fucking give it to you this year, dude. And I'm not, I'm not saying this jokingly. Like this was, this, I, this is something that I was thinking about this week and how, how that it means a lot to me personally that you're that you're doing that so thank you yeah no problem I, you're totally welcome i mean like i said it, it makes the whole experience more fun for me and if we're not having fun doing this then then what's the fucking point yeah yeah if we're not having fun doing this what's the point rebecca are you having fun doing this <laughs> Of course I am. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Rebecca just hit you button and she was like, yeah, what is the fucking point? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are having an existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca's like, oh my God. <laughs> Finally, I've, I'm agreeing with uh, something Brian said. I, I am not enjoying this. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Rebecca just drops off the call. She's just like, I just I turned into that 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 gif of Homer Simpson slowly backing into it. Yeah. yeah, I mean there's some weeks where it's rough, oh, man. I remember I remember we, when, uh, when I ask Rebecca what her fucking like director of the year is, we just hear a dial tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember the week when like Metroid Dread came out and it, Nintendo games release on Fridays and usually about 50% of the stuff we watch for the show comes out on Friday. And I'm like, no, but I just kind of hid it in my closet. And I was like, the second we're done with the episode on Saturday, because I had a, a rare Sunday off the next day, I'm playing this fucking game. And yeah, I just hid the game away, you know, watched four or five movies and shows and fucking picked that shit up Saturday night. Man, you really took one for the team there, Jay. Yeah, dude, I could have been playing Metroid Dread all fucking weekend. I know. I'm like, no, no, I didn't Whew. see that. Man, I feel your pain, brother. <laughs> uh Paul, who do you have for uh in your third place slot for director of the year? Uh oh, you just told us. <laughs> Rebecca, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe next time make it more memorable. Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Nice reverse. Woo! Man! <laughs> reverse card. <laughs> oh. yeah, I, just got, I just got hit with the draw four with my last card. Okay. I, I just napalmed your ass, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Robert Duvall. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Rebecca, who do you have as your third place for uh, Director of the Year? Yeah, uh, my third place is gonna be Edgar Wright for Last Night in Soho. Um, oh, great fucking movie. Great poll. Uh, great poll. Great poll. First of all, I saw this movie and I texted Paul as soon as I got out of it and I asked him, have you seen Last Night in Soho? And he's like, not yet. And I said, right now, it's my movie of the year. That is not a spoiler. 
because I've seen other things since, but (laughs) it's definitely up there. Um, This movie, I thought, was absolutely, I mean, I loved Baby Driver, loved Baby Driver. It was my movie of the year. It came out. I still get texts from Rebecca just raving about Kevin Spacey in Baby Driver. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh... (laughs) Every Christmas, she makes a video. Listen, if I if I stopped watching every movie that had a problematic man in it, I'd never watch anything. So I have to just put it aside. Okay, okay. Anyway, hey Jake, did 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 he make a video this year? I don't think he did. Yeah, yeah, that was. I don't a, think he did. He left us hanging. This oh man, that was that was that was like my family. That was like our Christmas tradition. We would all get to <laughs> all get together. What a Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck a Christmas story. We watched Kevin Spacey video on Christmas. <laughs> Go ahead, Rebecca. Last night in Soho. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I, I loved this movie. I thought it was so stylized. I thought the music choices were just absolutely on point like after i got out of the theater i just i went on my spotify and i just i got i just like put the album into my rotation and i listened to that album just over and over and over again uh it's all like these great songs from the 60s the costumes are gorgeous and and the direction that he he took the film with this like really interesting like murder mystery thing and is she losing her mind is she not losing her mind and when she would go back into the 60s and she would experience this other life um yeah i just i loved what edgar wright did with this movie i thought every choice was just so well thought out and very purposeful and uh yeah absolutely loved his direction here. Uh, I love the fact that Edgar Wright cast uh, that we got uh, Thomas and McKenzie in this movie. I love her. She -hmm. was so good in this. I thought between her and Anya Taylor-Joy, like, they ha- I mean, the, the, the two of those, those women are, ju- were just phenomenal in this, in this film. I, and I thought, like, her, her role of playing this student who's like, she seems to be slowly losing her mind and, and her reactions to what she sees and what, expe- what she experiences and what happens to her. I, I thought she did a phenomenal job, but Anya Taylor Joy was just incredible in this too. I mean, but she's good in everything, you know? So I mean, yeah, great, great choices on, on both of those, those actors. I love Anya Taylor Joy. Have you, what's the, what's the rumor? She's going to be in a, Oh, I can't remember the rumor. There's a there's a rumor about Anya Taylor Joy. It's like a Marvel or DC project. I can't remember. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. I'd have to look it up. Uh, okay. if, Thomas and McKenzie. If you've never seen the Ben Foster movie with her in it, uh, Leave No Trace, highly recommend. Oh, you you have talked about that movie before, I know, and I have not seen it yet. Uh, I didn't realize that she was in that as well. Yes. I think I'm going to have to like actively seek that film out because I just, I really enjoyed her in this one. Please do yourself a favor and watch Leave No Trace with her and Ben Foster. It is, it's really fucking, it's really fucking good. It is so good. Fantastic movie. Um, Jake, third place. 
Yeah, my third place is going to go to Ridley Scott. Um, he had a real return to form this year. Uh, I believe his last movie before 2021 was Alien Covenant. Is that what that shit pile was called? Yeah, Alien Covenant. Yeah. yeah, and this year he had, you know, a movie at Tupperware and a movie I high-tasted it with uh, Last Duel and House of Gucci. I Just uh, Ridley Scott, you know, back in the saddle again. I, I thought both movies were just such great fun. Both came out kind of right when it was a little bit more okay to go to the theater again. Uh, it's such a shame that The Last Duel just really bombed so hard. Uh, it seemed to really affect Ridley Scott. He seems very bitter against uh, comic book movies and popcorn movies because of the failure of the last duel but you know you can't you can't please everyone it's a hard movie to uh want to see just based on the premise and based on the trailers i can kind of see how it wasn't packing the house down (laughs) (laughs) on the friday night so uh but yeah ridley scott he's always been one of my all-time favorites uh for quite a long time he was untouchable and then he kind of had a kind of had a string of crap so it's nice to nice to see him back in the saddle again yeah, it's nice to bounce back from a string of crap. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my uh, third place is going to be uh, director Steve Kostansky for Psycho Gorman. Nice. Great Ooh. choice. <laughs> Steve Kostansky. It's, it, not only is it Psycho Gorman, but like I've kind of like wa- gone back and like watched his other catalog of films like The Void and I watched Manborg. Um, this year, and I, I I love this director, Steve Kostansky. I had the opportunity to interview him earlier in the year, and uh, God damn it, if Psycho Gorman just did not make an imprint on me this year, here's the thing with Psycho Gorman for me: it fucking like this movie. It's like, it took me back to my childhood as far as like movies that I loved when I was a kid, and and that movies that aren't coming out now, you know, um, these horror movies with comedy and stuff like that shit, like, you know, child's play and puppet master and like all these movies, like when I'd have sleepovers with friends that we would watch on like USA up all night when we had fucking, uh, you know, Gilbert Gottfried fucking hosting that shit, you know, like these are the kind of goofy fucking movies and shit that we would watch when we were kids. And it just, it really took me back to that time period in my life. And Steve, Kostansky gets it like it's I I don't know if I ever want to see him do anything huge big budget because I like where he's kind of at um you know I don't know if I ever want to see like I don't I I don't need to see Steve Kostansky get like a Marvel project or anything like that I like where he's at in this very niche kind of um movie making that he's doing so Steve Kostansky is my third place I fucking it's too bad they couldn't have got him to do the uh, Toxic Avenger remake. Dude, I would have fucking loved that. I would have fucking loved that. Um, when I interviewed him and I brought up the fact that it, you know, like Psycho Gorman kind of like took me took me back to like um, it reminded me of like trauma films. He kind of was like pushing me pushing that back though. Yeah, it, I noticed that. Yeah, I, I noticed that. That was that was such a great interview you did with him. I. I learned so much. I loved that he based that like counsel off of the episode one stuff and finding that out. Like you could kind of feel the yeah. tones, but just to hear him directly say that that was the inspiration. Yeah. Uh, it was quite a lot of fun. <laughs> it's nice to hear a, a fellow prequel lover. Yeah. What well, people like, I saw him on video. So we're talking, I see him on video. What people did like when you, when you listen to it, um, you don't really like there was, a, there was some pushback definitely when I, when I brought up trauma and, and that kind of stuff. He, you know, I'm sure he has respect for it, but 
I could tell just by his, like the way he was like his facial expression when I brought it up, it was kind of like, no, it's like, that's not my inspiration. Like I wasn't trying to go with trauma. There's, you know, I have other things that I'm into. So yeah, but, uh, um, it makes sense. He doesn't want to seem like he's just doing a copy and paste job and making new movies. I, I can see where he's coming from. Well, he's a little bit younger than me too. So, you know what I mean? So like, I'm thinking trauma and he's thinking, he's thinking other things, you know, so, um, Paul, what is your second place director? Yeah. My second place is going to go to John Watts. Um, I think with the amount of hype and expectations going into this movie, at least for me, I think he did a great job of harnessing everything to tell a really, what's the movie dude, just in case people don't know. Well, it's this little indie movie called Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, shit, Sorry, that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that one. I don't know if you've seen it yet. It might um, not have been in your town. <laughs> Sorry about that. Dude, so, I can't uh, believe it. Spider-Man No Way Home is still in the IMAX, Jake. Yeah, yeah. What are they going to do, put Matrix in there instead? I, dude, it's, it's crazy, though. It's like it feels like that IMAX slot is good for one week, right? Yeah. Well, if you save the entire theater in industry, I think you get an extra week pass. Dude, it's been in, it's been in the, I, it, I feel like it's been in IMAX for like three weeks now, dude. It's crazy. It's still there right now. It's still there now. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to knock it out. Probably Scream. Scream. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I think he did a great job. There were, he, he helped really capture everything we wanted to see some stuff we didn't know we wanted to see i just thought it was such a monumental task of hype to live up to especially that we created amongst ourselves and i think he really was up to the task so he is my second place director of the year for spider-man no way home john fucking watts getting some fucking love on pcl man i fucking love it dude yeah great pick great fucking pick paul thank you Rebecca, how are you gonna how are you gonna top John Watts, Rebecca? How do you I, I, how do you follow up with John Watts, Rebecca? I mean, I doubt I can, but I'm gonna d- just give my number two pick and see what happens. Um, my uh, number two choice is Adam McKay for Don't Look Up, um, which is I saw on Netflix. Um, I have enjoyed Adam McKay's style of comedy and humor and direction for quite some time now. Like when he was doing the Funny or Die stuff, I, I loved. I enjoyed his movie um, Vice. Uh, about Dick Cheney. And so this movie, I thought it's some of the best stuff I've seen Adam McKay do. The humor, the satire, the absolute parallels to everyday life that we've lived through now. Um, One minute I was rolling, laughing hysterically, and the next I'm tearing up because it just felt too real. Um, And I thought, with with such a stellar cast, I mean, there were huge names in this cast. It would have been easy for people to get lost in 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 the many performances, and I felt like he gave real good balance to everybody to have good screen time with each other. Um, I love just the the visuals that he created. Um, just, I mean, the, I. This movie I watched late in the year, but damn if I didn't just love it. And I really, really loved what he did with it. So he he's my number two choice. I haven't seen this movie yet, Rebecca. 
I would highly recommend it. I highly recommend Don't Look Up. I watched it last Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was just really, really great. I laughed my ass off. Oh yeah, like it's it's if you're a fan of like Adam McKay and his style of of comedy, his style of humor, I think this is absolutely right up your alley. No, I I, I, this, I, I love Adam McKay. Again, I, I I watched it once and I I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. Okay. I found it a, I found it a little bit on the nose. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of stuff that is absolutely on the nose. Um, I don't know. It didn't work. It didn't bother me though. Like, not that I'm saying it bothered you, but like, it it, it worked for me. Um, I would it, love it if if Rebecca just said, "Fuck you, Jake. It's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. What the fuck are you talking about, Jake, you motherfucker? On the nose? I'd like to punch you on the nose right now, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Come on, Rebecca. Fucking stand up for your fucking number two. <laughs> don't let this motherfucker take your thunder. I don't want to punch Jake in the nose. <laughs> I like him too much. Okay. All right. You don't want to come this way. It's cold. Yeah. No, I um, I def I can't disagree that there is some stuff that is right on the nose. I I do not disagree with you at all on that. Um, I guess for me, it just everything clicked together for just me to find this to be. I think again, I really think this is probably the best thing I've seen from from Adam McKay. I love Adam McKay. I can't wait to watch oh. this movie. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch Please, it. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't I didn't like it more than Vice. I. It's like a seven out of ten for me, though. I mean, that's that's a decent score right there. And and Vice, I thought was like an excellent film. I I enjoyed that very much. I thought it was really well done. Um, but this one, it just felt so timely. And then, and yeah, yeah, Jake. That, oh, I don't. I disagree. mean, timely. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like. But like I, I can absolutely see your point of like being too on the nose, and and I get that because sometimes you're watching a thing and you're like, okay, we get it. It's supposed to be X Y Z. Like, and I understand that, but yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, it was I, too, I, too timely. It was depressing. I get it. No, and I, I don't. <laughs> no, I get it. I do because there were I there were moments in the film where I would just be laughing, and then I would. I would stop laughing. I'd be like, oh, my God, but it's it's really happening. Oh, my God, shit. And then I would get kind of down about it because it is so on the nose. But, Brian, I, I really think you should watch it, especially if you do love Adam McKay stuff. I, I would be definitely very interested to hear well, what it's you think got, about it. Well, it's got Leo in it, and then it's, it's got it's got uh, Jonah Hill. So they're, re- they're redeeming, correct, from uh- – yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. From Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Which I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, though. Jonah Hill was my least favorite part of this film, only because he plays the same character that he plays in, like, everything that he's in. And I get it. He's You can't. No. Like, drink, it, 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 okay. He fucked. The character that he played in Moneyball is not the same character he played in Superbad. Is not the same character he okay. played in Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Come on. All right. All right. All right. Fair enough. He's I got Jonah Hill's got a little bit of range. Come on. 
he does have he does have a little bit of range, but he doesn't have it in this movie. When you when he's in this movie, you're watching it. You're like, oh yeah, that's the Jonah Hill character. Okay, so basically, it's like it's like the it's like the Seth Rogen relationship bleeds into this movie or something. One hundred percent. Okay, okay, I can get that. I can get that. and, And maybe maybe it'll work for you. Maybe you'll watch it and be like, oh my god, he's great in this. I'm just saying that for me, watching Jonah Hill be the same thing I've seen him in so many other things I just feel like how many more times is he going to do this character and, and it's going to be in a film like just, again it's just the least pay, it, for me the least favorite part of the film for me was was uh, Jonah Hill Jake I've never had a friend named Jonah yeah me neither I've always wanted to fr- why don't I have a friend named Jonah because you punch everyone you meet that's not, that is not true. That is a fucking, that is a false accusation. <laughs> I have not, Paul, have I ever punched you? Uh, not physically. Paul's name's not. Oh, Paul, <laughs> Paul, have I, have I punched you emotionally? <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> Paul, you're a fucking pussy, bro. <laughs> No, no, you have not punched me emotionally or physically. So thank you. Oh my God. I want everybody that's on this podcast. I love you. I love everyone on this podcast. Why, why do you say these things? <laughs> do you really want to hurt me? Why do you, why do you say these things? You only hurt the you ones really you love, want to hurt It's tr- Jake. Do you really want to make me cry? <laughs> <laughs> do you really want to have me? Do you really want to make Brian's me like, cry? Brian's like, yes, yes, I do. Oh, dude, dude, dude that's, that's, is that George Michael? No, that's Culture Club. Culture right? Club. Oh, wow. All right. No, it's Wedding Singer. Come on. Oh god! Idiot! That's the Sandman, you motherfucker! Um, <laughs> Jake, did we get your did we get your second place? No, no, my second place is Edgar Wright. Uh, retroactively for Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, no, actually for last night and so. <laughs> oh, oh, Jake! I know. It, last year was the tenth anniversary, right? Yes. Oh, God. Scott Pilgrim versus the War- World is one of those movies. I'm going to throw this out there that when I when I first started to watch it, I didn't like it, and then uh, I I it was on Netflix and I started to watch it again, and I let the movie play out, and I was like, why in the fuck did I not like this the first time? This is one of the best movies ever fucking made. Yeah, it's it's just one of those movies. Like I, I loved it the first time I saw it, but. Every time I've seen it since, I love it more. And I, it's I just so good. Get, I go through periods where I get obsessed with this movie, and I'll, I'll just like put it on like every day for like two weeks while I'm doing things. It's just uh, it's one of my all time favorites. But uh, yeah, I, last night in Soho is really the movie that I'm I'm giving him second place for. Um, I agree with everything Rebecca said. I love the stuff that he did with the lighting and with the mirrors and just a lot of the cool effects that he did. Uh, yeah. Stuff. Very simple, like non-digital effects that like just looked really modern and really cool. It didn't seem like it was dated, but you could tell it wasn't like complete CGI. He was actually using like 
camera tricks and i thought that was really cool it kind of harkened back to like stuff peter jackson used to do with like the lord of the rings movies just uh actually physically trying to do special effects and i i, I really loved that and just such a great period piece such a great movie doesn't get enough love um edgar wright second place it's a great fucking pick jake thank you uh my second place uh goes to ridley scott jake nice <laughs> yeah for the last duel i i I thought it was great, man. I loved, I loved it. it too. It was so fucking good. I, it was brilliant because like, I, you know, you think about like one of these kind of like medieval movies, you know, and it's like the whole fact that he, he gave us this story from three different perspectives. I just thought it was very inventive. Not what is I, not what is I, what I was expecting at all, Jake. Yeah, I mean, they kind of kept the storytelling device a secret until you were watching the movie. And once you're like halfway yeah. through and you realize what's going on, you just are like biting your fingernails waiting for that third perspective. Great performances all around that he got from uh, the actors in the movie. I think that uh, uh, Adam Driver, he brought out the, some of the best shit I've seen from Adam Driver. Ben Affleck was fucking amazing. Uh, Matt Damon was fantastic. Um, just, just an incredible film. So yeah, uh, Ridley Scott for The Last Duel is, uh, my second place, uh, director. Paul, who's the best director for Paul uh, Hart in the year for, 20, in the year 2021, the year of our Lord 20, who's, <laughs> who is, who is the best director in, in the year 2021 for you, Paul Hart? For me, it is, uh, Sienna Heater for Coda. Who? <laughs> Did I say the name wrong? I don't know. I, I've never he heard this name before. Sion Heater. Sion Heater. That sounds like <laughs> fuck. Sion Heater. S I A N. S. I own a heater. S I A N Heater. H E D E R. H E D E R. Cyan Heater. Cyan Heater for Coda. Um, on Apple TV, that movie was fucking amazing. It was a great fucking movie. Great fucking movie. And the way it was shot to go from, you know, her world of hearing and the scene that just sold it for me is, um, you know, they're kind of building up to her and that boy she likes singing a duet together. Mm -hmm. And you think you're going to hear it at the talent show. And they just cut the sound, and you 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 see the whole thing from her dad's perspective, and it was one of the most powerful scenes of 2021. The way he's just seeing everybody else's facial expressions, and it's kind of a scene of heartbreak that he cannot hear how beautiful his daughter sounds, but yet he's still so proud of her. Like it's just. She did such a great job directing that movie. It was the one of the biggest surprises to me, the movie I didn't know I needed in my life. And it was just fantastically directed from start to finish. Oh, God damn it. I, I love the fact that you're given this director who, like, I, I love the movie too, Paul. I love the movie too. And uh, it's awesome that you're giving some love to the director because it's a fantastic fucking movie. It really is. Oh. Great. It's on Apple TV Plus, guys. Watch Coda. It is, it is, it is a great fucking movie. Great choice, Paul. Thank you, uh, Rebecca. Uh, your your winner for director of the year. 
For Director of the Year, I'm going with Emerald Fennell for A Promising Young Woman. Um, this was a movie that got a lot of love uh, last year as well in the Tuppies because it came out kind of at the end of the year. Um, and I didn't have a chance to watch it. And um, one of your listeners uh, very kindly hooked me up with an opportunity to watch this film. And I it's, it's a, just a masterpiece. And I thought Emerald Fennell did such an amazing job directing this. I love what she did with the imagery because all throughout there are images of halos and saints and martyrs that absolutely foreshadow something that happens toward the end of the film. Um, I thought the way that she directed Carrie Mulligan and Bo Burnham together as Cassie and Ryan was fantastic. The songs that were picked for this film, absolutely perfect. Um, and, and just on a personal note, um, she was like very, very pregnant when she was directing this film. Like, like the day after or two days after they wrapped, she gave birth. Like I just Wild. was so blown away that she was, growing a person and still directing this film and it just made me respect her even more um, for what she did here so um, she's going to get my director of the year uh, Promising Young Woman fantastic fucking movie if you have so good so yeah, shit so good. Yeah. I, 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 it felt like I had to fucking arm wrestle you to watch this movie, Rebecca. I know. I know. I just kept like forgetting about it. And, and then, and then you kind of were like, I can't believe you haven't watched it yet. And I was like, okay, I got to get on it. And no joke, like the day after that episode, um, one of your listeners did message me on Facebook and said, listen, I've got a code to the movie. Do you want it? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I do. I want to watch it. I'm gonna a hero of the year. That listener. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a fucking great movie. I felt like it. I felt like I, it was a scene in Over the Top, and I had to flip the hat backwards, and I had to fucking pin your arm <laughs> to get you to watch that fucking movie. It, no, fucking promising young woman. Fucking Tupperware of a fucking movie. Fantastic fucking film. I'm and, and great direct, great direction for that movie. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jake, who's your uh, best director? Who's your top director? Uh, my top director for this year is going to be James Gunn for The Suicide Squad. It's it's James Gunn's jump to DC after he was kind of kicked out of Marvel. And, man, he, he got to let loose. He got to go R. And I just absolutely loved it. I mean, it's – I don't think you can even compare it to Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it's yes, it's an ensemble cast, but it's just such a different story. And once again, he's just a master of putting songs into a movie that, that fit into the movie. And it's just so natural. Uh, I just love James Gunn's style. I mean, we talked about having that kind of trauma style earlier. I mean, here's a guy who actually worked for trauma, and you can still feel it in these giant – blockbuster popcorn movies i man i just love james gunn so much i i can't wait to see more can't wait to see guardians 3 and i can't wait to see more uh more warner brothers stuff with james gunn i hope he does it jake guess who my winner is this year for director of the year is it also james gunn james gunn nice Nice. great choice james gunn for the suicide squad yeah i mean uh, God damn it. Yeah, he was just an incredible fucking movie. 
Um, I loved the Suicide Squad and, uh, one of my best theatrical experiences of the year. Got to see the movie a little, I think it was like a, about a week early than the regular public. I got to go to, um, a theater in St. Louis that was showing it a week early and, uh, just had an amazing experience. I laughed my ass off. It was super fucking gory. The jokes were fucking, um, <laughs> just, just, uh, just incredible. I was just uh, laughing my ass off. I love seeing James Gunn in this R-rated, uh, DC world. And, um, yeah, th- I, this is the movie that I think, god damn it, if it, it I don't, you like, <laughs> it didn't fucking blow up the box office, sadly. No, it was kind of a flop. But I fucking loved it, man. I fucking loved it. And I think, for me, it's like I, I can't wait for the Peacemaker series. Like I'm not blown away by the trailers from the Peacemaker series, but I can't wait for it. It's still James Gunn, so yeah, he's probably holding the best stuff. For the I hope so. Show, yeah, and uh, yeah, he's directing like the first episode and the last episode. I believe is what's going on. So I'm, I'm cool with that. So yeah, James Gunn for me is the is the director of the year. Uh, Paul, who do you have? Do you have any honorable mentions for director of the year? Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, James Gunn was so close to making the top for me. Uh, I got Adam McKay for Don't Look Up, Sean Levy for Free Guy, and then uh, Jim O'Hanlon for the season finale of Trying. Rebecca, who do you have as uh, honorable mentions? I've got Amy Poehler for Moxie. Um, which was just a phenomenal movie that came out earlier this year. I, I was so impressed by Amy Poehler's job directing that film. Uh, also James Gunn for The Suicide Squad. Nicole Regal for Holler. Um, she's a newer director who hasn't done a ton of stuff. This was kind of her first big project. This was a movie, um, pretty much about like a small Midwest town. It relies on industry as its main employer, but all the plants are closing up. People are living in poverty. They're struggling. And she, the story is about Ruth, a young, uh, a young teenage girl who, um, basically takes on this job with her older brother where they like, go, they like break into factories and they like strip down the metal and they sell it and it's like super illegal and it's a very like cutthroat industry because there's other groups of people who are kind of doing the same thing and trying to eke out a living um and it's one of these things of like you know people want her to go to college and and get an education and she's like why i want to stay here like this is all i know and um her her choice of like using like lots of grays and dark colors in the palette of this film like really reflect like this young girl's life and the choices that um, she that that she's left to make, and it, it was I thought a very ambitious uh, project for somebody who hadn't done a lot before. Um, c- kind of in that same vein, also Emma Emma Seligman for Shiva Baby, which was another sort of little indie project I saw. Um, this was also the first film that Emma has has done, and it was. It's told within a span of like an hour and like 20 minutes. It's really short and it's about like, uh, it's just what it sounds like. They go to it. This family goes to a Shiva and, um, somebody brings a baby and it's kind of like a, a thing of like, you don't bring babies to a Shiva cause it's supposed to be like a quiet event. And, um, but the, the stories around the people at the Shiva and sort of the exploration of like 
what it is to be part of a very small Jewish community. Um, it almost made this feel like a horror film. It was so tense. Um, and I thought that the way that she dressed her characters, the way that she had them interact absolutely blew me away. Um, Matt Lipsy, who directed Ted Lasso season two, episode eight, which was all about fathers and sons. I thought it was the best episode of the season. Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. I, I almost hate having him as an honorable mention. He's really almost like a number four. Um, I thought Belfast was a masterpiece. I thought he did an amazing job with that film. Rebecca Hall for Passing which I thought was another great black and white film choice this year. And then finally, Bert and Bertie, who directed Hawkeye episode three, which I thought was probably the most action-packed episode of the whole series. Um, one of the best episodes of TV I've seen this year. Uh, yeah, those are all my honorable mentions. All right, Jake, uh, what do you have for honorable mentions? Uh, I've got Byron Howard and Jared Bush for Encanto. Um, I have John Watts for No Way Home. Had to give him some love. It's hard to believe it was even the same director as the previous two uh, Spider-Man movies. Um, I also have uh, Steve Kostansky for Psycho Gorman as an honorable mention. Um, Del Toro for Nightmare Alley. And The Bullets for The Harder They Fall. You know, up until doing research for the Tupperwares, I thought the bullets was like a group of two people, like maybe two brothers or two sisters or a sister and a brother. That's one guy, one guy that calls himself the bullets. I thought it was a basketball team in Washington at one time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just so impressive that an entire basketball team could direct a movie. Like I know the Washington bullets. Yeah. They can't get on the same page on the court, but somehow they were able to uh, unify their vision for this movie. Speaking (laughs) of the bullets, the bulls beat your ass last night. Bulls on a nine Oh fucking winning streak. Number one in the East. The bulls are the beast in the East, baby. Yeah. I'd like to see the bulls make a dope ass Western. Fucking God damn it. The Bulls are the number one team in the NBA Eastern Conference standings, Jake. It's crazy. We should go to a playoff game this year. I'm going to a playoff game this year. I'm actually tempted to go to uh I'm actually tempted to go to a regular season game in February. They're playing uh who is it they're playing? Oh fuck, I can't remember. Philadelphia. I, actually- I think they're playing Philadelphia seventy sixers on a Sunday at like two thirty and shit. I'm thinking about fucking getting some tickets going to that game. I signed up for notifications on the playoff tickets the second they go on sale. Oh, dude, I'm fucking, I'm buying playoff tickets for the Bulls this year. You bet your fucking ass, dude. Oh, my God. Fucking DeMar DeRozan is killing it this season. DeMar- if, they play, if they play Milwaukee in the playoffs, I'll sit by you guys. Fucking A, dude. Yeah, if 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 the Bulls play, if they go up against Milwaukee, Paul, we we got to sit together. I'm gonna. Fu- I'll buy a fucking Demar Derozan jersey. Yeah, that, that would be fucking epic, dude. Dude, that'd be really fucking cool, man. Oh my god, they're fucking. They're, they're fucking bench. Last game. The last game against the Wizards. Their their bench scored over fifty points. Their bench was killing it, man. Bulls bench is deep this year. Fucking Io DeSumo is fucking killing it out of Illinois, dude. That kid is, that kid has got some game, man. I fucking, I'm loving this season. I'm loving Chicago this season, man. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a Bulls fan in 2021. I'm telling you, dude. It's uh, 2022. It's fucking great. That's, <laughs> it, it that's is. how I felt last year too. 
uh, being a Bucks fan. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, that's crazy. You go to if if Bulls fans go up to a Bucks game when the Bucks play the Bulls, man. There's so many Bulls fans at Bucks games. It's crazy. It's almost. I don't know. I went to an Indiana game in Indiana when the Bulls were playing against Indiana. And there was as many Bulls fans as there was Indiana fans there that day. It's crazy. Oh, I bet. I bet. Same. Yeah, thing yeah. With, same with Milwaukee. You're just like a few hours north, so. Yeah. If the Bucks play the Bulls in the playoffs, I will try to. It'd be cool if we could all sit together. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. If that happens, we'll figure it out, man. That'll be great. That'll be oh, great. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm loving the Bulls this season. Um. Oh, uh, is it my honorable mentions time? Yes. Okay. Honorable mentions. Uh, Regina King for One Night in Miami. Um, I don't know. I think this movie might have came out at the end of 2020. I don't know. I can't remember. Fuck it. I'm going to give Regina King some love for One Night in Miami, which, uh, it had, uh, you know, a bunch of actors playing Cassius Clay, Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X, their, their night in Miami when they talked about, uh, being successful black men during the six, uh, during the civil rights movement. That movie was fucking incredible. Regina King in her directorial debut, she fucking killed it. Um, John Watts for Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Frank Oz for Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself. I fucking love that special. Love that special. I believe it's on Hulu. Highly recommend. Oh, That's that a great pick. So great pick. Yeah. Went to the theater this year. There was one fucking theater playing this movie, and I fucking loved it. Uh, Ed Helms and uh, it was Ed Helms and Patty Harrison, and they started in a movie called Together Together that I fucking loved. And I'm gonna give some love here to Nicole Beckwith, the director of Together Together. Uh, Pete Segal, he directed six episodes out of the eight episodes of Heels. And I fucking, mm. Heels was my show of the year. So Pete Seagull, you get my fucking, you get a director honorable mention. Mike Flanagan, who directed, uh, created and produced Midnight Mass on Netflix. That fucking show is amazing. Rebecca Hall, who directed Passing. I actually got to see this movie in the theater and I fucking loved Passing with Ruth Nega. Um, Fucking uh oh what's what's her what's her name? What's her what's the other one's name? She plays Valkyrie. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Thank you. I'm drunk, guys. I've been drinking all goddamn night. Um <laughs> Rebecca Hall, who directed Passing, uh with Ruth Nega and uh, Tessa Thompson. And then uh honorable mention to my personal friend and a guy that cast me in a fucking movie, Matthew Chikella, who directed a movie called Without Grace. And I just, nice. want, I want to thank, I want to thank my friend Matthew Chikella for fucking thinking of me. He didn't have to, but he fucking thought of me and he said, I'm going to cast my friend Brian, a podcast that's inspired me. And, um, Matthew Chikella directed a movie called Without Grace. He cast me as a fucking waiter in the movie. Name me Brian. I've got my own IMDB page now, Jake, because of this guy. I owe a lot to him. It's like something I can cross off my bucket list. I'm in a fucking movie. And oh. um I got to give awesome. I, I got to give some props and love and um all the fucking love and flowers in the world to Matthew Chikella. So um thank you Matthew Chikella for for an experience of a fucking lifetime for me. I'm not even kidding there. Like it was nerve-wracking. 
but at the end of the day, I had a fucking blast doing it. It's something that I will, um, I will take with me forever. Like, it, seriously, I, you guys have no idea how much that means to me. Like, Jake, we start this podcast and then a guy that listens to this podcast gets, he listens to this podcast. He's a fan of me. He's a fan of our show and he fucking, re- he gets a fucking deal to make a movie, he reaches out to me and says, I'm going to cast this fucking podcaster who i've never (laughs) who i've never met or talked to in a fucking movie and he did it and he gave me speaking lines and people can right now go on amazon voodoo all these different fucking sites they can rent this movie without grace and at the 37 minute mark they can watch me pop into frame and be a waiter for these two people out on their first date it's fucking it's an incredible experience and matthew chakella you are a hard fucking worker this guy fucking busts his fucking ass and i could tell when he was making the movie he was he's invested he's invested in his actors he listens to his actors and he he's invested in what he's doing and he puts it all out there man so matthew chakella you get all the flowers you fucking get you're fucking awesome dude thank you man thank you for an experience of a lifetime i can't thank this guy enough that's awesome awesome all right guys let's jump into our next category uh female actor of the year female actor of the year Whitney Houston gets me going every time. She's, oh yeah, I was bopping my head. I'm so. like, oh shit, I'm gonna start shifting again. Whitney Houston's on. I, <laughs> I, in my opinion, in my opinion, Whitney Houston, best female singer of all time. Best female singer of all time. It's a solid argument. It is. Yeah. You can make an argument yeah. for it. Yep. You can't. You can't. No. You. You like. Uh, you can't touch this. Is what I say when it comes to. Is what I. That's what I say. She's too legit to quit. She's too legit to quit. The Whitney Houston. Wow. Good. Whoa. All right, Paul. Who do you have uh, as your third place uh, female actor of the year? I have Esther Smith from Trine. Um, a lot of these. How old is Esther Smith? I think she's like 29. Jesus 30? Christ, that's an old lady name. It is an old Well, my daughter's name is Hazel. That's right. like the oldest lady name. <laughs> that, is a, that, <laughs> that, that, is, that is an old lady name. So, there we go. Do you remember, uh, Jake, do you remember there was a 50 sitcom? 50, 50 sitcom about a, a housemaid called Hazel? No, I don't. Everybody used to ask us if that's what we named her after. And you know why, Paul? Because they were old and they, they watched that. My 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 dad grew up watching Hazel. Yeah, yeah. That's the name of the show, Hazel. Yes, Jake. The name of the show was Hazel. It was about a it was about a maid. Okay. And I and I just looked him in the eye. I say, no, she's named after a very graphic comic book called Saga by Brian K. Vaughn. By Brian K. Vaughn, and which comes staples. back on June 29th. That is exciting. Is it June 29th or 26th? I can't remember. Is it 26th? I don't know the exact date. I'm asking the guy that fucking gives the, 
Uh, 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 the big guy that fucks the lady with the scorpion. Oh, wow. <laughs> of course, you don't know when it's coming back, Paul. Paul, so of it's I don't know. it's fucking twenty nine year old Esther. What's her name, Esther? Esther Smith. Esther Smith. Um, yeah, she's from the TV show Trying. What's really cool is like a lot of times when you watch a movie or anything about adoption, they show you the end result of the happy family. But this one really shows the struggles that they go through of trying to actually get a kid and the heartbreak of finding out she can't physically have a kid. And yet she just plays it with so much grace and humility and the chemistry she has with Rafe Spall is just fantastic. She She's going to be one of these actresses we're going to hear a lot more of in the future. She just has that it factor. She just has that smile. She's just so charming. She is absolutely fantastic, and she kills it in this role as Nikki. Did you, did you guys know that Esther is also the name of a vitamin? Esther C. I did not know that either. Oh, I didn't know that. Rebecca, did you know that Esther is also a vitamin? Esther C. Did not know that. No. Do you, are you guys interested in what Esther C does for the human body? Yeah, tell me. <laughs> what is Esther C good for? Uh, if you do that search on Google, it is needed to maintain the health of skin, cartilage, teeth, bone, and blood vessels. It is also used to protect your body's cells from damage. It is also known as an antioxidant. I also think that Esther C is a good name for an elderly rapper. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. The old lady from The Wedding Singer. Yeah, I'm Esther C, and I'm here to say it's going to take vitamins every day. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice freestyle. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Jake, I'm going eight mile. I'm going eight mile. I was going to say fucking Anthony Mackie's dropping his microphone. And I know. Up yeah. Fuck, right now. fuck you, yeah. Papa Doc. Fuck you, Papa Doc. Esther <laughs> C in the hizzy. Yeah, little Papa Doc, bitch. <laughs> Clarence. <laughs> Rebecca. Yo. Oh shit! Rebecca went. She, Rebecca went rapper there with us. Yo yo yo. <laughs> Rebecca went yo MTV raps on us, Jake. <laughs> yo ding dong yo. Who's the third place female actor of the year? Is it is it another an old lady name? Uh, no, it's not an old lady. You know, my grand my great grandma, her uh, her her name was Jake. Listen to this old lady name. This is a this is an old lady name forgotten. Alta. Oh man, that's a good oh. one. Alta. Doesn't that sound that doesn't that sound like something like fucking Nissan, like the new Nissan Alta? Yeah. Doesn't that sound like a like a, like a, like a Nissan car? Like Nissan, the Nissan Alta. I was thinking like a hidden Starbucks size I didn't know about. Oh, the, the Alta. I'll take, a, I'll take an Alta size caramel macchiato, please. <laughs> hey, d- hey, Jake, do you do you, do you go to Starbucks? I do. I'll, I got a five dollar gift certificate. I won't ever use it. You want it? Yeah, I will take that. I think you can just uh, send me a picture of that, and I can put it on my app. I'll send you a picture, bro. It's all yours. I'm glad we're taking time out of the tuppies to fucking do this right now on the podcast. 
I am giving you an honorable mention on Hero of the Year now. God damn it, Jake. I was just about to say, can we go back to Hero of the Year? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just contributing to another bullshit break you're going to have on a future episode is all I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point Rebecca's just waiting to give us her fucking pick she's just like god damn it stop talking about coffee you son of a bitch (laughs) can I give you my fucking pick I mean whenever you're ready Okay, which which Star Trek actor would you like to name it's not I know (laughs) it's not a Star Trek actor right now (laughs) Rebecca Rebecca have you had your Rebecca it's been a while since we talked have you Uh, have you had your fill of me yet is it like I want to know how far um, are we like there's like there's like a Rebecca Bryan meter there there is are you are you almost are you at the tipping point are you close to the tipping point no, my my Brian tolerance is quite high. Okay, I, I'm at like the halfway point. You're at the halfway point. All right. Oh, yeah. Wow, wow. My gut yeah. said it was like a half an hour away. Yeah, I thought we were yeah. closer than that. I'm gonna have to step up my game, Jake. <laughs> I know. I know. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Rebecca, who do you have in your third place? Uh, I have Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Uh, this came out way early 2021. I, I think it came out like January 2nd or something. Um, this was a movie about a woman. Uh, she In the, the film, she's married to Shia LaBeouf. They have a child at home. They have a home birth. And basically, minutes, even less after she gives birth, um, something just happens and their baby does not make it. And basically, we watch her we watch this woman slowly unravel over several months where she really has not been able to process the death of her child. And it causes her to isolate herself from her family, from her partner. Um, and I mean, her grief is, is just palpable on the screen. Like you could, you feel it that this, this grief and this sadness, like, she pushes everybody away from her because she doesn't know how to process this this loss. And, you know, people are telling her she should sue the midwife who was present and and that will give her closure. And, and she she they eventually do even go to trial. But like it's she realizes like it's not nothing will ever bring her closure. And she kind of has to be OK with that. I, I just thought the her performance was absolutely incredible and um yeah, her her that that performance stuck with me all year and so she's my my number three choice. That's a great pick. I fucking love Vanessa Kirby. She's amazing. I, I think she is just she was in the crown also and I thought season two of the crown that she was in, I, I thought she practically stole that that show. Wasn't I, she in Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah, she was in Hobson Shaw. Yeah, she was. I would also like to say, wasn't she in Mission Impossible? She was in Mission Impossible. And she was fucking awesome in Mission Impossible. And she was fucking amazing in Hobson Shaw. And um, yeah, Pieces of a Woman. She is. That's a great pick, Rebecca. She is. She's She's phenomenal in that. She's really good. Just so. I mean, 
to watch what happens in that film and see how she reacts because it's like the film presents her as like, she's always making right choices or like she is a perfect person. She's not, you know, she's making choices that aren't good for her and they aren't good for her partner, but she doesn't know what else to do. Like she cannot move past this event and it's just so heartbreaking and she's so good in it. Like I, I, it it really stuck with me this whole year. Jake, would you watch YouTube videos of me taking uh, videos of me on YouTube and they're called Mission Impossible and I take those mission flour tortilla shells and I try to I just put random crazy shit in there and try to eat it? Mm, immediately no. Fuck you. <laughs> really? You should do that on TikTok. You'd probably go viral. I would go viral. Mission Impossible. Viral I take those Mission flour tortillas and I just put random shit in it and I try to eat it. Like, <laughs> Why not? And I don't know what it is that I'm eating. You know what I mean? Like people just put whatever the fuck they want into and I just fucking like I'm blindfolded and I just start I just start chowing down. Okay, I'm in. The blindfold sold me. Oh, the blindfold sold you. Maybe wait for the whole pitch, Jake, before you fucking cross it off. Yeah, I thought that was the whole pitch. You asked me my opinion. I figured when you're asking me my opinion, I've been given all the information, but you were withholding the blindfold. I was blindfolded. You were – oh, God. You're you're impossible to deal with sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you just – yeah, you can't ha- just hold out. Just wait for me to finish the pitch. My my ele- our elevator ride was not done yet, Jake. All right, all I, right. You asked me if I would watch it. I thought that was the time right. that I had gotten all the information. All right, no, you had you hadn't. You fucked up, Jake. You done. <laughs> done. Next time you ask, I'm going to be like, "Are you sure you've given me all the information?" Hey, thank you. You need to clarify. <laughs> that 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 is that's on you, buddy. That was on me. That that's was. on you, buddy. Okay. You're taking you're taking that on the chin. Ryan would suck on Shark Tank. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> in poker, we call that string betting. Mm. <laughs> All right, uh, Jake. Uh, yeah, third place, female actor of the year. Uh, my third place is going to go to Rosemond Pike for both uh, "I Care a Lot," a uh, Netflix movie, and her role in "Wheel of Time." I I thought she was just so great, and I care a lot as that like villainous court appointed guardian character. And man, you just really wanted to see her fucking get her just desserts by the end of this. It was a fucking great movie. Oh, I and totally then, forgot yeah. about that movie until you just brought it up. Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a good. Lot of fun. It was almost hard to watch. It was, it was hard like, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it a lot when you were talking about uh shrink next door. Cause it, definitely gave me uh some of that same anxiety that you were describing like oh i just can't believe this is happening yeah uh, yeah. at least here it wasn't real people which makes it even worse yeah and then yeah i mean she was you know an executive producer and moraine one of my favorite characters from the wheel of time books and i thought she really did that character justice she really brought moraine to life and uh one more notch in her hat. She actually did the audiobook for the first Wheel of Time book and just released it last month. And you haven't heard anything until you've heard Roseman Pike do gruff male pirate voices. So, yeah, get on that. 
I recently called Wheel of Time in our Discord chat the Wheel of Snooze. (laughs) (laughs) True story, Jake. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Not everyone's (laughs) cup of tea, but yeah, I fucking love it. Uh, My third place is going to be Zendaya for uh, Malcolm and Marie, which came out on Netflix. And uh, I I love that. It had... uh, What's what's his name? It's uh, John. John David Washington, Denzel's son. Yeah, he's Denzel's son. I know he's Denzel's son. Oh, okay. Sorry, that wasn't a. It was more of a question of his. It was more a question of his name. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, Zendaya. I thought Zendaya was fucking incredible in that movie. You know what? I, you know what? I'm, you know what I'm really hyped for is uh, Euphoria you, season you, two. Euphoria season two comes out tomorrow on fucking uh, HBO Max, Jake. Yeah, lots of hype. Ah, uh, did did you watch Euphoria season one? Not a single episode. You motherfucker! It's great. Michelle watched it and said I would hate it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just don't watch it. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> you'll, you'll be like, yeah, I watched the first episode. Yeah, I I missed the week where we reviewed it, and then Michelle watched it, and I was like, okay, I trust you. Did Michelle like it? She didn't like it? No, she loved it. Good. Michelle. Michelle's like, she's an honorable mention for Hero of the Year. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I think she was in your camp. She didn't want to hear me say anything negative. Yeah, yeah. Michelle, Michelle, <laughs> Michelle's on the pulse, man. That fucking show, Euphoria is fucking great. But Zendaya was incredible in Malcolm and Marie. I, I, I thought it was a, I mean, it's basically, it's, it's, it's her and John David Washington and they're just acting off each other and she is just so goddamn good in that fucking movie. So I'm going to give it to Zendaya. Uh, Paul, uh, second place. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Emma Stone as Cruella Deville. Dude, great I, fucking choice, dude. I was that it was a movie I felt didn't need to be made, especially because I loved the Glenn Close version, and I just loved her take on it. I loved the punk rock edge, all of it. I thought. She was very charming when she needed to be. She was downright evil when she wanted to be. And she also really tugged at your heartstrings. Like, she really helped you sympathize. You know, like, the first pitch is, like, how in today's society can we get behind a character like Cruella de Vil or even want to see a movie? Isn't Cruella to 101 Dalmatians the way that Wicked is to The Wizard of Oz? Oh, I I 100% agree. And it's funny, you know, like, I think... I think Cruella, Cruella Part Two is going to be a whole different take on 101 Dalmatians because it definitely sets the character up as a little as like vastly different from the cartoon character. I hope it just I hope it goes balls out. I hope it's like her just fucking putting dogs through a meat grinder and eating them like like manwich hamburgers. Well, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to see Emma Stone eating dog burgers. 
Yeah, I'm shocked by this pitch from you. <laughs> Jake, that is not what I want to see. Wait, is I, it's I, over? Wait, Jake, is the pitch over? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it over? <laughs> is it over, Brian? Please. <laughs> no, Jake, hold on, hold on. I want to see her eating dog burgers blindfolded. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's in. Jake's in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll stay awake during this crap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, I, I I love I loved her I loved her in this movie so she's my second second place act female actor of the year dude that's a fucking great choice Rebecca second place my second place is Barbara Crampton for Jacob's wife uh, what I don't even I have no idea what you just said I, I don't know I've never met this woman and I'm not married to her. <laughs> Barbara Crampton for chick. Yeah, this sounds ma- this this pick sounds like it's made up. Like Rebecca's just making shit up. <laughs> this it's Rebecca, this I made up in my head. <laughs> the, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Barbara Crampton. Yes. For Jacob's choice, straight out of Crampton. <laughs> White. <laughs> Not choice. <laughs> Jake, okay, okay, okay. Barbara Crampton, straight out of Crampton. <laughs> okay, this. Okay, okay. My mind is blown. I have no idea. Like, I feel like I'm listening to like a like another language. Like, I fucking, I have no idea what you're saying right now. Uh-huh. Is it, uh, is it because I assume you just haven't heard of the movie? I've never heard of Barbara Crampton. I've never heard of Jacob's Choice. Yeah, like, this is just like, I feel like I need a Rosetta Stone to this fucking understand. Sophie's Choice. It is Jacob's I was gonna say, I don't know. Yeah, like, I have, I, oh. I, can't, I can't even piece together the title of the movie. It's two words. <laughs> Jacob's wife oh well rebecca together i have i have drank six beers i have <laughs> so please please wow, forgive she me she was in the original reanimator yeah, she is a legend in a lot of like uh these older horror films Barbara uh Hampton. yes she was in the original reanimator nice. um so uh, the this movie it was on so it's it's definitely you know a spooky movie. Uh, she is, she plays Anne. Her husband is Jacob. Hence the title of the movie, Jacob's Wife. Oh um, shit! I know. Clever. It all comes clever. together. I know. I know. It's not just a clever name. It actually is something related to the movie. Um, basically, this is a woman who's been married to this man who he's a preacher. She suppressed like every ounce of flair, color, spontaneity in her life. And she's like the perfect minister's wife. Um, but this movie, it doesn't go in a direction you think it's going to go because she um, runs into a vampire. She is bitten by a vampire. But it, this vampire that bites her, she's like like the queen of the vampires, I guess, kind of. And so it, it turns this woman who has been like 
not being her true self all these years, now suddenly she cuts her hair and she starts wearing more makeup and she's like wearing all these fashionable clothes and it turns her like into a totally different person. And the vampire that bit her is called the master. And she basically offers her this like big choice toward the end of the film of like, you could join me and pretty much have anything you ever wanted. And you can rise above all of these people that just want to keep you down and she has to choose if she wants to go with the master or if she wants to stay with her husband. And this was a movie I didn't expect to, like, enjoy as much as I did. But Barbara Crampton's performance as the wife in here and how she, like, transforms herself is uh, – it's well worth watching this movie. It's on Shudder. So if you've got, you know, the, that that bundle with Amazon where you can get, like, AMC Plus – uh, you, you've got Shudder. I highly recommend the movie, and Barbara Crampton is amazing in it. Rebecca, I have AMC Plus, and so yeah, I, I need watch to. It. Watch I it. I should. I, I, I should. You would enjoy it. I should be watching some Barbara Crampton and Jacob's Bar- wife. Barbara yeah. Crampton in the original Puppet Masters. Yeah, she's got a. If you look at her IMDb page, are you talking? Are you talking well-known. about? You talking about the Puppet Master movies from like the the, the ones that I love, Jake? Yeah, she's in the very first one and in one of the future sequels. Holy fucking shit. So you've definitely seen the Oh, I've definitely seen the old Crampster. I've <laughs> <laughs> been to Cramptown. I've been the, Dude, dude, I'm mayor of Cramptown. What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> what are you talking about? You better back off. That's my wife you're talking about. <laughs> Jacob's wife. <laughs> Stop, dude. Who's one of you is cramping my style? <laughs> <laughs> Barbara Crampton. Don't be talking. Barbara Crampton. I. That's the last name I would expect to hear in in the in the tuppies this year. Jake is is Barbara Crampton, and we got a Barbara Crampton. Yeah, yeah. Every year, big surprise, dude. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Like I had already watched Die Hard. I had watched. Um, what other Christmas? I'd watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'd watched a bunch of Christmas movies, and I was just like, "Fuck it." Um, I, I I was watching Puppet Master Two on Christmas Day. Hmm. Dude, that's the way I roll. I like to watch the most non-traditional Christmas movies possible. It's a I watch Alien every year for Christmas. So oh I yeah, get it. yeah. No, like I grew up on the Puppet Master movies. I love those. Fuck, they're so cheesy, and I just I love the Puppet Master movies. So. Yeah, I'll watch this. Fucking, I've got AMC Plus. AMC Plus, if you can get AMC Plus, it's a great, I, I think it's a great fucking service. You get some Sundance shit in there. You get the AMC Plus. You get to watch some, like, a lot of the AMC stuff, like, a week before it hits the fucking service. And, um, and then you get all the shutter stuff. I think it's, I think it's worth it. Um, Rebecca, thank you for bringing that up. Like, it's like one of the, we haven't had you on in forever, and it's like, what's Rebecca been up to? Rebecca's been watching Jacob's Wife. I, I know. I've watched a lot of interesting stuff this year. I know. It's like, it's like, what is Rebecca doing without PCL? And it's like, she brings up Jacob's Wife, Barbara Crampton. It's like, what the fuck? 
It's like <laughs> it's like I don't even know you anymore. I know. It's like I'm a different person. You are. You're like are a different you? person. You're coming in here. You're like hipster Rebecca coming in here with like wearing her <laughs> wearing her Barbara Crampton shit. You know, <laughs> doing her cramp walk. <laughs> yeah. Look, <laughs> like is that like a crab walk kind of joke, Jake? Yeah, a little bit. A little yeah. bit, Jake. I, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, who do you have in second place? Oh, Jake, Jake's like Barbara Crampton. <laughs> Barbara Crampton for my wife. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I didn't jump in there and I just kept making jokes. I, that was kind of rude of me. Uh, my, my second place is Kate Winslet from uh, Mayor of Easttown on HBO. I just – such a role for her. Uh, to me, one of her career-defining roles and like just – man, I just really thought she gave it her all – like it was the first time I ever saw Kate Winslet and thought of her as like an older woman. And she just had so many, so much burden and so much stress and so many family issues and such a nuanced character. And even just the smallest facial expressions, you could read so much out of what was going on with her. Like when she would go out on dates with Guy Pierce, you could just read the emotion right on her sleeve. And yeah, I got to give second place to Kate Winslet. I know it's no Crampton, but <laughs> what are you going to do? I got to follow that. How do you follow Barbara Crampton? I know, I know. Jesus, thank God it wasn't first place. Oh my! I, no, I love the fact that Rebecca fucking brought us Barbara Crampton in the 2021 Tuppies. I love it. Yeah, the part that was really shocking to me was that it, it's a Shutter show. I, ne- I never would have guessed that Rebecca was going to nominate oh. someone from a Shutter. Rebecca's not a kind of traditionally hate horror. Rebecca, you're not a horror person. Well, I'm not, but uh, you know, the last two years, I Scott Schuette has invited me to be part of his Spooky Fest series. Yeah, um, look at you stepping out of your comfort I zone, know, stepping outside of my comfort zone, <sighs> watching some scary movies, you know, spooky movies, whatever. And uh, this was one of them that I watched first for uh, for Spook Fest. Uh, Paul, you you sound like a Halls commercial over there coughing. I wasn't coughing. Who was coughing? No, it wasn't me. I, I swear to God. Is, is that the ghost of Barbara Crampton coughing? It might be. It might be. She might I, be. I, I might swear. Be. I swear I heard coughing. Jake, she's all choked up. I don't think she expected to get any kind of nomination. Yeah. Yeah, I know. She's like really up. She's like very, very like moved. <laughs> Jake, did you hear coughing? Or is that just me? I did not hear it. Oh, my God, Jake. This is the this is the spookiest episode of the Tuppies we've ever done, bro. This is spooky as shit, dude. My second, pl- oh Jake, did you you gave your second place? Yeah, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah, my second place is Elizabeth Olsen from uh, nice. WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. I I just I thought. Uh, I thought she, I thought Elizabeth Olsen fucking killed it. Like, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's basically the way that she played, um, the different, uh, sitcom eras. Um, you know, giving kind of, uh, the, the love to like, you know, like the Bewitch series and the way that she, that she, it, it feels like she really embodied like the housewife from those, 50s and 60s sitcoms it was it was actually just an incredible performance that she put on i'm not gonna lie i at night um 
there's a lot of time where I'll go to Antenna TV and I'll just, I'll sit there and I'll watch part of like a Bewitched Marathon. I like going back and watching a lot of the old sitcoms. It just puts me in a good mood. I grew up watching a lot of Gilligan's Island, Bewitched, I, uh, I Dream of Jeannie. And every once in a while, I just like to go back and like before I go to bed, I'll just like to put on a few episodes of like these old shows. And she really paid homage to like those those uh, actors that that played those characters, and she did justice to the, to to what they did. I, it, it's an amazing talent to to do that. It, it's it's definitely um, it's acting of its time, and it's got its own cheesiness. But to try to replicate that now in the year 2021 was pretty amazing. It was an amazing feat. So I, I think Elizabeth Olsen needs to get some love for her performance in WandaVision. So I'm going to give it that's to a, a, That's a great pick. I, I always think of her uh, her delivery of, I'm married to a man, a human one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. She's so good. She's so good. Yeah. She stepped right out of those like sitcoms. And just to do every episode, it's a whole new era and a whole new acting style. It was pretty impressive. It was very impressive. Uh, Paul, who's your winner for uh, Female Actor of the Year? Yeah, I'm going to go with Amelia Jones as Ruby Rossi in the film Coda. I think I don't think anyone else could have pulled off the type of performance she did. Uh, when you read about it, she did so much research and took so many ASL classes and really worked with people in the deaf community to get that character as perfect as she could. Um, she brought so much heart and expression and you know, like frustration and joy and love. And like, we've seen the coming of age story done so many times, but this had one of the freshest takes on it. And I think for her, for hardly having any roles up until now, she firmly took control of that movie and she just did not let go of it. So Amelia Jones is my female actor of the year. Amelia Jones. Awesome, Paul. Um, Coda, great fucking movie. People watch it. All right, Rebecca, who's your, uh, who's your winner? So my winner for act, for female actor of the year is going to be Nita Josie Hanna, who plays Mimi in Psycho Gorman. Um, you know, I, she had so much personality in this film, right? She, I mean, she bosses everybody around, including Psycho Corman. She, she's running the show. She's, uh, she's got so much spirit. And the, I love when the scene where she's like seemingly praying to like the cross and then she's like, she puts the sunglasses on and she's like, I don't pray. Forget that. Or something like that. And she doesn't like, walks out of the church. I mean, she just brought so much, sorry about that. She just brought so much, like, <clears throat> excuse me. She brought so much uh, life to that role. It was just so amazing. And, um, I don't know, for a child actor to, to have that much uh, talent just really, really blew me away this year. So she's my number one pick. She is, um, uh... The for the movie the movie movie portrays her as very young. She's a lot older than than the movie portrays her. I don't know. Oh, really? I don't. I um. I was looking her up for the Tuppies too because she's she. I'll just throw, she's one of my honorable mentions. 
but mm-hmm. she's got her like own TikTok. She's like she's like fourteen and in high school, I think. She's like on a volleyball team in high school and shit. I, I saw like some wow. of her some of her TikTok videos and shit. I was just like, oh, she's she's much older than that movie portrays her. I think they made her look a little younger. I, like, yeah, they de- of, they yeah. they definitely aged her down because I think oh, yeah, yeah. she's a lot. Yeah, of- it's fu- it's funnier that way. I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! Like the younger the kid is, the funnier it is when they're like that kind of sassy. I was just blown away by seeing her TikToks, and I'm like, this is not like a fucking like. You know, eleven year old. She's she's much older than this. This is crazy. She's so good though. I she's fantastic. Yeah, she's one of my honorable mentions. Um, Jake, uh, who do you have as your winner? My winner is Florence Pugh from both Black Widow and the Hawkeye TV show. Uh, she plays Yelena Belova, and yeah, I mean, this was just the year of Florence Pugh for me. I mean, she really stole the show and this MCU stuff. She's easily one of my top three MCU characters currently alive. Maybe my favorite one. If I really had to narrow it down, I just, man, every scene she was in, in any MCU property, just wow. It really just steals the scene. Um, also this was, um, I know the movie is two, three years old now, but this is the first year I watched Midsummer. So it's kind I, of God like, damn. I, I, dude, I fucking love that movie. Thank God you finally watched that fucking movie. What'd you think of it? I, it was the highest of Tupperwares. I, I was very surprised at how much I liked it. I was also very surprised at how funny it was. I really wasn't going into it thinking it was going to be in many ways kind of a dark comedy, but I really think you could see it that way. There's definitely a couple moments that really just had me like laughing in an awkward way in that movie. It, yeah. I did not on paper think that was what I was getting into. I was kind of nervous to watch it because I'm a little bit squeamish when it comes to that kind of horror. You're a puss. But, You're a puss. Yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit. Huge puss. So, Notoriously so, like, a huge that puss. Movie's, that movie's three years old, but it kind of just all added together. Like me seeing Midsummer for the first time. And just how much I was taken aback by her performances in both Black Widow and Hawkeye. I got to give it to uh, Flo Pew this year. That's another old lady name, Florence. Oh yeah, not too many, so. not too many kids named Florence out there, huh? No, I've never met one. No, I've, have you ever, Rebecca? Have you ever met a Florence? I have not. Paul, Florence. I've just listened to one. With the machine. Oh, I get the joke. I get the joke. Eh, it wasn't that good. No, I, that, that was a barn burner. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, I just got that. I'm that was I, not funny. Who's your, <laughs> <laughs> who's your who's your favorite Florence? Florence Pugh, Florence Nightingale, or Florence Henderson from the Brady Bunch? For me it's Pugh. You. Yeah, maybe last year it was uh, Henderson for her uh, role in the Amish Paradise video, but <laughs> <laughs> this year it's Pew. Florence Henderson died. She's dead. Hmm. <laughs> Real upper there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we're done laughing about Florence Henderson's death, let's. I'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my winner is Kate Winslet from Mare of East Town, Jake. Yeah, great pick. It's a great pick. Hard to go wrong. It's fucking, it's a, yeah. Kate, Kate, a very 
Kate is a very modern name. A lot, still a lot of ladies named Kate. Yeah. Still fashionable. <laughs> still fashionable. It's no Karen. I Oh, God. I used to date a Karen, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around uh, to Patreon. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you might hear some stories about Karen. Yeah, that, that's a name that's got to be dead in the water, right? No one's naming their kid Karen. Not days. anymore. There's no Karens. Karens are dead. <laughs> Karens are dead, dude. It's like in in 50 years, it'll be the same as Florence. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like nobody names a kid Adolf. Nobody names a kid Karen now, right? I love the comparison. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul, do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I got Scarlett Johansson from Black Widow, Emily Blunt, who I thought stole Jungle Cruise, Zendaya from uh, No Way Home, Margot Robbie, and Danielle McCoyer from Suicide Squad. Uh, gotta give the For All Mankind ladies some love, uh, Chantel, Van Santen, Sarah Jones, Sonia Walger as uh, Molly, and Cynthia Wu from For All Mankind. Florence Pugh, Haley Steinfeld, Mary McCormick from Heels, uh, Marley Matlin from Coda, uh, and then Ana de Armas from No Time to Die, Jennifer Lawrence from Don't Look Up, Catherine Hahn, and then this one was so tough, but Marissa Tomei is pretty much number four from No Way Home. Wow, that's a fuck ton, Paul. Good for you. Thank you. Rebecca. Yeah, I also have Zendaya for Malcolm and Marie. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in that film. Um, I have both Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo from Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> and if you haven't seen that movie, boy, are you missing out. That movie is a joy to watch. Uh, it was a film that shockingly had like one of the best representation of female friendship I have ever seen in cinema. And that is not a joke. It is absolutely the truth. And um, those two women are so funny and they work so well together. They wrote bridesmaids together and they wrote this film together and oh my God, just can they write all the films together? I just absolutely love them. Uh, Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen for WandaVision, uh, Josephine Langford for Moxie. Um, she's not the main character in the film. She plays a secondary character, but she's got some real great scenes where, um, she, in places, she kind of steals this movie where she has to have these moments of like, she has to reveal something terrible that happened to her. And, um, she has these like real dramatic moment where she's kind of, like bearing her soul to so many people and um you know she has no idea if they're gonna like accept her or uh reject her blame her and uh it's just a really powerful moment in the film and i thought she did a great job in that role um olga meravis who was in the heights she plays abuela or um the grandmother in that film she's an actress who has been around hollywood for a very long time she's been on broadway she's been in films and she uh, played the part of, like, the matriarch of the neighborhood so well. She does some – she has a beautiful song in the film, too, about her experiences in coming to America as a young girl, as an immigrant. And she just 
she's heartbreakingly wonderful in that that film. Um, Carrie Mulligan, a promising young woman. Florence Pugh, Black Widow. Jessica Barden for Holler. She plays the main character in that film. Um, Sadie Sink, who was in Fear Street Part 2, 1978. She played the young girl Ziggy in that movie. I, I thought she was a standout in that film. I thought she did really, really well. Um, and I, I, I really loved every time she was on screen, I thought she just really acted her heart out in that. Um, Megan Fox in Till Death, uh, Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, um, Jessica Chastain, I mean, she really threw herself into that role. I'm in the middle of watching that right now. Oh my gosh. I haven't, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm halfway through. Okay. Uh, I mean, t- a transfer, talk about a transformation. And I remember, and I'm sure you, you, you guys do too. We're all around the same age, but like, I, I remember the years when Tammy Faye and her husband were on TV and those eyelashes and the makeup and like how she <laughs> looked. I mean, it's like, I remember the SNL sketches where they would make fun of her. Like, we would have Jan Hooks playing her and she'd like cry and she'd have like, like all this ice, like all this like mascara, like running down her face in these rivers. I mean, they just, yeah, she, uh, but Jessica Chastain, outstanding in that, in that movie. Uh, Alexis Louder for Cop Shop, <coughs> Lady Gaga in House of Gucci. Um, I thought, you know, just for the work that she put into that role, I mean, nine months she spent trying to get the accent down and trying to get, like, the the character down. And she really prepared for that role. And I felt like it really came through on the screen. Uh, McKenna Grace for Ghostbusters Afterlife. I thought she was great as, like, the hero in that film. Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega both for passing. Dame Judi Dench and uh, I'm going to mess this up. Katrana, and that's not how you say it, uh, Balfe, who both are in Belfast. I mangled her name. I'm so sorry. Mm. Um, I thought they both did an amazing job in that film, especially Dame Judi Dench playing the grandmother. Uh, she was just great. Uh, and then finally, Jennifer Lawrence for Don't Look Up. And that's my list. Rebecca, notes for next year. If you could uh, give us just a little bit more female honorable mentions for next okay. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always try to give you more. I felt like you kind of skimped us this year. Yeah, I know. I uh, I, I was slacking a little bit. Just next year, I'll do better. Next year, I'm... Honestly, I feel like you didn't give it your all this year. I thought it was I thought it was perfect. Leave him wanting more. <laughs> I, you know, I, I I feel like you I feel like you left out a few. Okay, so next year, just give us a little bit more. Okay, I felt like we were a little lean this year. You know, listen, if anyone's gonna give the props to the ladies, it's gonna be me. <laughs> we know. <laughs> we we know. We know. Um, Jake, do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, um, I also have Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen as well. Um, I've got down Tessa Thompson for uh, passing. Um, Nita Jose Hannah as well from uh, Psycho Gorman. Um, I also put down Lady Gaga from um, House of Gucci. I mean, even though that movie wasn't a Tupperware, her performance was. It was a Tupperware. Yeah, well, to me. For me. My, yeah. 
For me. Well, I'm glad. It was very, it was very, 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 very good. It was good. But, and yeah, that's all I got for honorable mentions. Uh, let's see here. See, Rebecca, that's what you need to do next year. Give me as many as Jake did. Okay? Just take those notes. All right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Rebecca, are we are we still halfway or are we a little bit higher? Oh, we're higher. Woo! Yeah, Jake, I'm going to dude, I'm I'm going to I'm going to break her this episode. It's going to happen. Um, uh my honorable mentions, um I've got uh Tig Notaro from Army of the Dead for I mean, fucking, what was it? Uh, uh, what's the actor that she replaced? Delia, what's his name? That's right, Chris. Chris Delia. Chris Delia. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she was not even there, and she fucking, she was incredible. She wasn't even there for the actual filming of the movie, and she fucking came in, replaced Chris Delia for Army of the Dead, and Tignatario just fucking killed it in that role. Um, Regina King for The Harder They Fall. She was fucking incredible in that movie. I thought she was great. And then uh, Kelly Berglund, who plays uh, Crystal, uh, Crystal Tyler in uh, the series Heels. Um, I, I think she deserves uh, some fucking love here. I think she was uh, Kelly Berglund. She was Paul. Was she not fucking amazing? She was awesome, man. She had like the best arc in that whole show. Oh, she was so good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into... Uh, Male Actor of the Year. Best Male Actor in a Film. I fucking love Orgasmo, Jake. You have no idea. <laughs> I was thinking that must be Rebecca's favorite bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca's like, I have no honorable mentions for men. <laughs> That's not true. I have honorable mentions for men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paul, third place winner for Male Actor of the Year. It's going to go to Joel Kinnaman from uh, For All Mankind as Edward Baldwin and uh, Suicide Squad as Rick Flagg. Ooh, nice. I thought, <clears throat> I, I mean, he's always brought it in For All Mankind, but that one scene where he just has his breakdown and then, you know, I thought he really was able to, under James Gunn, was really able to bring a lot to the Rick Flagg character that we didn't get to see in the first version of Suicide Squad. I thought he did a fantastic job in both those roles this year. Yes, he did. Uh, Rebecca, who do you have? Uh, my third place is going to be... Uh, a, I'm going to mangle this name, too. Uh, Adita Gadada, who played Bobby Khan in the film Encounter, which was on Amazon Prime. Um, I didn't care for the movie that much, because uh, it was kind of billed as like a science fiction film, but it really wasn't. And it was like science fiction clickbait. But this kid played the older son of uh, Riz Ahmed. And I thought 
he did an, a really good job as, as, a, as a young child actor playing a kid who's basically he knows something's wrong with his dad. He knows he's kind of unraveling, but he's trying to like sort of play along because he really would love for it to be true that his dad is not like going through some kind of mental problem, but he's also thinking about his younger brother and keeping him safe too. And I thought that he really walked that line so well. Um, and at the end of the film, there's like this really great scene where like he really risks his life to try to save his dad's life. And it was very touching. And, and, you know, again, even though I didn't care for the film that much, I, I thought this kid's performance was absolutely outstanding. Uh, so he's, he's my number three choice. Uh, Jake, who do you got in third? Uh, in third place, I have Tom Hanks for the movie Finch. Um, yeah, it was a movie on Apple TV. Um, man, it's you have no soul if you can make it through this movie without a tear. Uh, this one really got to me, and a lot of it came from Tom Hanks' performance. I He's really like one of the only actors in this movie, if not the only, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no other human interaction, is there? No, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe a flashback. I'm trying to remember if there's. Do we see any other fucking human besides besides Tom Hanks in this movie? And uh, there's not too many actors that can pull off this feat, and Tom Hanks is definitely one of them. And yeah. I thought he did it very well. That's a great pick. Uh, mine actually. This movie came out in 2020, but I didn't get to see it until 2021. So I guess I'm cheating here. But Anthony Hopkins and the Father. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he won an Academy Award for that role, I believe, right? I know. I I guess this is such a, like, is this, is this, am I a basic bitch for p- picking this, Jake? I don't think so. I don't I don't think that, you're like, well, he won the Academy Award. He's got to be in my top three. No, like, I wrote. I, that's I, not your mindset. I wrote this down before the Academy Awards even happened. This was on my list. I, I thought he was fantastic. I didn't get to see this. The movie, I don't think it was widely released until 2021. I didn't get to see it until 2021. And so I'm going to give it to Anthony Hopkins and the father. I thought he fucking killed it. I fucking, I've, I've loved Anthony Hopkins forever. So, um, I thought he was fantastic in, uh, in the father. Olivia Coleman's fucking great. What did I, I, I just, she's great in the landscapers too. She's really good in that fucking show. She's fucking good, man. I'm glad that fucking America's finally taken notice of, uh, Olivia Coleman. She's really good. Who did uh, Hopkins beat that everyone seemed really upset about? I it, can't remember. It was Chad fucking Chadwick Boseman. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I wish Chadwick Boseman would have won it. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Paul, who do you have as your second place? Yeah, I'm going with um, I'm going with Daniel Craig as James Bond. Um it's so sad. Like it, it sucks that he's no longer going to be our James Bond, but, uh, what a way to go out. And he really gave us a completely di- like he gave us a completely different gritty version of James Bond. And I feel like he really pulled out all the stops for no time to die. And it was just, I, I will not lie. I had some tears flowing just knowing that, you know, the James Bond of my generation was now done and it's going to be handed over to somebody else. Jake. So he is my number two. Number two. Okay. Great pick. Um, I watched, I watched Casino Royale and I, I didn't, it stopped. I didn't watch anymore. I suck, don't I, Paul? 
I mean, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's got their own things, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I I thought Pierce Brosnan was good. I I saw him. I saw him in a in a, in a James Bond movie, and I thought Pierce Brosnan was really good. <laughs> Did you watch Goldeneye and quit? I can't remember which one I watched him in, but he was really fucking good. He was controlling a car like remotely and shit, and it was dope. I felt like he was controlling a car remotely. That sounds very James Bondish. Yeah. Was Denise Richards in it? Yeah, Denise Richards. That's the reason I watched it, Paul. That's yeah, because she never dies, right? Yeah, where she, like, she's Christmas Jones, and at the end he gets to say, I finally get to be in, like, I finally get to have Christmas in July. Oh, my God. That's a, that is, that's fucking awesome. God damn it. Denise Richards. I recently watched Denise Richards in an episode of Friends, and everybody wanted to fuck her in that. Even, 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 and she was the cousin of Ross, and Ross wanted to fuck her. Oh my god! Yeah, Ross. It was her cousin. It was Ross's cousin, and he leans in to kiss his own cousin. And then by is is he drunk? No, he's fucking sober. And then by sounds like a very Ross thing to do. And then Ross is a piece of shit. I fucking hate Ross. Um, but uh, (laughs) by the end of the episode, by the end of the episode. Uh, Phoebe wants to fuck her. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, God, I was dying. Anyway, Rebecca, who's your second place? My second place is going to be Leonardo DiCaprio for Don't Look Up. Um, you know, I what I liked about him in this film is that he so often takes, like, more serious projects um, and more dramatic roles. Um, you don't get to see him, like, comedically too much. Um, but, you know, he has really great timing the his, his the the jokes really landed for me you know he his character goes through this transformation in the sense of like he starts out as like one type of person and then becomes another type of person and it kind of happens before our eyes like live on tv kind of thing um and he just handled it so well it was just felt very organic and um yeah he uh I thought he play, he did so well in this role that I, I wish he would take more lighthearted comedic projects. Like he, he's quite funny and I would like to see him do more comedy stuff. So yeah, his performance really stood out to me this year. Yeah. What other comedy, other than his like, you know, other than him being on growing pains when he was a kid, what other comedies has he been in? I, I don't, I was hard pressed to think of one. Um, I think he's mostly taken dramatic roles. Oh, Shutter Island. That was a comedy? That's a comedy. <laughs> That's not a comedy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shutter Island, though. Paul, you sure, sicko. Sure that wasn't a comedy, but. Yeah, like, I, I, I was hard pressed to think of him being, like, in something really funny. And so to see him in this, like, he has a more comedic role. I was like, this is like a side of Leo I have I don't ever see and and I would like to see more of that. I gotta watch this fucking movie. I'm telling you, gotta watch it. It's uh-huh. good. I love it. Uh let's see here. Jake, number two. Yeah, I've got Jonathan Majors as number two for uh, Nat Love and The Harder They Fall and as one of the Kang variants in the Loki season finale. Just going to wrap them both up in a bow. I thought they were both fantastic performances. It was kind of our first look at what may be a major player in the MCU moving forward. I like your pun there on words. His last name's Majors and you said Major. (laughs) I didn't even notice that. (laughs) Um. (laughs) 
Sorry. Yeah, I, I just um, – it was a real standout year for him. Um, he really wasn't much on the radar before this. I mean, he was the Lovecraft country guy. And, uh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm really excited. To Dude, see. last black man in San Francisco, fucking captive state. This guy is fucking incredible. He was on my radar, lo- radar long before this fucking bullshit. All right. This guy's fucking. Congratulations. Dude, dude, you all, it's like, no, you gotta give props where props are due. Last black man in San Francisco. This guy, this guy's coming up, man. Yeah, I just, I just haven't seen that. Um, but yeah, I just, he was easily my second place. I, it was a great year for him. Great host on SNL this year as well. Uh, my second place is Will Smith and King Richard, who played the father of Venus and Serena. In the HBO Max and theatrical run of uh, of King Richard, I thought I thought Will Smith was fucking incredible in this movie. Am I wrong? I need to see that. I need to see that movie. You haven't seen King Richard yet? Mm-mm. No. That's a, is that a streaming exclusive movie? My God! Oh my God! What the fuck? It was on HBO Max for a month, and it was in theaters. None of you have seen uh, it? Oh, it was one of those. Nobody on the podcast has seen this? I no. saw it. I saw it. Did you like it? I did, no, I did. I, 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 thought he, I, thought, I thought he did a great job, and I thought it was a beautiful story of, of how – and I, what I love is that both uh, Serena and Venus, like they were behind this project the whole time. Like this was the story they wanted to tell about how their father helped them get into tennis and like stay focused and become the superstars that they were. It was, it was a great movie. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Will Smith was incredible in this movie. So yeah. Will Smith and King Richard. Yeah. Jake, Paul, you got to watch this shit. It's fucking great. Okay. Yeah, I put it on the list. I was I was angered. <laughs> uh, Paul, who's your winner this year? My winner. Uh, let me worry. Did spoiler alerts for No Way Home, but it has to be Andrew Garfield. Wow! I, I just he came in and just just like grabbed me by the throat and was like, "I'm the captain now." Like, you're going to like this. Like, I, I was least expecting to like him. And just the whole scene of where he saves MJ and just, like, the relief on his face and just kind of him, like, realizing that there is redemption out there for him. And, you know, Jake even said, it, like, his dead, like, like his his timing, you know, like, when they're like, I'm Peter 1, I'm Peter 2. And he's like, Peter 3, you know, just like shit like that. Like, I, <laughs> that was so good. It was so fucking awesome where he's just like, I love you. Like, it's just so good. He was, he was great. Uh, yeah, I never thought I'd be saying this this year, but my, my male actor of the year is Andrew Garfield as Peter three. Andrew Garfield comes out with, uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye replaced Jim Baker and he does tick, tick, boom. And you give it to no way home. I love it. There we go. <laughs> Gotta be the wild card, baby. <laughs> I really need to see Tick Tick Boom. I haven't seen it either. Um, yeah, Rebecca, who's your winner? My winner this year is Jude Hill from Belfast. Um, he plays uh, the younger son. Uh, the story in Belfast is pretty much told through his eyes as Buddy. Um, 
you know, he lives there with his parents, his older brother and his grandparents are there. And really living in Belfast is all he's ever known. Of course, he's a young kid. It's all his parents have ever known. Um, but this all is happening during the times that there's some riots going on in Ireland. And this is really Kenneth Branagh's story that he's, he's telling. It's, it's a love letter to his own childhood, uh, growing up in Ireland. And the family is faced with a choice of, do they stay in Belfast where there are gangs and there are issues where they're trying to pull the kids into the violence? Um, or do they make the move to England where there's more job opportunities? The dad has like the opportunity to get like a higher paying job, but they know that they're not going to fit in. They're going to have accents that people are going to look down on them and they're going to sound like they're, they're, they're going to sound, you know, very country and very uneducated. And, and the story is really told through this child's eyes. And I thought that he did such an amazing job. In this, he, in this really heavy film of playing this character, his scenes with um, his mom and the scenes with Judy Dench and the scenes with he has with Siren Hines, who plays his grandfather. I mean, this kid was just acting with like really well-known people and he was holding his own. And uh, if you haven't seen Belfast, I mean, I highly recommend that film. It's it's gorgeous. And uh, yeah, he I'm going to give my my number one actor of the year to him. You know who else is good in that fucking movie is Jamie Dornan. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a Jamie Dornan fan. Come on, come on, I, I, come on, get like, come on. Have you watched Synchronic yet? I have watched Synchronic. I, I think Jamie Dornan's better than, 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 than people think. I think he's a good actor. I thought he was hilarious in Barb and Star. He's great Thank in Barb and Star. Oh, no, he's, yes, he was very good in Barb and Star. I don't disagree. I'm just saying that like, I thought he was okay in the film. I'm just not like a huge Jamie Dornan fan. That's this all. guy, Jay, I'm a, I'm a huge Jamie Dornan fan. The guy lost his father this year, came out recently and said like one of the reasons that he's fucking like getting serious about acting and stuff like that is he saw the loss of his father and he wants to provide for his family. I think, I think Jamie Dornan's a fucking phenomenal fucking actor. I think he's, I think he's really like this past year, he's really fucking bust out. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Did that movie come out this year with him and Anthony Mackey? Uh, I believe so. That's when I saw it this year. Oh shit! I think so. I totally, I totally forgot. Like I totally forgot about that movie. What's that called? Synchronic. Oh damn it! N- yeah, it says like if you go to IMDb, it says 2019, but like it. Can- I saw it theatrically this year. Yeah, because I was on the episode we reviewed that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think most okay. of the reviews that I'm seeing from it are coming out in 2021. So. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think Jamie Dornan's good. I like him. To each their own though, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Jake, who's your, who's your winner? I'm going to give it to Bradley Cooper for Nightmare Alley, um, his portrayal of Stan Carlisle, um, yeah, he just just such a great performance. Um, you know, we talked about this movie pretty recently. Uh, I think the stronger part of this movie is the first half, but still the performance he delivers in the second half when he just kind of kind of spirals down and down and down and down is is very impressive. Um, Bradley Cooper just never ceases to amaze me. I feel like he gets better like every other fucking year. 
I love Bradley Cooper. I don't think people give him enough love. I think he's no, great. no. I, I agree. I, I think he's kind of like they turn a blind eye to his skills a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think he's I think he's phenomenal. Uh, my winner this year is going to be uh, Ling Lee Jung Jae from uh, Squid Game. He's the main guy in Squid Game, and I'm also going to give it to him from. Uh, uh, for Deliver Us From Evil, which is another fucking... He plays the villain in that movie. So he plays Dude, like... he's psycho in He's that fucking movie. psycho as shit in Deliver Us From Evil, man. This is like... this is uh, Deliver Us From Evil, Paul, is one of those movies... I'm like... I'm walking around the store, and I'm seeing like what new Blu-rays came out, and I saw Deliver Us From Evil, so I fucking picked it up on Blu-ray. And then we reviewed it on the show, and Dan West was on that episode, and we fucking we we loved this fucking movie. I um, was on that episode. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking loved it too, right? Yeah. Oh my god, I everyone in that was great. Like especially yeah. the transgender yes. hooker. Oh god. Oh my god. So fucking. We don't do we call, we don't call them hookers, right? What do we call them? We call them uh, sex oh, workers. Sex workers. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. God damn it, Paul. Come on. Get with the get with the program, sex worker. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Lee Jung Jae, who uh, who played the main lead in Squid Game and Delivers from Evil, both incredible fucking performances. Amazing range for this fucking actor. So I got to give it to Lee Jung Jae. Uh, Paul, who do you have as your honorable mentions? Yeah. So I got. So I hated this fucking movie. And I watched it for the podcast. It was called Joe Bell with Mark Wahlberg. I hated that fucking movie. <laughs> that but movie Reed, sucked. But Reed Miller, who played his son, really I good. thought did a fantastic job. Yeah. I, I really he was he was great in a the movie was terrible, but, yeah. but he was great. Um Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso, Willem Dafoe, Rafe Spall from Trine, O'Shea Jackson from Swagger. Nice. I, I love that he's in it. Originally, they shot the first episode with Winston Duke. Yeah. And then he got injured. I can't imagine him in that. Um, Evan Peters and Guy Pierce from Mayor of Easttown. Uh, Eugenio Derbez from Acapulco and Coda. I love the fact that you can pronounce his name now. It only took me six hours. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> Tom Hanks from Finch. Phil Dunster as Jamie Tart. Tom Holland. I got David Harbour from Black Widow. I loved him as Ray Guardian. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Strong, Kiernan Culkin, and Brian Cox from Succession. Troy Kutzer and Daniel Durant from Coda. A movie, when you were on Apple to Oranges, I gave it what would be a taste. It. I've kind of soured more on it. But Mahershala Ali and Swan Song. I thought he was good. I wasn't a big fan of the movie, especially thinking about it more. And then Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill and Tyler Perry from Don't Look Up, John Bernthal from Unforgivable, and Rob McElmahony from Mythic Quest. Oh, God. Uh, fucking, uh, that's, a, well, that's one movie I haven't talked about on the podcast, but I really liked Unforgivable quite a bit. Unforgivable is fucking awesome. I thought it was really good. I give it a Tupperware. I fucking loved it. Um, oh, totally. I didn't see, you know, like all these movies have twists and shit. I didn't see the twist coming. No, neither did I. Yeah. I thought Sandy B was really good in that movie too. Sandy B was good, but I thought John Berthal was fantastic in that. I give Sandy B a Sandy A plus in that movie, Paul. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
I'm unhappy. Oh my god, everybody hates me this episode, Jake. <laughs> no, not everybody. Uh, not everybody. There's a few people that might enjoy what I'm doing. Um, Rebecca, honorable mentions. Yeah, I've got writer Alan from Palmer, which was an Apple TV movie. Justin Timberlake was in that. Uh, writer Alan plays the little kid that he uh, that he has to take care of. I thought that was, was a good movie. Great. That was it a was great a, movie. Was a good I movie. thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I had I thought Justin Timberlake was really good in that, but this little boy who uh, clearly is trying to figure out his sexuality, um, I thought he did outstanding uh in in that film um i i want to give a shout out an honorable mention to sly stallone for playing king shark in the suicide squad ah that's great i thought for an a cgi character that um didn't have a ton of lines and the ones that he did were like one word I thought he did a great job with that character of making you care about him um I don't know. I it stood out to me uh, in that film. I absolutely loved him in that. I I give you a stamp of approval for that pick, Rebecca. Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. I'll take it. Um, Carl Anton Koch, who was in Blood Red Sky, that was the vampire movie on the airplane. He played uh, the young boy Elias, whose mom uh, is the vampire, and uh, that was a good movie. I loved that movie too. I thought his his performance. I saw a lot of movies with like child actors this year that were just like so good to me. I, I this was like the year for not me. all of those child actors were being uh, pursued by pedophiles either. That's great. No, that is very true. That is very true. That's fantastic, Rebecca. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> Rebecca. Uh, I, <laughs> it's at eighty five percent. No, it's up there. Uh, <laughs> this movie, I, I liked, I, I liked like the first two thirds of it, and then I hated the end of it. The movie Sweet Girl, but I do want to give a shout out to Jason Momoa in that film. Um, he gave such, um, there's moments in that film where he really is acting his heart out there. Like when he's in the hallway and he's crying because his wife is dying from cancer and, and he's on the phone and he's trying to get help. And he's like, you know, trying to find a way to pay for all these medical treatments, whatever. Um, in, in a movie that I didn't like care for the ending or the twist at all, I thought he was really, really good in it to the point that like, it just, it, it stuck with me, uh, through the, through the year. Um, Tony uh, Leung, who pl- who is in Shang Chi, who plays the the father, I absolutely loved him uh, in the, this year. Um, I, Nick Mohammed, uh, who plays uh, Nate in Ted Lasso, I think not enough people are talking about what a really good actor this guy is and how he's playing this character. I think he is on a show where like everybody is just doing such a great job. I think he's doing just a step above as this character Nate. There's just so much going on with him. Um, I, I think he's just, he's wonderful. Uh, Siren Hines for Belfast, he plays the grandfather. He gave such um, a real heart-wrenching performance. There's these really sweet moments between him and, and Jude Hill, who plays Buddy, where he's giving him, like, this grandfatherly advice. And um it's just and and he's like so in love with his wife who's who's Judy Dench and 
and he, he shows it to her in so many little simple ways. Um, he just gave such a beautiful performance and it's like making me a little choked up because he reminded me of my grandfather. So I, I have to give him an honorable mention too. Very cool. Yeah. He was really good in that movie that like, uh, when he was having the one-on-ones with, uh, the little boy, like, and that's stuff that that little kid would remember for the rest of his life. Oh my God. Yeah. Like when he was giving him like all that advice about like, He's like got a little crush on the girl at school and he's giving him advice about women. And and when and, he's saying uh, like, we'll always be with you. Yeah. Like that shit really got to me in that movie. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking beautiful. Like it, it was a gorgeous film. Yeah. I thought like, especially like the ending of that film. I don't want to spoil if any, if not everyone's seen it, but that, like that last line from Judy Dench. Yeah, just yeah. really, really good. No, sorry, it, I'm just all emotional. No, it's it, it's really sweet. Like when I was watching that, I was like, "Oh my god, I, I wish my family was a little bit more like this." So <laughs> it's it's really sweet. It's a really sweet movie. Um, Jake, who do you have as honorable mentions? Uh, I've got Anthony Ramos. Uh, he played Yusnavi in uh, Into the Heights. Um, Evan Peters from Mayor of Easttown. Uh, William Defoe from No Way Home, uh, Idris Elba, John Cena, Suicide Squad, um, and Tom Hiddleston from from Loki. I thought it might have been his best performance as the character. Those are great fucking picks, dude. Thank uh, you. I've got uh, Simon Rex from Red Rocket, which is the new Sean Baker film that just came out. I just watched this movie recently. Simon Rex fucking killed it in that movie. He fucking killed it. He's fucking incredible. Uh, Tyler Hecklin in the Superman and Lois TV series. Uh, Paul Bettany in WandaVision. Um, J.K. Simmons as Omni-Man in Invincible. Um, Zach Guilford, who I loved in Midnight Mass this year. I fucking love Zach Guilford. Nice to see him come back. I loved him in Legion. He fucking killed it in Midnight Mass. Stephen Amell in Heels. Uh, gotta give him some love. Jude Hill, the, the little kid from Belfast, Rebecca. I fucking, that kid was amazing. That, oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. What, what a great performance. Fucking A. Like, kid was awesome. Kid was like, he was mm-hmm. such a sweet kid. I loved his smile. And he reminded me of, uh, he reminded me of a young, um, um, Jerry Mathers from Leave It to Beaver. Oh my God. Great call. <laughs> yes. You know what? I didn't think about that, but yeah, you are. He does look a little bit like uh, like the Beef. He does. He <laughs> looks like Jerry Mathers from the Beef. Uh, Murray Bartlett, uh, who played Armand uh, in the White Lotus. Uh, this guy kind of came out of nowhere. He was the guy who was like the 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 hotel manager there at the White Lotus in the HBO Max series. Uh, Murray Bartlett was fucking amazing. Winston Duke. In the little talked about movie called Nine Days, which I'm going to fucking beg everybody to fucking watch this movie. Nine Days. This needs to be on your list. Nine Days. Please watch this movie. It's got, uh, what's her name? Who plays Domino in the fuck? She's in Atlanta. Zazzy Beats. Zazzy Zazzy Beats. Thank you. Guys, I'm seven beers in. Thank you. Uh, Winston Duke, Zazie Beaks, uh, Benedict Wong is in this fucking movie. It's got, um, Tony Hale from Arrested Development. 
please do yourself a fucking favor and watch Nine Days. But Winston Duke fucking kills it in this movie. He's incredible in Nine Days. Please watch Nine Days. Uh, and Mahershala Ali for uh, Swan Song on Apple TV+. Plus. Those are my honorable mentions for Male Actor of the Year. Let's move on into, we got two categories left. The uh, comic book movie of the year is the next one. Guys, we Jake, we finally got a legit comic book movie of the year this year. As opposed to last year. Last year was a wreck. Last year was a wreck. I mean, not that Bloodshot was a bad movie. No. But um, everything else was. Yeah, agreed. Comic book movie of the year. Pop culture leftovers. Best comic book movie of the year. Big man in a suit armor. Take that away. What are you? Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. <laughs> Why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. I want you to do me a favor. You to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Paul, third place comic book movie of the year. What do you what do you got, man? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Black Widow. I I really enjoyed it. I love the whole dynamic. I thought the four of them as a family, those are my favorite parts of the whole movie. Um I just had a blast. I had a blast watching that. I'm gonna jump in with Paul. That's my third place as well as Black Widow. I, I completely agree with what he said. Uh, man, that action sequence when it's just falling upon falling upon falling is just woof. It gets my blood pumping, and and yeah, I, I really enjoyed Black Widow. We had to wait a long time, but it was worth the wait. Hell yeah, that prison break scene is so much fun. I I love all of it. I love David Harbour in it when he's singing American Pie. I'm tearing up. It's great. <laughs> Rebecca, what's your third place? My third place is the Suicide Squad. Um, I did not have a lot of um, expectations for this film, to be completely honest. I, When I saw the cast, I was like, this cast is so crowded. What the heck is going on? Like, uh, So I went into it with like really no expectations, even though I have enjoyed James Gunn's work with Marvel before. Um, and th- this film just really, I don't know, this film blew me away. I... I loved that, you know, right in the beginning, he, he takes out like half the cast. And I, I, I loved that. It kept the movie from being too crowded. Um, I love that the, what he did, uh, with, um, with the Harley Quinn stuff. I thought those action scenes and even just the scenes that she had with like, just like, just like talking scenes, some of the best stuff I've seen. I've seen from from that character and you you got to give credit to James Gunn for that and um yeah the way he made you care about these like crappy third rate you know people like polka dot man and peacemaker and all that stuff and and king shark you cared about these characters and uh rat catcher I mean I I really had a lot of fun with that movie so that's my my number 3 choice Oh god uh rat catcher Two and Ratcatcher Two, yes. No, Ratcatcher Two and uh, fucking uh, uh, blood. Uh, no, not is it Deadshot? Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I keep I keep thinking Deathstroke, Bloodsport, Blood Deadshot. I can't. I can't I get. Them, can't get them straight. Their relationship by the end of it was fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. it was great. Yeah. I thought it was really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, my third place is going to be uh, Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. And, uh, yeah, I, this is one of those movies that uh, I, I fucking, I, I love Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. I thought it was fantastic. I was lucky enough to see this in uh, IMAX theater uh, two and a half weeks before the movie was actually released to the public. And, um, oh, my God, I, I you know, like... I don't even think that big, like my hype for the movie was just because I got to see it early. It was, I just thought it was a great fucking Marvel movie. I got to see it with a great audience and, um, I just had so much fun with it. I, I fell in love with the character of Shang-Chi. I love Sima Lu, fucking performance. Aquafina was great. Uh, Tony Leong as Wen Wu was fantastic. And, uh, I just love the setup, uh, for this character going forward in the MCU. Can't wait to see where this character shows up next. I'm dying to see more of this character. I hope he's not on the back burner for a long time. I want to see him show up sooner rather than later. It, it feels like it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like Marvel will give us like, uh, characters showing up in other movies before we get to see their sequel movie. I think of Doctor Strange. Like, how many movies have we seen Doctor Strange in? You know, go, before we get to even see fucking, you know, Doctor Strange 2. Doctor Strange came out in 2017. We've already seen Doctor Strange show up in Infinity War, End of Endgame. We've seen him in No Way Home. And uh, now we're finally getting Doctor Strange 2 coming up in May. And it's like, I want more fucking Shang-Chi. And so, uh, third place goes to Shang-Chi for me. I just thought it was an incredible film. Amazing mix of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with fucking martial arts, and I thought it was great. So, that's my third place. Paul, what do you got in second place? Second place is Suicide Squad. Um, I absolutely adored that movie. It was James Gunn just being taken off his leash and being able to take a superhero movie and just really go balls to the wall you know fantastic soundtrack the opening was batshit fucking crazy um had way more heart than i ever thought i knew it would have which i don't know why that surprises me but um yeah i i loved it the action sequences were great gave us a really disturbing creepy villain in the thinker and a very creepy realistic villain in amanda waller and I love John Cena's heel turn in it. Like I just, I, I loved. I think the showdown between him and Bloodsport is fucking beautiful. Fucking just epic, dull. dude. Oh epic, God, dude. <laughs> fucking epic, man. It's just, it's gorgeous to look at. It like you can just feel the tension. Like, oh, it was built up perfectly. But yeah, when fucking when fucking Idris Elba is falling from floor to floor to floor, and he fucking comes down, and it's fucking him and Peacemaker. That's fucking amazing. Oh yeah, and you know, like it was funny. I I was being, I was trying to watch it as many times as I could on HBO, and when they would like do a scene, be like, you know, like, and then seven minutes earlier, I would take my phone out and time it, and it would be exactly seven minutes. James Gunn, uh, he knows what he's doing, Paul. <laughs> what? I was just like, oh, I want to. I'm, I'm really. It's like 1 a.m. I'm just gonna be stupid right now. But yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Fucking yeah, you like. It probably was gonna be my comic book movie of the year. Uh, Re- second place, Rebecca. What's your second place? 
Yeah, uh, for me, my second place is going to be Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, back uh, back in 2021, I had said that that was my most anticipated movie of the year, um, and it did not disappoint. Uh, I thought it was absolutely great. I mean, you talked a little bit about it earlier, too. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Aquafina, Simi Liu, Tony Leung, uh, Menger Zhang. I mean, just... So many amazing people in this film. Um, pretty much an all Asian cast, which was great to see. Um, yeah, I, I love that. And I also love that Simu Liu was so proactive tweeting at Marvel all that time ago, being like, hey, Shang-Chi, let's make it happen. Are you down? And then him being cast in that role was just absolutely great. I, I, I just thought, the the influences of like the Jackie Chan stuff and the Bruce Lee stuff and 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 you could see those influences in the fight scenes. Um, the story is great. I I just I want more of Shang Chi. I want it sooner rather than later. I I I hope they give us a sequel soon. Uh, but yeah, absolutely my second choice for the year. Oh God, can we get a Ten Rings TV series on Disney Plus? Oh my God, that would be awesome. That would be great. Fucking give it to me. I know that they're talking about doing like a fucking maybe a Shang Chi kind of like Disney Plus spinoff series. I don't know. Give, give me Talo. Give me a Ten Rings. I don't care. Just give me more. Um, Jake, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Spider Man No Way Home. Um, yeah, I mean. Geez, there's so much to say about this movie. But, you know, like we said in the review show, it's like if you put the recipe for this down on paper, you'd be like, oh, there's no way this can be a good movie that actually, like, has a plot line that you can follow. It just seems so ridiculous. Like, you know, spoiler, having all the actors come back, using a comic book storyline that's, like, almost one of the most hated Spider-Man storylines in the history of the comic book with the... one more day yeah and yeah taking all that stuff and mixing it together and making such a emotional amazing movie that didn't fall under the own weight of all the stuff it had to carry just just a feed upon itself um you know we've talked about it was a real step up for john watts as a director i feel and, and yeah i just i'm just in shock that they pulled this off it's one of the greatest movie magic tricks i'll probably ever see yeah, uh, that's also my number two. Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, just the fact that they fucking pulled this off. And, uh, I, I loved everything about the movie. I just had a blast. I had a, a great time. Jake, we saw this movie together in the theater. And it was just, a, it was an incredible experience, uh, uh, hearing the crowd's reactions. I loved going back the very next day, watching it again in 3D and listening to the fan reaction then going back yet again watching it and uh so i've seen the movie three times i'm gonna see it again before it leaves theaters i promise but uh, spider-man no way home tom holland um just fucking incredible john watts really stepped it up this 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 uh this movie so that's my second place paul winner of the year for comic book movie of the year yeah it is it is spider-man no way home uh, I just, I don't know what I was expecting. I do enjoy the character. It's not like I was, yeah, I, you know, this is my number one anticipated movie, but man, when it just got rolling and 
everything was going down, if the two hours and 45 minutes felt like 10 minutes, I mean, I was laughing, I was crying, it was just uh, the action sequences, it just felt like a love letter to anybody that's ever been a fan of any of the movie franchises or like iterations of this character. And it just, like you guys said, it just, he, they pulled it off and they pulled it off beautifully. It was just, it was a, it was a fun time to be a Spider-Man fan and a Marvel fan and just a fun time to be back in the theaters. It was awesome. Well said. Rebecca, number one winner. Spider-Man No Way Home. I am shocked that I would say that that's my number one because I didn't, I, I didn't think it was going to be as great as it was, to be perfectly honest. Um, but man, what a Spider-Man movie they gave us. Uh, yeah, spoilers just one more time. I mean, the way that uh, they brought back all, like, like the villains, the way they brought back the other two, Spider-Man, Aunt May dying, I mean, that was just so, and then the way that it ends, just leaving Peter set up to just basically become sort of that Peter Parker that we, we've known that he's, you know, on his own, trying to make his own way in the city, he's really got nobody, um, yeah, I just, I, I thought, and, and to see Tom Holland really sort of mature into this role in a way that he hasn't done yet, uh, I just, yeah, absolutely loved it. It's my number one comic book movie of the year. All right. Yeah, Jake, uh, number one comic book movie of the year. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is pretty obvious at this point now that we've narrowed it down. But my my number one comic book movie of the year is The Suicide Squad. I mean, this just, gosh, this was on HBO Max. I saw it in the theater twice. I watched it on HBO Max at least half a dozen times. Oh, my gosh. This movie is just so fucking good. I loved every single second of it. I mean, you guys talked a lot about a lot about a lot of the great scenes already. I'm sorry, guys. I... I am definitely Scott Shooty right now, past my bedtime, so I'm, I feel like I'm getting a little. <laughs> Dude, I'm here. drunk as fuck right now. I'm so ready to wrap this shit up, too. Um, I thought James Gunn gave us the best Harley Quinn we've seen on screen yet. Um, her action sequence was just amazing. Uh, I also loved Ratcatcher 2 and the relationship she had with uh, Bloodsport. Uh, Joel Kinnaman was great, returning this Rick Flag. Um, seeing Michael Rooker actually scared and running away. Oh my God. It's something I never thought I'd see. And yeah, this movie is just a hoot. Um, I hope we get a sequel. I kind of, my gut tells me we probably won't, at least not, you know, under James Gunn's thumb. I guess Peacemaker is the closest we're going to get to, to seeing a sequel to this, but hopefully I'm wrong. Maybe James Gunn will come back to this franchise. My winner is the Suicide Squad, Jake. Yeah, I smelled that coming. Yeah, yeah. I loved the Suicide Squad. I fucking just an incredible movie. I, I'm gonna echo a lot of what you said, man. It's just uh, everything that you said. I loved it. Best Harley Quinn I've ever seen. Best Harley Quinn action scenes I've ever seen in a fucking movie. And uh, Bloodsport was fucking incredible. Uh, Peacemaker was awesome. Love the Suicide Squad. Um, uh, real quick, my honorable mention, I'll get to your honorable mentions. Uh, my honorable mention is Zack Snyder's Justice League. 
That's my only honorable mention. Zack Snyder's Justice League. I thought it was fucking tremendous. A Tupperware of a movie. And that was the Justice League we should have seen originally theatrically. And uh, I fucking love Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, Paul, you guys have any runner-up? Yeah, I have Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi? Yeah, I really I had a fun time watching that. I was able to see it in the theaters, but I was able to watch it on Disney Plus when it came out right away. Rebecca, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's going to be Black Widow. It's more like a my number four. Uh, I thought long time coming for that film, and it was just great to finally see Black Widow get her her own film. Jake, honorable mentions. Yeah, I'm right there with Paul. It's uh, it's Shang Chi, uh, and yeah, it's it's more of a number four than an honorable mention. I, I absolutely adored the movie. Very cool. Let's move on to our movie of the year. This is the big one, movie of the year. Pop culture leftovers, movie of the year. We are really petering the fuck out. <laughs> the no, I, I, yeah. can't, man, I can't think of a time I've been more petered out. This is like the last half an hour. I've just been like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> Me too. I'm sorry. Let's uh-huh. just, hey, let's just blaze through this shit and end it, right? Fuck it. Let's just do, let's right. blaze through this shit. Paul, runner up. Oh, no, Paul, third place. I'm sorry. Third place, my favorite movie experience of the year was the last movie I took the kids to see before school started, and that is Free Guy. We had the most fun watching this movie. We had even more of a blast of them pretending to be Guy, and the girl and I had to get my ass kicked as dude for like a week and a half straight. We listened to Fantasy by Mariah Carey. For a month, I thought Ryan Reynolds was fantastic in this. I did not expect to love this as much as I did, but I adore this movie so much. And I forgot that I forgot to put him in my male actor of the year for honorable mention. But I loved Free Guy. The Free Guy was fucking fun as shit, dude. I I love that movie. It's a great fucking movie, dude. All right, Rebecca, third place. Their place is going to be Don't Look Up. I've talked about it a couple times already. Um, it's absolutely a brilliant film. And, uh, yeah, it's my number three of the year. Oh, man. Rebecca's done with this shit, too. We're all fucking done. I am well, fucking done. I'm trying not to talk too much because everybody wants to, you know, end it. <laughs> I know. I am fucking done. I am Put a fork in my ass. I am done with this shit. Jake, it makes it it makes it easier when we're all on the same page. We are all on the same. Uh, let's get the let's blaze it. Third place, Jake. Yeah, my third place is going to be very quick. It's Encanto, <laughs> and I made it my animated movie of the year. So just uh, rewind about four and a half hours and listen to what I said there. There Next. you go. There you go. Third place. My third place is One Night in Miami, directed by Regina King. Uh, I talked about it earlier. It's about Cassius Clay, Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X when they meet in Miami. Uh, fucking great movie. Regina King fucking kills it. Third place goes to One Night in Miami. Paul, second place. Second place is No Time to Die. The goodbye to Daniel Craig. A fantastic conclusion 
to his little collection of James Bond films. There you go. Rebecca, second place. Last Night in Soho. I love this film. I loved uh, the supernatural elements in it. I love the performances and the soundtrack, the costumes, the CGI, the practical effects stuff. I mean, I can't say enough of how amazingly gorgeous this film is. It's Last Night in Soho is my second choice. Jake, second place. Second place is The Suicide Squad. Rewind 10 minutes. Hear what I said there. <laughs> my second place is The Suicide Squad. Rewind 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. Rewind nine minutes. And then listen to... <laughs> <laughs> I'll time it. I fucking love The Suicide Squad. Second place. Paul, you're fucking winner for movie of the year. This is the biggest fucking movie. The, your favorite movie of 2020 fucking won. I've talked about it all night. It is Coda. Go back to best act, best female actor, best director. It's Coda from Apple TV. Rebecca, second, uh, first, your winner, your winner, your big winner. Belfast, 100%. The best movie I saw this year. It's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. It's absolutely gorgeous. The performances are phenomenal. It's a love letter by Kenneth Branagh to Ireland, and uh, just go see it. It's it's incredible. Jake, your winner. Uh, my winner of the year. I'm almost upset because I haven't really talked about this movie previously that much, so I feel like I have to speak a little bit here, and I'm very grumpy about it. But <laughs> my movie of the of the year is going to be uh, Psycho Gorman. Um, I, I think Brian, you actually what you said really struck me it gave me that feeling of having a slumber party with friends and like saying you have to watch this movie um there's no movie that i told more people to watch this year than psycho gorman i recommended this movie to just so many fucking people um and yeah it just like man it reminded me of like renting dead alive at blockbuster and forcing my friend to watch it it was, it was like that kind of movie it was just such a treat um, it came out of nowhere. It's just like it was a movie on a list that Brian gave me that I watched. And then I instantly watched the second time after I watched it the first time. I was just stunned and in disbelief after I watched this movie. I actually watched it at like eight in the morning. I was like waking up and eating breakfast. And I was just like, I can't believe this is what I'm watching right now. <laughs> and that's kind of I was like, I have to watch this again. Maybe I was tired and I was laughing so hard because I'm just tired and waking up and it really struck my funny bone. Maybe this movie's not as good as I'm I'm giving it credit for. And I watched it a second time, loved it even more. Um also got to see this movie in the theater. Um in a really cool theater with uh, Brian a few months ago, and that that was so much fucking fun. So yeah, and I'm ready for this podcast to frig off. So what's your uh, number one, Brian? <laughs> my my number one can frig off as well. My number one movie is Psycho Motherfucking Gorman. Uh, this movie was incredible. Got, I've, I've seen, I can't tell you how many fucking times I've seen this movie. And I got to see it in the theater with you, Jake. Like, seeing that in the theater with you was like fucking amazing. It was awesome because like, in the theater, the theater experience that we had, you could tell like, there were people 
people that had brought people to this movie that had never seen it before. And I feel like they became Psycho Gorman fans that night. You know what I mean? So, How can and, you not? Dude, and I'll tell you one thing. Uh, listener Johnny Tsunami, who sent me the fucking hoodie, when I rock that shit and I go out in public, there has been three people so far that have said, dude, I love your fucking hoodie. They fucking, they, they're like, I've never seen that hoodie before. They're like, I've never seen anybody wear that hoodie before, but they know they've seen Psycho Gorman. They fucking love the movie. It is a fucking incredible movie. It takes me back to my childhood. It takes, it's, it's, it's the shit that, it's like, you know, the trauma movies. It's like the fucking, uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes bullshit that we grew up on, Jake, that we fucking come to love when we were kids. Yeah, and I didn't think a movie like this was possible. <laughs> I didn't either. Jake, yeah, you got, I've, seen, I've seen your hoodie get that compliment in person. So, yeah. Yes, yes. No lie. You've got to watch, Jake, you have still got to watch Manborg by Steve, Steve Kostansky. You've got to watch Manborg. I'll put that on my list right now. <laughs> you got to watch Manborg. It's fucking incredible. Um, weird list. <laughs> all right. So, Psycho Gorman is my movie of the year. I think this may be the first time in Tupperware history that me and you both have the same movie of the year. It might I be. I could be wrong. I it, could be wrong about it. It might be. It might be. Cause like, I, I don't know. It might be the first time. It in might game be. game year, time. I picked Spider-Verse. And yeah. Sure that, that would have been the closest. I don't think we've ever picked the same movie. No, even, even fucking, uh, The Force Awakens that won that, that year. I fucking picked, uh, The Room with Brie Larson. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. I remember that. Everyone yeah. else picked Force Awakens. I'm, looking back, I'm glad I fucking picked the room. In retrospect, you were the hero of the year. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Paul, run down your fucking honorable mentions and we're going to wrap this shit. Yeah, The Suicide Squad, Spider-Man No Way Home, Don't Look Up, The Unforgivable, uh, Val, Judas and the Black Messiah, Jungle Cruise, Cruella, uh, this one is surprising to me, but Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Oh, woo, what a great pick, man. Fucking love it. I fucking it. had so much fun with that movie. Great pick, dude. Uh, Finch and, uh, Black Widow and Kid 90. Kid 90. Oh, that was a great yeah, fucking movie. I got that on my list as well. Nice. Uh, Rebecca, honorable mentions. Okay, Pieces of a Woman, Psycho Gorman, which is really a number four, uh, Palmer on Apple TV Plus, Malcolm and Marie on Netflix, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, absolutely love that one, Moxie, um, In the Heights, uh, F9, The Fast Saga, I love those dumb movies, uh, I love that the car went to fucking space, and you know what, I just... I love it. I love that movie. I don't care what anybody thinks. Uh, A Promising Young Woman, Holler, Gunpowder Milkshake, which was really good. Uh, Had some really good performances uh, from a really stellar cast of mostly women. Um, Shiva Baby, uh, Blood Red Sky, uh, Val also. The movie Slacks which is on Shudder. It is a silly premise about pants that come to life and kill people, but it's got a really deep message underneath it all, which surprising. We reviewed that on PCL and it's a fucking fun movie. I love it. I love that movie. It's Slacks. S-L-A-X-X. It's on Shudder. Jacob's Wife, also on Shudder. Till Death. 
uh, the Bob Ross documentary, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed, Eyes of Tammy Faye, Cop Shop, uh, House of Gucci, uh, Dune, uh, The Harder They Fall, Fantastic Western with a mostly African-American cast, Passing, uh, that's my honorable mentions. Jake, honorable mentions. Yeah, honorable mentions. I've got Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I've got No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie, uh, The Last Duel, The Harder They Fall, uh, Barb and Star, Jungle Cruise, uh, Kid 90 as well. I put Plan B on the list, uh, Last Night in Soho, In the Heights, and Finch. Uh, my honorable mentions are Monster Hunter. I fucking loved Monster Hunter. Um, Derek Delgado's in and of itself on Hulu, uh, bad trip with Eric Andre fucking yes. Bad trip. That was, that was fun. Fucking amazing. I forgot about that. Uh, night in paradise. Watch it. You don't know what it is. Fucking IMDB. Google that shit. Night in paradise. It's fucking awesome. Together, together, which, uh, one of my directors of the year, fucking, I mentioned her, Nicole Beckwith, uh, Ed Helms, fucking, Amazing movie together, together. Wrath of Man. Wrath of Man. Fucking great fucking, uh, felt like a 90s throwback. Cruella, uh, Nick Cage in the movie Pig. I fucking loved Pig. Uh, Nine Days. I talked about that earlier. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Passing. King Richard. The Harder They Fall. Spider-Man No Way Home. And Synchronic. Uh, oh. And, and cop shop and cop shop and also boss level both uh, both uh, oh, Frank Grillo yeah. movies boss level Synchro- synchronic cop shop boss level I fucking loved them watch them everybody Jake Rebecca Paul thank you so much thank you oh my oh, you're very welcome fucking- dude I I forgot about Pig I saw that movie too. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot that film. Nick Cage was so good in that. Fucking Pig was incredible. Shit, I love that movie. <laughs> yes, it, Truffles, Pigs, it's amazing. Everybody needs to watch Pig. Fucking Pig was incredible. I'm looking forward to that new Nicolas Cage movie with him and fucking... Oh, where he oh, plays himself? Yes. Where he plays Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait. I cannot oh, wait for that. It looks so good. It's got, what's it, what's it, what, oh god, I'm drunk. I'm seven beers in. What's the dude oh, from man. fucking, uh, uh Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian's in that with Nick Cage. Looks really There's fucking like good. The unbearing weight of success. It's got some weird name. Something like that, dude. Yeah, you're more sober than I am, apparently. Um, Paul, Rebecca, thank you so much for your fucking, uh, your return for the Tuppies. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for having us. Rebecca, I forgot what your voice sounded like. You forgot? Oh, (laughs) maybe that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Rebecca's trying to purge my voice out of her brain. No, that's not true. No, okay. Whatever you say. Uh, no, thank you so much. I've had a lot of fun and we'll do it again. I'm hoping we do it again next year. Yeah. I, it's a I, date. I, yeah. This feels like the Tupperware family now at this point. This is the ninth annual. Next year is going to be 10 years. 10 years of the Tupperwares. Oh. The Tuppy 10 is what we call it. <laughs> the Tuppy 10, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Paul, where can people find you, dude? You can find us on Apple to Oranges, where we talk about all the Apple originals, pretty much everything I named tonight. <laughs> Reviews or all my awards. Yeah, find out what Paul's going to name next time. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, there you go. There you go. Listen to his podcast about all the Apple shows, and that'll be what he picks next year. Uh, Rebecca, you can find Rebecca on BarbaraCrampton.com. <laughs> She's the moderator on Barbara Crampton. I am. I sure am. I'm a big fan. <laughs> big fan of Barbara. Do you think no. you can lift that ban, Rebecca? I'll think about it. You got banned from Barbara Crampton? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about it. He uh, knows what he did. You fuck, <laughs> You fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Rebecca. What are you? Are you doing anything? Have you been recording anything? I mean, we're all, you, you can hear us on Picard Cast. Um, we we haven't put out an episode terribly lately. You know, Brooke has had uh, some some health stuff going on, and so um, uh, you know, we're we're just sort of taking a little break. And then, of course, when like Picard season two comes out, we'll be ready for that. Who's blowing the nose over there? <laughs> what is going sorry. on? Sorry, that's on my end. I'm sorry. <laughs> How did you blow your nose and talk at the same no, time? Are you like a ventriloquist? No, it wasn't me blowing my nose. It was somebody else. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I know no more questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect time to blow my nose. Rebecca's recording. Let's do this. <laughs> Listen, Don't sometimes you got... Get a stuffy nose. What can you do? You have a blown nose. Okay, okay. I read just yesterday there was a massive COVID outbreak on the set of Picard. Yeah, they shut down production. Like 50 people have it. Yeah, like 50 plus people on oh the my set. God. Yeah, they yeah. shut it down. So that'll sure will carry out to a delay. Okay. Guys, we'll be ba- Jake, we'll be back next week with another episode. How's that sound? I mean, right now it doesn't sound great, but I think I'll be hyped again by next oh, week. God. What if we had to record? <laughs> what, what if we had to record next week's episode, like right now? Oh, dude, I would fucking murder. You. I would. <laughs> I would. I, there's a scene in Lethal Weapon where Mel Gibson puts a gun in his fucking on his forehead, <laughs> and then he immediately puts it in his mouth, and he's gonna he's getting ready to kill himself because his wife recently died. And dude, that would be me right now if we had to record. <laughs> I've episode. never related with Mel Gibson. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the only time you can relate to Mel Gibson. Jake, I am willing to bet that fucking um, <laughs> I am willing to bet right now that Danny Glover in Mel and in, in Lethal Weapon it, p- was younger than us right now when he played that role. <laughs> oh man, I don't even. I hate this question. Can we end on a better note? I, I didn't want any part of this bet. Hold on. Danny Glover. I don't even want to know. I'll figure it out. Danny Glover. Hold on. Hold on. Paul, could you figure this out for us? Yeah, yeah I'm going to figure Okay, it came out in 80, what, 87? 87. He was born in was 1946. 46. He's 75 now. So 87 minus 46. He was 41. <laughs> 41. Danny Glover was old was younger than us right now in fucking lethal weapon jake by by three this is very depressing he, I, I don't even know why you're talking about this i know i'm, I'm relating with mo gibson again i'm so glad i'm 37 do i do do i look 
Do I look, Jake, do I look, I'm 44. Do I look as old as Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon 1? I would say no. You had to think about it. <laughs> I was thinking about what Danny Glover looked like in Lethal Weapon 1. Sorry, all of us didn't watch it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm tired and cranky. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let everybody go to bed. Thank you so much for joining us for the ninth annual Tupperware Award Show. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you, Jake, for your duties. Yeah, frig off. All right, frig <laughs> off. And we'll see you next week with episode 409, I think. All right, see you next week. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Ready like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, take it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture pushover Pop culture Cool kids, what's his name's already been said. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftover. And the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftover. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.